Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you by More Beer, the makers of the all-new Ultimate Conical Fermenter. Check them out today at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm Jeff propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think that's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? (laughs) Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Well, hi, and welcome back to The Session, everybody. It's just so great to be here again. Uh, I can see the smiling faces on our uh, staff and guests today. I'm sure that nobody was out drinking last night. Um, no and uh, There were no late nights in, in on this crew. I'm sure that everybody went to bed on time to get a full night's rest uh, before coming in to do our jobs, which we feel very professional about, don't we, JP? Uh, I was home at 11. <laughs> oh, you were? Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to bed a- at 9.30. Wow. You guys are alive. Grandma. <laughs> well, or mama. Yeah. I guess. You have mom jeans. You might as well live the lifestyle. These are, you, are not mom jeans. You're still yeah. wearing mom jeans? I'm not wearing mom jeans. These aren't mom jeans. I think she was wearing mom jeans before she was a mom. <laughs> that might be true. Yeah. <laughs> but these aren't mom jeans. Okay. Uh, they have an expandable waist. No, they don't. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see what kind of jeans you got on. Normal jeans. They don't go up above that with a, a little elastic thing? Oh. here. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, she's yeah. right. Is that what makes them mom jeans? They, they're expanding? They look like normal jeans, and then they have a big elastic thing that goes up to... Those are maternity those are jeans. Maternity yeah. jeans. Yeah. Same I'm difference. getting familiar with those. <laughs> oh, you are, right? Yes, I am. You, uh, you got a baby mama? We got a kiddo on the way. Wow. So, congratulations. Know, due in, uh, like, February 27th, I guess. Is that right? So, baby you, boy. A boy. All right, another little musician in the family, huh? Only yeah, boys hopefully. are allowed to be or musicians brewer. in my family. <laughs> yeah. Or brewer, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I love it. Uh, uh, JP, I thought you had a party to go to last I night. I did. Oh. And we had it, and, and we came home. <laughs> it was over. Was it the party or you? I mean, was the party over? Or no, the party was over. over. Well, okay. I, th- I think we were, we were home by midnight. It was one of kicking midnight. Parties. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah. And Moscow had a party last night, too. A, a Thanksgiving party. Yeah, a little early Thanksgiving with the friends. Jews do Thanksgiving? I guess I'm, yeah. not, I'm not on that Yeah, that's list. an American thing. Oh, yeah. It's not religious. No. I, you're right. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know about you, Jews. Yeah. We actually had a ham. Don't tell anybody, though. <laughs> Don't tell your parents next no. time I see them. <laughs> yeah, I had a party too. I went to a party and um, uh, I haven't slept. So, uh, so Brian's going to be a great show. We're really, uh, I'm really well, prepared. And for I, this. I certainly didn't do any partying yesterday myself. We <laughs> you didn't. Did, did not go to Lagunitas and Russian River on a <laughs> Mad just bus tour. We did not drink <laughs> massive quantities of good beer, but uh, or go to the ale house afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, or any maybe of we things. did. I'm trying to remember. So you went on the extended tour. Well, that's a great tour. Those two places, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. two great breweries. Oh, uh, they take great care of you. They show you around pretty well there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, it's I gotta say, um, it's weekends like this that um, I know you hate to hear this, JP, but yeah. re- but remind me of how much I I'm tired of working weekends. <laughs> I really want this That's show fine. to be I, on Mondays. Uh, it, I know that overall it's yeah. fine. I'm just saying. Why can't it be on a Wednesday <clears throat> or, or Tuesday? Why Monday? It doesn't have to be Monday. It could be any day in the week. I see what you mean. You know, Wednesdays work well for me. I'm not doing anything that night. <clears throat> what, what are you doing on Tuesday, for example? I'm recovering from um, a hard day of uh, you know Netflix browsing. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I, I can't do. What, I have uh, I have a long what I have You're long like shit going on. Drawn out sessions with my shrink anything. on Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, it's a very long day oh. of, uh, <laughs> of emotional roller. <laughs> and they're yeah. forever, by the way. Yeah, listen, so, yeah. we're getting the idea here, right? It's a lot of Wednesdays into the future. He's going to be doing <laughs> yeah. Thursday and, night, and you do not want me coming in and doing this show so, after those. Si- those situations yeah. and welcome to the session yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you think i go off on things now yeah. oh boy it's not, not therapeutic for you sitting in here just yeah, right. soaking up the no, audience so it makes the it up, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah well it might be with a new bn sauna we have today yeah hey uh yeah, what's with it? andy wood who's down in the uh, green room would you mind turning off the heater for me please it's just right there i like it and uh that would be great uh, nobody cares <laughs> yeah also the uh, Whatever you guys are doing makes good for good no radio. No acknowledgement. It's telling me to blow them, basically. You guys suck. Uh, you guys, do they make heated mom You're jeans, cold? Bevo? I bet you they make heated mom Shut jeans. Shut up. I'm not wearing mom jeans. <laughs> plug in or jeans. Just a, a heating pad, that's all. If you order yeah. them on what? Amazon, click through the BN first. I just would use you, my Snuggie. Would you like... <laughs> I oh, I defy you to show up in a Snuggie. <laughs> yeah, Beaver. I'll light it on fire. And Well, just see how that show goes for you when you That'd show up awful. In, <laughs> in a Snuggie. Maybe I'll get you an electric blanket or something. I'm fine right now. It is warm in here, okay. but I'm not hot. I'm quite comfortable. I can't, um, heads up, I am having trouble logging into the chat, so if you have anything important to mention, mention it to JP until I figure out what I'm doing. Okay. All right. Obviously, Beaver is trying to get in the chat room for you tonight. She'll also take your phone calls, 888-401-BEER. we got Brian <laughs> Cooper debatable. on the program with us today, and Brian is a... Uh, I always mess this up, but you're a master judge, right? I'm a master level BGCP beer judge. There yes. we go. And so what he's here to help us do today is uh, taste like a like a judge. Right. So we've done... Um, do we have to lick him? <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> see yeah. if he tastes like a judge. Right. Well, you're a judge too, so you'll know. That's right. You're the one who has like, to lick him. It tastes like me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's something in the sweat you know, once yeah. you become a judge. It tastes <laughs> it's a little just, saltier. It's in there. So, you know, we've had Nicole Ernie come on the program, uh, from the Cicerone program, and, and talk to us about uh, some tasting vocabulary, and also uh, 
just some palate training type of stuff too. And and of course, uh, years ago um, when Jamil was just getting into the Brewing Network, he did a lot of tasting stuff with us and talked mm-hmm. about different things like that. Um, but we thought, you know, it's good to get a variety of people to come in and talk about how to taste. And and we're not here necessarily tonight to learn about how to judge a beer. We've done some judging shows too. But we want to. I want to know how you approach tasting a beer as as such a qualified judge. Right. Obviously, being the predominant component of what you do is tasting the beer. And it's a lot more than just tasting. You're experiencing the the beer with practically every every single one of your senses. Okay. When you're judging a beer, you're you know you're first smelling the beer, and you're looking at the beer, checking out the appearance, and uh, of course tasting the beer and as well as the feel of the beer, and that's an important element that is kind of a harder one to train. But once you get the hang of it, people know it's just basically how the beer feels in your mouth, and that's yeah, you know, a, a, a one chunk of the beer uh, score sheet. Okay, and um, yeah, I mean it's worth five out of the fifty points that you give a beer. But so. I can see how it's a, a difficult uh, part of the tasting process to pinpoint, um, especially for those of us who are, are rather new at trying to pick out the nuances of tasting a beer. Right. So. so the yeah, I mean as far as the the mouthfeel goes, uh it's several different components. The body Well, well hang on, don't go too far yeah, into I'll, yeah. I'll get into that. Yeah, later, I got a whole yeah. bunch of bullshit I got to get through first. Okay. And then we I but I do want to get yeah. into every piece of this. But yeah, I do uh, specifically want to talk about that at some point today because it's it's important and it's it's kind of, it can be an eye opener for someone who's never sat down with a beer judge and really experienced a beer and just think you know, think start to think about beer differently. So, but Perfect. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do, and and we did uh, we we let the listeners know earlier on in the week. Um, we gave them a couple of commercial examples of beers to put in front of them that we're going to go through. Um, Sierra Nevada Tumbler, pretty widely available, um, but then we also wanted to make sure that there was another uh, beer that that literally everybody could get, and we chose Coors Banquet. Hell yeah, we did. <laughs> Now, I know that sounds uh, maybe silly to some of our listeners, but, yeah. you know, there's another component to that, not just its availability, but it's truly a beer that I think focuses on, even especially if you don't like the beer, yeah. the fact that you still need to go through it and pick out flavors and tastes and mouthfeel and all of those things. I mean, at the Great American Beer Festival, for example, um, the American Light Lager category has to be judged. And uh-huh. it's probably judged by some judges that don't enjoy that style of beer. Oh, yeah. But they still have to use the same skill set and be objective and be able to, to pick out the flavors in beer. So JP actually recommended it, and I thought it was a, an excellent choice for a show like this because it will maybe help us to be more objective tasters, mm-hmm. um, even in the face of someone like me who doesn't particularly enjoy the flavor of that beer. Yeah. Not like Tasty, who I'm sure has that beer on tap all the time. Have you seen his course? Have you seen his course tattoo? <laughs> it's pretty good. It's, it's a tramp stamp. It's pretty nice. It's, I drank a lot of that beer in the olden days. When the olden days, when I lived in the Midwest, you mean the golden just getting, days? Yeah, getting your hands on that beer was a big deal. So, really? Oh yeah, my God, yeah. Well, now there's this big push. If you were there. traveling out west. I remember traveling back from Texas or something back to Illinois. And I we stopped in Oklahoma and just got trunk full of, full of that beer. Wow, nice. Yeah, it was, and it tasted great. Oh, yeah. God. You get it back, it was just better than any beer you had. And wow. the first beer we drank was Budweiser. Okay. So it's much better than that. Oh, so we're going to take a little walk down memory lane. Yeah, I might, have a, yeah. I, might, I might have a flashback. Of sorts. <laughs> so. 
Right. Some hitchhiker you picked up. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I don't it know what too, It might be too high for that. <laughs> That's the one with a bow on the side of the road. <laughs> so uh, you still got a few minutes. If you've got a local store and you haven't gotten the beer yet, you, you could run out right now, grab yourself some tumbler and uh, some Coors Banquet. And then just to kind of round it out, our good friend Terrence the Black is going to come in later. And he's been uh, borrowing my More Beer 1550 that the More Beer folks lent to me. Uh, so that I could brew on it and uh, talk about my, well, I, I think they had hoped I would talk about my successes, <clears throat> but that's not exactly how it worked out. We have much more length out of your failures. So, right. right. <laughs> uh, so what, uh, but now Terrence is using it also, and so he's going to bring in uh, one of the first all-grain uh, brews that he did on the Brewing Network More Beer 1550. Yeah. And right. we will have uh, Brian and JP uh, go through the tasting of that beer. And if we're lucky, we might even get old Kim Wood the old bag down there. Oh, out. man. Kim and Andy Wood are, are hanging out tonight. Uh, we'll get them up on the program and see if, they'll, if she'll do some tasting with us, too. She's got a great palate. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Among other things. <laughs> uh, Terrence actually called me this morning. He's like, dude, I'm kind of freaking out. <clears throat> I knew he would be. Yeah. I'm like, don't. I'm, uh, you know, I said, look, calm down. Everything will be fine. But most importantly, don't hand your beer and go, okay, well, these are the problems with it. Just, <laughs> Just let, it, mouth let it happen. Right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Trust and- in God's plan. <laughs> Really I'm happened. sure that's what he'll do. Yeah, he prayed about it today. <laughs> you know, at church. God, please don't let them be jerks to me and my beer. <laughs> that's a specialty beer too. I heard. Yeah, it's yeah. a specialty beer. I forget exactly what it is. It's yeah. like a a milk chocolate mint weasel black oatmeal something. I don't Sounds know what amazing. he said. It, it's that um, kind of that clone of the beer he and I did that was trying to be clone Rogers White chocolate ah, stout. Okay. It was like a pale ale, but with um, other uh, adjectives. Uh, Wow, adjuncts. Yeah, not adjectives. Um, to you know, replicate the darker roasted malts in a, in a stout. Okay, and then he put nibs in it. So he so, really liked the beer, and I was like, eh, "Here's the recipe, dude." <laughs> All right. So, uh, so what category will that be? Is it just specialty that would, beer? That would be a yeah, specialty yeah. Okay. category twenty three. Okay, and so again, you know, the idea. It, although I'm sure Terrence is nervous, and and the listeners might think we enjoy doing this to our friends, and we do. Which we do uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the entire idea is not to make him feel uh, like a douche brewer. Um, it, it's actually to go through the tasting process with Brian on a homebrew also and kind of bring it full circle. So we got a lot to do today. A little bit later uh, on the show, the founder of University Games is going to come in here, and we're going to do a little uh, pub trivia. And it's a new uh, game that's been uh, gaining quite a bit of popularity. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of the pub trivia right here on the program. So a uh, busy show for you tonight and lots to do couple of announcements we got to get through. Um, the first ever Brewing Network homebrew competition is upon us. Now, we announced it um, about a month ago, maybe yeah. six weeks ago. Um, and all, all it is is, uh, and by the way, Brian, if you don't know it yet, you'll, you'll be, you're going to have to judge. You have no choice. Yeah. Uh, you already locked <laughs> in. Right. Right. You already locked in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the judging is on the day that your baby's supposed to be born. But okay. uh, Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a webcam in there. As long as I can do the best to show, you know. <laughs> Miss the bird. Right. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be right. fine. Well, so what we've done is um, the competition is just the Hop Grenade IPA kit. That's correct. That uh, we developed here at the Brewing Network. Um, and that is sold out, by the way. So if you're trying to look to enter the, the competition now, it's, it's over. It's Sorry gone. about that. Yeah. What if you already brewed it with, like, you know, liquid yeast or something? Then you're out. If you, There are some rules that we decided upon, and we'll give you a, a few of those guidelines right now. Uh, <laughs> one of them, <coughs> excuse me, is that... Uh, it does need to be brewed 
as is. Right. Uh, all of the ingredients that we designed, including the yeast, um, are the ingredients that you have to use. You cannot substitute yeast. You cannot substitute hops. You may substitute your technique. Um, you know, if you want to move the hops around or, or something like that, you may do that. But you may not change the quantities um, or, or, or anything else. Um, of course, you'll do a yeast starter as you see fit. Um, it's a dry yeast that comes with it, so I don't know uh, if that's the route you'll go, but that's mm-hmm. up to you. As long as you're using all the ingredients right. um, in, in the kit, then that's what matters. So what I there were 60 kits sold, and some of them sold right away. Uh, so I have a feeling that there are homebrewers out there like me, and they've already finished that beer. They've brewed it and finished it right. in one night. Um, it tastes sweet, but otherwise I think I got really <laughs> fucked up on it. If I had to guess, I would think we might see something around 30 or 40 entries. I would go high. I would go 45, possibly 50, um, because they really started to move once we announced the competition. Got it. Um, And so, yeah, I think think we'll we'll hit 50. Okay. And because it's all one style and one recipe, Mm -hmm. I think the whole thing is a best in show. Brian. Right, yeah. Um, because it's very difficult to do it otherwise. Uh, so there's only one winner. Um, there's not, obviously, that many entries. Although we, we think it's awesome that there's potentially 45 or, yeah. or 50. Oh, I think it'll be great. Um, it's uh, yeah. And someone good. will take home the first ever uh, Brewing Network prize uh, and and will own the title of the first ever champion of, of the BN Homebrew Competition. Yeah, and the way we do things probably the last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, so... Uh, it is a best-in-show style competition. Uh, when is the entry uh, window? The entry window is December 3rd through the 17th, Okay, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then we're going to try to announce the winner on January 7th, first show of the new year. There we go. Yeah. So, so all entries have to be at the Bring Network Studios between the 3rd and the 17th. Of December. So, yeah, so it's a nice two-week uh, window. Yep. Um, and yeah. by the way, we're trying to judge it. Um, at the end of that week of the 17th. We're right. now uh, speaking with judges. We've just told Brian that he's available. Uh, <laughs> and you told me, that's judges. That's plural. Everything's fine. Right. Uh, we're so, on track. So we're trying to get them judged right yep. away. We understand that some of you may have already brewed this beer, and we wanna, we're want to. we trying to expedite the process. But we also want to give people who've been waiting for this information a chance to brew the beer. So all beer uh, entries will be delivered to the new Brewing Network studios, and that is uh, the Brewing Network, 649 Main Street, Suite 103 in Martinez, California, 94553. Um, JP will also be sending out a newsletter as well as a direct email to everybody who bought the kit. Um, that'll go out this week so that you have all this information in yep. an email as well. Don't be afraid to email JP at thebrewingnetwork.com um, if you've got questions about this stuff. But it's pretty straightforward. Yep. Um, it's also on the ONTAP page. If you go to the uh, oh, yeah. thebrewingnetwork.com uh, slash ONTAP, there's a whole write-up and all that kind of nonsense. So. Okay, perfect. No excuse. Perfect. Now, the grand prize yes. is going to be a trip to Terrence's lovely... church. <laughs> yeah. To lead the choir. Yeah. In Terrence's favorite hymn, <laughs> I <her>. Touch Myself. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you're actually going to win a trip to two... Amazing cities in the <laughs> in the East Bay, California area. Yeah, the Far East Bay chain. <clears throat> First, you on a Friday, you will go to lovely Pittsburgh, California. Yeah, and brew with our friends at Heretic. That's right, Jamil Beardy and uh, the other guy. 
Chrisity. All right. Chris Kennedy um, will be brewing uh, a beer with you. Uh, So you get to brew on the Heretic system down there and hang out with the boys. Uh, We will get your flight and your hotel. And then you will be invited to appear on a Sunday session that same weekend. Uh, So if you ask me, what a wonderful prize. I mean. I paid a lot of money to get here. (laughs) See? And isn't the scenery great once you're here? It's a lovely green. Yeah. You can see the bridge. And you can see we've got a, a nice yeah. view of the Bay Bridge and, and a photograph. <laughs> and uh, I wish it was a tiny photograph sometimes. I wish that it's a giant photograph of the Bay Bridge that yeah. Scott's brother did. It's beautiful. But it, wouldn't it be funnier if it was just like a little eight, like eight by ten? We could do one of the Golden Gate, put it like way over there. <laughs> On the other side of yeah. the wall. Yeah, because these walls are huge. They're, they're calling for four by four. <clears throat> we need every bridge in the Bay Area. <laughs> Maybe just the wallet size. Here's the Carquinas. <clears throat> yeah. Just a quick point regarding that prize. That seventh, the, the January 7th show where we're going to announce it, is actually a Monday show. So uh, if, okay. it, if it affects your plans or taking a day off work, or just keep that in mind. It's not a Sunday. Got, well, I don't know that the uh, the announcement of the winner will coincide with the trip. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, how, yeah, that would be impossible. Yeah, because we have to let them know that they won, and then uh, and then it will be it'll be scheduled sometime later. And we'll talk about on the show what a great experience they had brewing our kit. No, <laughs> right, something. Oh, it was great. I steeped those grains, and <laughs> fuck, man, it was amazing for me. Yeah, the kit rocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's so much to do out in the Far East Bay. You know, on a Saturday, there's farmers market. Yeah, in some town, I'm sure. There's a driving range. There's a driving range. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's things to do. Yeah, you we know. need to book something for Saturday. We got Friday and Sunday uh, covered, right? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll put together. You maybe can hang uh, with some of the beginners on Saturday. Yeah. I'll, I, if that doesn't happen, I'll make sure it does. Okay, perfect. We'll do a little uh, listener party kind of deal. Put up the Russian uh, River or something. There we go. I'll so, be volunteering at the hospice. So if you guys want to do some good, <laughs> mm-hmm. come down and join JP. Yeah. Uh, you know, as much fun as we're making of this, I'm excited to try to offer a, a cool prize. And I think you'll have fun brewing with Jamil and the boys. I think you'll have fun coming on the show. And it sounds like you'll have a fun Saturday, too. So uh, enter the competition if you bought the kit. That's the long story there. And just hit, visit the ONTAP page uh, on the brewingnetwork.com right now. New merchandise in the store. Shop from uh, Amazon uh, through our link on our homepage. Some people just put it in their favorites. They click the link and then save it right there. You then shop on Amazon uh, like normal, but we get a little cut. And a lot of you are doing that. It's been really fantastic. Um, do we have a uh, Amazon product of the week? Uh, yeah, indeed we do. It's uh, Mayenberg Powdered Goat Milk. Vitamin D, uh, pack of three 12-ounce cans. Mayenberg. So not only is it powdered milk, which is horrible, it's goat milk. Yeah, what do you use powdered goat milk for? Well, and it comes in cans. Can of powder? Beaver, what do you use powdered goat milk for? Do you know? Powdered goat. You can use it when you're making soap. <clears throat> okay. And that's you're it. You're making powdered cheese. <laughs> okay, so they're right. not they're not drinking it. Then. And then, well, no, I think it can be mixed with water and... It's like uh, dehydrated milk or... I don't know. I'm Sounds guessing, awesome. But you can buy powdered regular milk at the grocery store, so I don't see why you couldn't buy powdered goat milk. This is like the uh, the, the obvious answer of the day. Well, I think you can also add water to it. <laughs> well, <laughs> wouldn't be, wouldn't be so powdery you can then, add huh? water to it and drink it, you dick. Yeah, best case scenario... It's much less chalky that way. Yeah. Best case scenario, it tastes like a goat. <laughs> right. What are you going for? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, we don't judge here. We just judge here. So uh, <clears throat> make a goat enjoy milk your stout. enjoy your product. Definitely goat milk stout. Dude. Ask him. I She's don't crafty. know that I would drink that. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Yeah. Uh, although the label would be awesome, I'm sure. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody milking a goat. That's that's not a female. 
Oh, shit. Um, all right. So uh, iPhone and the Android apps are, are up in the, uh, both stores in iTunes and the uh, Android market. Just search BN Mobile. And they're both free. So get them and listen to us all the time like you like to do. Watch all this live on justin.tv slash brewing network. Uh, subscribe and join the BN Army um, by becoming a recurring donor. It enters you for a chance to win a hundred bucks yeah. uh, every month to more beer. And uh, the more you donate, the more entries you have insider. Um, all these updates and more can be found on Twitter and. <laughs> 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 Yeah. I hate Facebook. I'm over it. It used to be your best friend. It used to be my best friend, and now I'm just like bored with it. Like every other best friend you've ever had. Basically. <laughs> but this time I get to say no. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's perfect. Uh, okay, send your show ideas over to Scott, scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Do we have a Twitter game this week? We do. Um, so we have a, you know, there's a few, uh, names out there for experts of things. There's a wine, some, a wine expert is a sommelier. Yeah. A beer expert is a cicerone. Mm. What is a stripper expert called? Justin. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. Winner. I have been, yeah, I have been an expert so? for years. Oh, New man. game. You do know your way around those pretty well. <laughs> uh, That's the only way I find my way around the city. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a restaurant, I go, yeah, just turn left at Mitchell Brothers. Uh, <laughs> when when I first met KTG, she she lived in the city, and I don't know shit about San Francisco. Um, but but she would say, oh, let's meet here, and almost every time I go, oh, you mean the one by Showgirls? Yeah, yeah. All right, I can be there. And the next week. Oh, is that that little side street that the Hustler Club's on? And yeah. She, and she said, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And you were like, you're the one for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. But I like this game. It should not be called a Justin, even though that's probably the best name. Um, <laughs> if, yeah. If, if, and don't, don't everyone start putting in, oh, it's, my, it's me. It's my name. It's me. I did it. Right. No. Get, get creative. Uh, yeah. All right. So. Which is hard for our audience, but. Tell us what a uh, master stripper yeah. person uh, know about what, her. What's is. a stripper expert called? There you go. That's much uh, better cleaner than, than I was yeah. doing. It. Man, you are uh, wiped out. I'm You're wiped so out. mellow. Maybe you should get less sleep. <laughs> you would be you would be less like wound up, more likable. Yeah, do I, have, do I have a better radio personality on on an hour sleep. Well, I would no, be I would be likeable. less worried about when I fuck up. That's all. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's all right, JP. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, uh, you know, did you follow up on this thing? Yes. <laughs> shit, I got no response to that. Did he not like... F- I'm... F- shit! <laughs> uh, I'm a terrible manager. Yeah, uh, but you're uh, good in bed, so... <laughs> I got that going for me. He's a good bump. All right, speaking of good in bed, if you go to adamandeve.com right now and you use coupon code BNARMY, that's B-N-A-R-M-Y, you can get three free adult DVDs, and you can choose from a lot of different genres. I mean, you've heard us talk about them before. Uh, There's there's, uh, interactive POV, you know. That's where it's like you're the one doing the drilling. You, know you I mean? are you are tunneling to China. Yeah, you're the spelunker. Yes, you're laying in line. Yeah, you're, laying, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're laying the cable. You're working <laughs> for you're working for Xfinity. <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you're routing phone calls. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you're packing groceries. You're pumping gas. Yeah. You're washing windows. Creating your own broadband. <laughs> That's true. You're tying your own shoes. Man. <laughs> uh, there are other genres. You know, if you're into large broads, there's a chunky uh, genre. Mom jeans category, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. probably Asians, uh, MILFs. Uh, Co-ed Asian MILF. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah. 
Uh, really, all kinds of genres, and you get three free adult DVDs, um, uh, plus uh, 50% off just about any item, and a, a free extra gift uh, that it's apparently very exciting, yeah. and uh, uh, free shipping. Well, I'll tell you what, right now there's uh, the Big Buzz sale at adamandeve.com. It saved oh. 10% on vibrators. Nice. Yeah. The Big Buzz. Big Buzz. I like it. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, all right, so just go to adamandeve.com and use coupon code BNARMY, and um, you can also go to their mobile site. I think if you just go to adamandeve.com from your mobile phone, it automatically redirects you uh, to their mobile site uh, in case you you don't want to miss out on the, the buzz. No, who who would? Sale. Right? I mean, let's face it. You you know, whoever you are, you're probably pushing 50. <laughs> you know, you can't really go very long in bed. <laughs> all right. Help your wife out. All right, so go do it now, okay? Just do it. <laughs> Just Dan, don't tell her. Just surprise her one night. <laughs> Good night, honey. I got a gift for you. Yeah. Uh, all right, I think we've got time uh, to do some feedback. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. All right, feedback's brought to you today by our good friends over at craftbeer.com. Everything you need to know uh, news-wise in the craft beer world and more. A lot of uh, tips and tricks going on over there, so uh, check it out, craftbeer.com. Doug writes in. Doug is spelled D-U-G in this case. I got to respect his parents for that. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to do a stupid old name like Terrence likes to do, at least have a cool spelling like that. Doug. D-U-G. How would you spell Harry? H R Y. Hurry. Have we decided on Harry? Harrison Porter, baby. It sounds like a caveman name from our side. You yeah. Know, Doug and Thack. D U G, though, of course. It's true. Uh, oh, hang on. Sorry. Turn him on. Yeah. It's actually a Harry legend, is what we're going to oh, go get with. Get out of here. That's insane. What are you she trying to do to that kid? She wouldn't go for Porter. She wouldn't go for Porter. It's Harry legend. Harry Legend? So bad. That's a porn name. Am I not That's the only one who name. hears what that sounds like? <laughs> what if he gets the, uh, right the, now, the, the, the the gene with the big dog? He'll be a famous porn star. Yeah, yeah. They'll, right. think, they'll think it's big because of his name. <laughs> Brock Landers he's already gonna Harry be a, Legend. <laughs> I mean, he's already going to be a Harry Legend. You don't right. have to make it obvious and call yeah. him that. <laughs> uh, I thought it was feedback. To go to that. Oh, yeah, we're giving you feedback name. on your I'm name. Fun of my name. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I can. I don't think I can be involved in this child's life. It's not your but, name. Uh, but you are the name. Godfather. All right. <laughs> Did it not occur to you that Harry Legend is kind of a weird, like, pornographic name? I think it's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. All right. All right. Well, that's cool then. If your life is intentional. <laughs> That kid, that kid is going to ther- You know what? Right when it's born, just take it to a therapist's office yeah. because it's going to need it. And the therapist will go, why are you here? Oh. Oh, uh, oh hi, Harry Legend. <laughs> Parent issues, yeah. 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 It's going to be Legend. Wait for it. Oh, no, that's it. That's my middle name is Legend. Oh, yeah. shit. Uh, my wife's probably listening to this show, and, and, and she's trying to pick out names, so well. this, this might be trouble for me. <laughs> yeah, Terrence is happy to help yeah. with uh, some ideas. Thanks, yeah. Terrence. Yeah. You're really welcome. Yeah. Uh, how about Flabby Dick? <laughs> I mean, uh, that could be a good we're going yeah. we're, 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 to go with Ninja, but Ninja is too close to other things that right. you can say to black people. And that's so. the new, like, what's up, what's my up? ninja? Yeah. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So that's that's a little meaner than Harry. What's it? Harry Rodson, I think is what it is. Yeah. Harry Legend. Harry <laughs> Very legendary dick suck. <laughs> Just name it Flabby Pumper and get it over with. Because that's what's going to happen. 
That's true. Oh. Turn your mic on, sweetheart. <laughs> hey, I just got that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> All right, so yeah. Doug writes in. Inappropriate. <clears throat> I was just writing to say that I wrote a feedback email a few days ago and mentioned holding a sign that says, God hates JP. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was funny at the time, but after sending it and thinking on it for a few days, it just kind of sounds douchey. Yeah. So I wanted to say I don't actually hate JP, and I don't have any direct link uh, to the opinions of God. Right. Honestly, I think JP is very funny and a great asset to the show. Cheers, JP. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you include the original email? Uh, he didn't give it to me. Oh. Yeah. And it was more than a few days ago. It was, a, I, I don't even remember it happening. Did it have any other context besides no. holding up a sign that says, God hates JP? <laughs> it was, that was the entire email. How, I didn't even trim that how one. How did down. that not get right on the air at the time? And that's what I'm saying. I don't remember it happening, or else it would have been on the air for sure. I would um, have JP send out a badass prize pack for a photo of somebody standing on a busy, street corner in a busy city with a sign that says God hates JP. I think, and I, I, you know, I think that should be a contest. Yeah. And the winner would get the, the like, a one of every shirt. Yeah, like a big prize. Yeah. I want a lot I want of like, submissions. I want, like, New York City. Or, I mean, I want Times Square, you know? If there's a God hates fags, um, like, you know, uh, West protest thing, yes. Church, thank yeah. you. Then just That's go what mix, I want. mix right in there? Yeah. That oh, would be that ideal. That would be great. <laughs> That would be awesome. We would give a badass prize pack for that. Just, Hell yeah. Just putting it out there. Yeah. You can take my chair for the for the night. <laughs> yeah, because you're funny. You're guaranteed to be funny. Right. <laughs> right. If, you, uh, if you do that. All right. Yeah, uh, I was throwing John was never very funny, so. Uh, Andrew from Wisconsin writes in, Hey, guys in Bevo, if I were to grow up... Uh, oh, here, it's a question, guys. If I were to grow up the dregs from a bottle of Brooks from Russian River in Sierra Nevada... Would I get a pure strain of Brett Brooks suitable for using in an Orval clone that I have fermenting right now? Bevo, what do you think? <laughs> I don't care. There we go. Anybody know uh, anything about the yeast in that beer? It's what he put in there is Bruxacillus, yeah. I mean, that's how the, they inoculated yeah. all the bottles. So it's probably, I mean, it's kind of their homage to a Orval, right? Yeah. And so, but I guess he's really wondering would it be a kind of a a pure strain of Brett Brock suitable for Orval. I think you'd have to email uh, Vinny yeah, at, yeah. at Russian River for that. But it's probably pretty close. Unless I do they know. bottle conditioned. Uh, then uh, it would be a bottling yeast. <laughs> or no, does he... See, I don't know anything about the beer. I've actually never had well, it. wasn't it, so. for carbonation. It was just to add the Brett character to the beer. So. Uh, okay. But well, it's I, in there. From uh, being on the show, Vinny has always said it does take him a while, but he answers every email. And it's info at Russian River brewing.com I think it is and so I'd ask him you'll probably get it, it might like I said it might take a year yeah but, uh, he, <laughs> it's pretty good he's adamant about it he says email I answer every I think he's nuts yeah, email, back, every email, email us the answer then we'll do it on the air that way a lot of people hear about it he doesn't have to get the question yeah I'm there sure, I'm sure that times. strain is in there it must like sterile filtered it out and put some bottling strain in there mm-hmm. Brett is <laughs> that's going to be impossible to get rid of yeah all right good morning BN I don't know which one of our listeners is listening anymore. Uh, I started work at 4 a.m. this fine day listening to the beer cocktail show. My wife was telling me that I called in for drunk of the week. Shit, I was hammered that night. Um, I had barfed all over my bathroom as well. Uh, Anyway, to the point, I'm stuck trying to decide on a new brew system. Uh, It's between the top tier with the Tower of Power, a Sapco, or a Braumeister. Uh, Thanks, the BN are formerly known as Jesse from Vancouver. Now, Panda Lover. I remember Pamela. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd go with the top tier 
with the Tower of Power. The, that Blickman system is pretty badass. Um, the A Sabco system, a lot of people love them too. It's a converted keg system. Um, I don't know, I have nothing against Sabco. Uh, I just don't have a lot of experience with it. I had a converted keg system myself. Um, it wasn't fancy like a Sabco. Um, I had difficulty with the converted keg. The way that the, you kind of cut the top and it, it still had like the, mm-hmm. the yeah. edges. It seemed yeah. to get a lot of boilovers. Um, but I, I don't know. Again, I'm, I don't, I'm not familiar with the Sabco. Um, Neither am I, really. Um, I'm, nor, nor am I familiar with the, the Tower Power or anything. I've only used the, the Morbier. Um, you know, in, in the system kind of game, it depends on what you want. You'll hear stories about people giving up their Sabco for a Morbier and vice versa. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a car. It's like whatever you want. It, they're all the same. They all make fantastic beer. Well, um, the one it depends on what one. you want. The one different one though is the Braumeister, isn't it? Isn't the Braumeister the all-in-one situation? Yeah, a beer in the bag format. Yeah, that. it it's it's different, but again, it, it's it's how you, if that's what you want, if that's how you can operate, and and you want a closed environment with one vessel, yep. no sparge. All that kind of stuff. You'll make fantastic beer out of it. I brewed on that thing five times, and it's freaking amazing. Oh, okay. Um, so, and I've heard a lot of good reviews like that. Yeah, it. it you know, people used to ask me that all the time at, at More Beer, and it's just I, I. There is no answer. You know, you, you you can't just say, oh, this one for sure. Yeah, because I don't know how you brew. You know. Well, if it's me, um, and not to mention he, it he's a fine sponsor. Yeah. Um, but I've I've seen the top tier, and it's badass. And so is the Tower of Power. So that's my. Uh, that's what I would do. Uh, yeah, but. What do I know, uh, Brian? Any any preference there for you? No, buddy, my buddy of mine has the Sabco thing, and it's uh, I think for people that want to see you know everything that's there. If you if you have the you know, top tier thing, you're, you you know some some stuff is way up. But the disadvantage with the Sabco is you have to pump everything from side to side, and you know from one yeah. one vessel to the other. Whereas you could use gravity with a if you have a real three tier system. So right. I'm, I'm not yeah I'm not very familiar with all those. I use you know Rubbermaid coolers and and low tech. I I prop my sparge water up on a a tall chair and right. you know use gravity old so, school i do have a pump but I, i'm but you don't know how on, to use it yet working on i've i've, I've used it a little bit but <laughs> yeah it's just i go back to my old ways you know yeah everybody he's, has their way he's raping mother earth for her <laughs> gravity <the> wheel. <laughs> all right any preference there tasty uh well one thing i'd like about the top tier is you can put a, a different size kettles on there and a sapco I think you're pretty much limited to uh, kegel size yeah. vessels mm-hmm. sapco, hard pipe too, you could put yeah. a 26 gallon kettle into your processor if you wanted yeah. to Okay. All right. Good call. Uh, hey, Brewcasters and crew. This is uh, Nicholas from Wisconsin. I've been listening for about a year now and finally got off my ass and enrolled as a monthly donor. Yes. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. I'd like to thank you all for the entertainment and info. Uh, my brewing has improved a lot because of the info. Um, the biggest thing uh, being six or 12-gallon batches instead of five or ten. No more partial kegs. And Jamil's yeast pitching rate calculator uh, also helped him a lot. Tons of other tips I learned, too. So thanks from Nicholas. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, Ricky Ricky writes in. Uh, Ricky Ricky. <laughs> Ricky Ricky. It sounds like people reading people's last names. I don't know why. Uh, Ricky. <laughs> I like Ricky Ricky, though. <clears throat> Ricky Ricky. Uh, hey, crew. Uh, I'll make this short and to the point. Been listening for two years. Love the shows. Uh, recently placed two orders from your store, and the quality of your merch is top-notch. I then signed up as a corporal in the BN Army. That's weird, based on our merch. Yeah. He's an apparel guy. It's yeah. probably the shipper. Whoever <laughs> shipped him out was awesome. It's right. probably some yeah. designer. 
Uh, also, thanks in part to the knowledge from Jamil and John and the Brew Strong shows, I recently opened my own nano brewery here in Cabot, Vermont, uh, called Grateful Hands Brewing. Cabot Cove, huh? Yeah. You go to gratefulhandsbrewing.com. Uh, thanks for all you do uh, from Ricky. Well, that's cool. I, you know, I think we do have good merch. I think we have great merch. <clears throat> we use American Apparel on most of our T-shirts and, until it gets up to like 2X yeah. because uh, big dudes don't like American Apparel shirts. They also uh, don't cry. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I've heard that. Another one from Porter Smith. Yeah. Can't even read it. No, uh, it's insane. Uh, his keyboard's broken or something. Four yeah. years of phone interviews is getting old. One hour of funny, then two hour of boring, then one hour of funny. <laughs> is he Asian now? I think so. You then two hour boring. <laughs> You're not funny, it's boring. Oh, you one hour funny, two hour boring. It's boring. What happened? It's not funny. I'm going to read the rest of it. <laughs> Now, then he says, my fucking keyboard is fucked. If I hit a MN, I get a MN instead of an AN. I have to keep gumming back and deleting the M. F, it's pissing me off. Oh, yeah, my effeminating explanation point doesn't work. <laughs> I have on. a feeling a guy like this would wear out the exclamation point on the keyboard. <laughs> uh, I still think that JP should do lunch meeped. <laughs> Without you. I want to do lunch meeped. I'm tired of deleting the M when I hit M. So let JP do it already. If my mom goes out tomorrow, I'll have her get a new keyboard. <laughs> Shit. Exclamation point. Yeah, from Porter Smith. What, what would lunch meep be called if it was just JP hosting? It'd be lunch, lunch meeped. I think yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> lunch cheap. All right, Mike writes in, hey, BN team. Um... Oh, hey, yeah, this one's about asking for a recipe from the brewers again. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Brewers, I, I've told you, I've, I've responded to this question before, and brewers get a little weird sometimes. Sometimes they're very nice about a recipe, and other times they have to, like, run it up the flagpole to the whole management staff, and it just becomes difficult. But we'll see what we can do. Um, it, Rusty Nails in Alaska writes in, Hey, you silly chicken fuckers. Uh, <clears throat> I just won three silvers and a bronze in our autumn pour competition in Alaska. I wanted to thank JP for helping me uh, name my wit beer. The name was Meow, 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 Beer. That's right, six meows, effers. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the good work. And then it goes on calling his names. Uh, weird names. Uh, okay, and finally, Force writes in, uh, Justin, you know talent hack. Uh, not to say that JP's that much better. Mm. <clears throat> you suckered me into a $5 a month donation starting today. I never realized the amount of homebrewing knowledge I've collected over the years listening to this shitty show until this week. God damn it. What did I do to my voice last night? Used it. Oh. Um, a sour beer, I'm thinking. It could have been. When I caught up to the live shows and started re-listing the archives, the amount of brewing information uh, the BN has dispensed to homebrewers over the years um, will never be realized. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so I'll take the time to say thank you uh, to everyone at the BN for putting up with JP and giving out the best brewing information out there. See, now I don't have to thank you. <laughs> right. He did it for me. It's like Christ dying for my sins. I don't got to worry about it now. That's uh, also signing off Louis Corporal BN Army, South San Diego Platoon, TJ Protection Force. There you go. I like when people make up their own shit. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's Veterans Day. Yeah. <laughs> just in case he's not making it up. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, veterans. This is the FU Brigade. Right. Second stack, third tier, row nine. <laughs> right. 
All right, don't forget the feedback was brought to you today by craftbeer.com. Uh, go check them out, craftbeer.com right now. Here's what we'll do. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Brian Cooper is going to walk us through how a uh, master judge tastes beer. We'll be right back. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. 
When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold right now. Welcome back to the program, and thanks for sticking with us. We got a lot to do today, so let's get right to it. We got Brian Cooper uh, on the show today, and uh, he's a master uh, BJCP judge. He's going to help us uh, figure out how you taste a beer like a judge. Uh, if you've got questions, Bevo is now in the chat room. Just hit the chat now button uh, on the homepage there. Uh, hey, Justin, I'm cold. Or cold. <laughs> <sighs> cold. See, I don't even care. I'm totally mellow. <laughs> Nor should she. Should you. Triple eight four zero one beer. Um, <clears throat> should we get a space heater for the call screener booth? Yeah, probably. Problem and, uh, solved. It, it was hot in the summer and cold in the, in the winter now. It's going to be a long complaining season, I think. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> now, uh, now I'm warm. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm still cold. No, turn your fan on. Sounds like cans of fresh Coors Banquet being cracked. Hell yeah! It's In the studio. Aroma. Oh yeah. So, Brian, talk to us about how you approach, you know, tasting a beer as as a judge. Well, um, the first thing you do is, uh, as a judge, you're sitting at a judging table, and the steward uh, brings you the bottle of beer, and um, you inspect the well. First, you write down all the information about the beer and the entry number and all that fun stuff when you're judging in a competition, and um, you would inspect the bottle. 
Um, obviously, this one's a commercial beer, so the bottle, of sh- or it's not a bottle, it's a can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But um, inspect the bottle and for any kind of obvious uh, issues, such as uh, too low of a fill, too high of a fill. The fill should be about an inch to an inch and a half from the uh, from the cap. And if you see kind of a, a ring around the level where the beer is in there, that can be indicative of an infection or a, a contamination problem of some kind. Okay. Um, Even before the, the ring, though, just the fill level, it, it can that be indicative of some flavors that you might find once you taste it? Is that why you're looking at the fill? If the, if the fill level is too low, which is rare, I mean, sometimes you could have some oxidation that would come about because of that, but um, if the fill level is too high... I don't know. I think either way, you could also have some problems with the, the carbonation level. And if, if anything, homebrews that are entered in competitions can sometimes be a little too low on uh, carbonation. Mm-hmm. And um, when, you're, when you're bottling, if you're bottling from a keg, uh, you know, obviously if you're using priming sugar to prime it and, and do it that way, just measure that out carefully and make sure your yeast is still happy uh, and, and get it up to the carbonation uh, level you need it in okay. the bottle. But uh, if you're bottling from the keg, a lot of brewers will, uh, you know, amp up the carbonation level just a little bit in the keg, and um, you know, just uh, a good cold transfer as cold as you can get the beer, and into as cold of a bottle as you can. I'll sanitize my bottles and put them in the freezer, uh, and you know. So, but anyway, as far as it goes, affecting the 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 beer, it can be like I said, a little oxidation or a little bit. But okay. you, you don't get any preconceived notions just by looking at it. It could have a, a, a ring and be too low of a fill, and it could be the best beer you ever had. <laughs> I see. Okay. But so, it's just something to take note of as you're proceeding Right. To taste. So there's a little space to write that down. You can check the appropriate size, cap, fill level, et cetera, and make any comments there okay. uh, at the top. So that's before you even open the beer. Then you, uh, you know, one of the judges will open the, open the beer, and uh, you listen for the hiss. And, uh, if, you know, sometimes a low hiss can be indicating low carbonation or maybe the beer's too cold and it's just holding it all in. You need to warm it up. And that, those are things that, as a judge, you would work out with the uh, the competition organizer if, if things are coming out too cold or the stewards the stewards and the, the, seller, the seller crew. Okay. But, uh, we have an experienced seller man here in our midst. I'm pretty uh, good at that, yes. Yeah. But, so, uh, so that's something you'd, you'd get corrected if it was... Yeah, tell your steward right. if the beer's too cold. Okay. All right. Um, and also, some, if you have a certain category of beer, uh, going back just a step before opening it, if you're judging Weizens, and as a judging group, you decide that you want to roll the bottles, um, you can take that freedom as as long as uh, you know the competition director hasn't told you not to, or you know if they may tell you specifically to do it. But you should just be consistent with each entry that you're doing. If you're doing German Weizens, where there should be some yeast and suspension, and that's in the bottle, just give them an equal roll. Uh, as you would, uh, okay. you know, so all of them are the same. Okay. And also, just while we're on the style, uh, as a judge, um, whether or not you're a fan of American Light Lagers, Brian, let's assume for a second that, that you're not. Um, is that something that you have to think about when you sit down, that you have to go, okay, even though I this is not my style, I, I really need to focus? Right. Preference, personal preference should be left totally by the wayside. And uh, you should also be aware that there's a wide range of acceptable, uh, in some styles, more than others. Uh, like for um, 
California Common, like Anchor Steam, it's it's narrowly defined around one specific beer, pretty much. And if it doesn't taste like Anchor Steam, mm. it's not a really good example of a Cal Common. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of styles. Uh, you know, American brown ale, some of them can be a little hoppier, some can be a little sweeter, and, and uh, there's a range that's, that's accepted. Okay. But you want to look at the balance for that particular beer and see, you know, does it fit what the brewer was trying to do, and does it fit that style and within that, and and you know, is the balance good enough? You know, to make it a a high scoring entry, or is it just uh, is there some you know some issues with it, et cetera? But that, I mean, that's getting into the the tasting part. Okay. Um. So I guess just going through, uh, I kind of forgot the question already. No, it's okay. I I Light you've, you've already started it because I yeah. wanted to know how you approach tasting, and and so far I think you you set us up for that. Right. Um, Very detailed. You may not yeah. you yeah, may yeah, not like it. this beer. <clears throat> I. Well, I think it helps, uh, you know, to to approach a style that you're not either not familiar with or you don't necessarily like. Uh, that's why judging, I think, is kind of um, uh, what am I trying to say? Automated almost because you work down the list. You know, when you sit down at a, at a judging table, you do everything Brian just said. You look at the bottle. You know, there's things that you can kind of withdraw from the the style from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you can take your mind off. I don't like this beer. This is gonna suck all the way. You just kind of go, okay. This is. I need to look at the fill line. Listen to the hiss. All the blah 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 blah. blah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you go down systematically, um, but at some point, even even as you has a, have a system, you're dealing with your senses, like you mentioned earlier. That's correct. So, yeah. and that's the part I really mm-hmm. want to f- focus on with you too. And we're going is, about it the total wrong way here. This is. <laughs> well, I see. Um, no, your uh, most judging competitions are held in the morning, and. Uh, Actually, with biorhythms and whatnot, uh, you know, it's your your senses, your taste, and your aroma is a little more alive early in the morning. Okay, um, you know, you haven't. Well, I guess you've had breakfast, but right, <laughs> if you eat breakfast, like some people, um, but uh, you know, your senses are a little more alive, and in the morning is a great time to taste beer. Unfortunately, it's not always the best time to drink beer right before you're going to work or something. <laughs> but right, it's not. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on what your job is, you know. Okay, so you want a fresh set of senses is yeah. what you're getting. You want to come in fresh, and there's actually preparation that goes in before before judging uh, the morning of, you know, you want to be well-rested. You want to not be hungover. <laughs> right. You want to, um, you know, have a pretty fresh palate, come in clear-headed. These entrants are paying money for you to evaluate their beer and tell, you, tell them, you know, what's good about it is, a, you know, to really rate it objectively and tell them how to improve it, which is a huge part of, of judging. Right. Um, so. Do you have your own uh, personal routine in the morning? Do you jazzercise or. Uh, <laughs> Always jazzercise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you want to, you want to, some judges even say, you know, in the, in the, uh, the, the BGCP study guide, it says not to use strongly flavored toothpaste, you know, so mm. I think there's, uh, well, some you, you shouldn't wear cologne if you're going to be going to judge. You know, right? Okay. You shouldn't. There's, that makes sense. You shouldn't use mouthwash if you're going to judge. You should, you know, thoroughly brush your teeth and your gums and your and your tongue and just everything. Yeah. And some people even use like baking soda and water or something just kind of uh, inert you know, kind of thing. Okay. But, That's hardcore. Well, you just yeah, but I, you are I, I trying to get that. as neutral as possible. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. But, but yeah. I've that would work for the first beer, but every other one it would make yeah. a difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the tricky thing is always the coffee because I need my coffee, and then I've got I that. Feet out. Yeah. You're hurrying to go to competition. You just down your coffee, you burn your tongue, and you're, you know. Oh yeah. You, you you do have to be uh, sensitive to, you know, what the condition of your perceptions are because you may be, you know, if you ate spicy food a couple days ago, that's 
actually damaging to your taste buds and it takes a couple you know a week or two for it to recover and your your tongue's always regenerating new taste buds so okay um well, so yeah. it's a good point that you make that you're not saying that you uh, cannot judge. You're saying that you have to be sensitive to maybe the condition of your palate is what you right. said. So uh, I like that perspective because maybe as you get to know yourself, you could know, you know, I usually pick up on these flavors right away and right. I'm not getting it today. And I had spicy. I had Thai food yesterday. Right. It can it can deaden it a little bit. And okay. Sometimes you just have to give the beer... Uh, you know, if it's if everything's coming off a little light in flavor, just what is there? Just you know, let it in your mind be amplified slightly. Uh, you know, don't imagine things or make things up about the beer. Judge it for what's there, but just do your best to, um, you know, accommodate. Uh, you know what your senses are at that moment, and and okay. make sure you're doing right by the by the entrant. So. Oh, okay. everything tastes like water today. It's, you know, you can't. <laughs> right. And if you really are, I mean, if you're sick or if you really, you know, really damaged your your taste buds, you should should excuse yourself from judging. And um, okay. You know, well, and likewise, how, yeah. yeah. How many beers could be ju- be a judge at the GABF at all? Because I know the judges, <laughs> yeah, right. they're all partying like crazy tonight. Right. That's what I was thinking. That's what too. they're in town for. Yeah. And for that matter, that's our thing about NHC too. <laughs> I mean, most of those judges at the homebrew conference are, are friends. They know each other. They're going out. They're at afterward. our party. Uh, they're, uh, yeah. Uh, on Wednesday, we're fucking up. Everybody's uh, judging <laughs> on Wednesday night. <laughs> weird. Um, okay. Anyway, so yeah. good night's rest. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's a, yeah. That sounds like the most important one to me. Yeah. yeah. And every NHC, I'm, I'm judging. Of course, the judging is on Thursday morning, and there's this. Crazy thing called the BN party on right. Wednesday night. What? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so when do we get to the actual, uh, you know, use of your senses? Now uh, we've kind of gotten through the preparation. Um, is it time to start thinking about tasting the beer? Tasting this beer, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's taste it. I can't remember the last time I've had a course banquet. Oh, the mountains cold still. Hmm. Question. And, and speaking of, if you if you do kind of going back to the previous point, if you do have a style that you just either can't, you aren't, you don't feel well qualified to judge, or you just can't, um, don't feel like you can judge it that day, or you just hate the style and you're you just can't get past the personal bias, then you should excuse yourself from those okay. styles as well and, and communicate that to the judge director for the competition. Okay. But uh, you know, really, as a judge, you should be trying to experience as many styles as possible and, and being open to, to learning how to judge. Otherwise, you're not a really well-rounded judge. You know, you should be able to judge a, a light American lager. Right. And, uh, you know. Plus, you don't want to be that guy. Like, if, you, yeah. oh, if you're always going into a competition, yeah. I can't do this, I can't do that. You're I that only guy. judge Russian Imperial styles. That's <laughs> yeah. all I do. <laughs> That's it. You're that guy. Yeah. yeah. And then you're only good at judging, you know, Russian Imperial styles. So, right. Uh, so, th- so you're going to be great at this course. <laughs> yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> okay, so uh, take us through it. So I think we should judge this as a premium American lager, I would say. Yeah. Uh, category 1C in the BJCP, and those of you at home can go on your computer, log on to BJCP.org, and uh, style, style guidelines are there, so you can kind of read through uh, what's expected for the style. And, uh, you know, this gives the the range, it's a... It's a uh, for the, for the aroma, for example, it's uh, low to medium low malt aroma, which can be grainy, sweet, or corn like. So, so it, it's premium. So, is there a category mediocre? <laughs> I, I mean it. Like, what? there's uh, in the light lager uh, category one starts out with the light American lager, which is like your your Coors Light, Bud Light, etc. Uh, category one B is a standard American lager, which is you know regular Budweiser, you know regular Pabst Blue Ribbon, if you like that. That's Absolutely. a popular one. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then the premium American lagers are, you know, like the, uh, well, Miller Genuine Draft is one of them. Uh, Full Sail Session premium lagers, one of them. It's, it's, uh, uh, and Coors Extra Gold, Corona Extra, Michelob, you know, hmm. uh, but also Heineken. And so there's some imports in here. And sometimes the, the ones they give as examples of, you know, these are classic commercial examples of the style, uh, you know, might not even be American. And they're probably, I'm sure Heineken uses European ingredients. Right. It's an interesting addition. You know, it, it represents a, a premium American lager. They're a little more flavorful than the, the standard American lager. And sometimes, you know, maybe a little broader, they'll go a slightly different direction with it. Um, okay. This one tastes grainy and uh, sweet and uh, smells, I mean, grainy, yeah, sweet, right. and malty. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get a lot of uh, malt sweetness out of it. Now, now it, is, when, it, when it says uh, sweet, it smells sweet, what is that sweet aroma? Yeah, is um, that malt? Is it? I mean, I, I mean, I guess it is. Rice but. or corn? Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, you know your your tongue can pick up sweet, sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and uh, umami. But uh, you know, I've always kind of wondered about that, and I don't know the answer. I've meant to you know pick Gordon Gordon Strong's brain about it or somebody sometime about perception of sweetness in the aroma mm. because I think that uh, I think that in your nose there are some receptors for the for sweetness because it's such a you know, your brain's favorite food is sugar. <laughs> hmm. um, and you need to be able to, you know, evolutionarily speaking, come up to something and know that, oh, this is sweet and good, you know. Just, yeah. This is an apple. It smells sweet. It's good to eat. I can I can do this. So. Okay. But uh, evolutionarily right. speaking. Yeah. I'm going to put that in my new my vocab <laughs> list. That's a good word. Makes sense. So uh, the first thing you do is to to, you know, after you've opened it, uh, you know, poured poured the beer into the glass. Uh, as a judge, you'll pour, you know, a couple ounces in the in in the bottom of a clear glass. Uh, we're doing this wrong here too with all the printing on the glasses. Yeah, that's okay. We're not judging. We're, we're fast. We're just we're yeah. Uh, you want to put your nose in that beer right away because there are some um, vol- volatile uh, aromatics that that can dissipate pretty quickly. Okay, and uh, you know. Uh, you want to pick it up, see if there's any, you know, uh, DMS, which is dimethyl sulfide, kind of a corn-like, cook, cooked corn kind of smell coming off of it. JP's got and a big schnoz he can throw right sulfury. down in there. Well, it's that Medi- those Mediterranean jeans I have. Yeah. They're my dad jeans. Sulfury <laughs> notes. On this one, I'm getting, you know, kind of a, a grainy and a sweet with, a, with a, a hint of kind of corn-like underneath there, but uh, not a huge DMS or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are some of the... Um, some of the few styles that that DMS is acceptable in, and you know a lot of them are using pills malt, which is kind of notorious for uh, pushing up some of the precursors of of uh, DMS, uh, in, which usually come off in the in the boil and most most beers with stronger flavors in them will mm-hmm. that'll be masked a little bit more. So yeah, I don't pick it up really in this one either, uh, but definitely grainy and corn. Yeah, it's clean, grainy, uh, sweet, corn like. I mean, this is what I would would expect for for an American lager. It's actually, uh, believe it or not, it's pretty pleasant. It is. It's a pretty pleasant aroma. It's just a little out of balance. It can be a little hoppier for for the body in it. I mean, for the ABV. This, oh, yeah. I okay. mean, obviously, it wouldn't be an American lager. Right. Lager, it'd be mm-hmm. so craft you, beer. It would, it would right. be much like better if it was, much better beer. It was hoppier yeah. and different. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, I could support more hops. It wouldn't be as sweet. That's what we're not liking about the beer. It, it definitely can support it. That sweetness it's, would go away. Yeah, yeah. It, it is amazing. The, the base beer could be a lot of different stuff. Yeah. You know? That's right. a really good clean beer. You know, 
Yeah. I appreciate that Scott is drinking it out of the can. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm embracing this moment. Going into the, yeah, the hop aroma, I mean, for this one, you can have a, a low to, to medium low spicy or floral hop presence, usually using a, a noble hop like, you know, sauce or, uh, you know, Tetnanger or one of those. But yeah. Um, I don't know that I'm picking up any hop uh, aroma. I'm sure it's there. I'm not saying, I'm saying that I, I'm not sensitive enough, I think. I'm so used to hoppier beers that it's at a level that i'm yeah. having a hard time yeah. deciphering it uh, from underneath the corn and the grain yeah, it's balanced yeah. towards malt it yeah. is it is definitely balanced towards the malt i agree with that fully and it's uh it's pushing a light uh floral hop underneath underneath all that malt but, okay um, i can't get it either jay yeah, it's uh, that's one thing i uh, with with low hopped beers like this I, I i have a real hard time picking out picking out the hops okay yeah. try it at 9 a.m Okay. Oh, it's a whole new world. It's super hobby. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Okay. What's next? Um, And you want to sniff for any uh, kind of off, you know, uh, green apples, which is kind of allowed a little bit in this beer, but uh, they're they're optional but acceptable. The DMS, the the green apples, and and some fruitiness. As a lager, this should be a lager. You should not be smelling a lot of uh, fruitiness, which is from the esters in uh, which come about from fermentation. Um, but a little bit of it can be there and, and you can have a light, light degree of fruitiness. If it's too fruity and it's, it smells like an ale, you're, you're going to mark it, mark it down accordingly in the aroma. So, okay. All right. So you note your initial impressions about the aroma and, um, you know, actually kind of judging is a little bit of a back and forth process. I've got a, a beer score sheet here from our Oktoberfest competition that the Mad Simers do every year, but we, uh, you know, the first thing you go to is the aroma. And then, uh, then you look at the appearance. So before I even score the appear, uh, the aroma, I'll go down to appearance and, and take a look at the beer because the head is still there, and it's you know you're watching for the the head retention and the consistency, the texture of the head. You want to you want to note the color lumpy. You, you want to note the clarity. This is obviously brilliantly clear. Yeah. And uh, you know the head is actually this has been in the glass for a few minutes now. It's it's sticking around fairly well. Yeah. And you know these beers can have a head that's not very very long lasting in the lighter the lighter range of things and also the stronger range of things the head can fall pretty quickly yeah but normally you're looking for a head that sticks around for a few minutes and and uh and this one did that in your glass there so, so okay. yeah, i would i would i would give this a three for appearance it's right in the range the you know pale straw to, to gold color this one is is on the on the straw side mm-hmm. kind of a light straw and a white head so you note all these uh th- you know every element of the appearance that you can. I mean, even the way the bubbles are rising through it, the shape, the texture of the bubbles, and uh, these are kind of fine pinpoint bubbles on this beer, and they're, you know, what? Uh, if I can inter- uh, yeah. jump in, what do? So what does all that mean? Because you know, whenever I got my score sheets back, I never, or and then and then when I'm doing judging, I never really bothered to ask or understood what all that does for a, a, a brewer. If you get a score sheet back and go, well, I got you know two out of three for appearance, and it's kind of clear, and the head's just a little bit, um, you know, are there just notes for us to to help improve, or is it a is it a um, uh, you know this? Hmm, uh, it, what am I trying to say? It, it's like, a, is this a, a better way for floss to show up because the carbonation's off a little bit, right. or um, you know, if it's slightly cloudy, maybe I got some off flavors from that, or or what what is you know what's yeah. the point of that? As a judge, you should not necessarily just be focused on flaws. Uh, part of the, uh, the the 
reason for writing out a score sheet is to describe a beer in a way that someone reading this sheet who is an experienced beer taster will be able to tell okay that's how that beer tastes and looks and and everything so i mean unless your beer has a, a rocky foamy head that's you know six inches top of the, on the top of the glass and and you know never fades away and has chunks floating in it <laughs> and uh, the beer is, is is extremely hazy when it should be a clear beer Sounds you know like homebrew then there's no need to give you a um a lot of uh reasons for improvement for the beer you can Mm -hmm. say hey this is a pretty good appearance this one spot on this is a three out of three on the appearance how how much of that goes on like chunks floating in beer that has been (laughs) you'd be surprised i would be surprised really it's common no you wouldn't uh (laughs) you wouldn't be surprised i mean every once in a while you get a gusher you know the and you would note that of course you open the beer and it just starts well just for clarification here once in a while what do you mean like say you're in a uh, 400 beer competition you've you've ran some of those and judged some of those right or even bigger ones how many gushers would you expect in that? In that? 399. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it depends. Too. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, I, I do the Oktoberfest, which is, you know, 50 or 60 beers a year, and okay. you might see one. Yeah. If right. you're so in a competition with a, f- a few hundred beers, you might see two or three. Right. And, but it's not like yeah. rampant. Right? No, 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 no. Same way with floaties and shit like but that. But that's uh, yeah. not that rampant. Yeah, I was just thinking, I don't want to, like... I was making an extreme I'm like, example. I'm like for, I'm counterparting JP. I mean, he can make yeah. it because I mean, everybody's had shitty homebrew. Yeah. I don't want you know people that don't know homebrew to extrapolate that absolutely right. it is yeah. rampantly terrible. The, it's not a, a gusher seems less egregious to me than a floaty, right? Because right. a floaty you can see. Sometimes you don't know it's Which, a gusher well, necessarily, right? Am I talking out of my ass? It just no. But uh, the hard part's I, tasting I, the floaties when they they're go not mutually yeah. exclusive. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I would also point things out that um, in in these cases we are amateur brewers and entering in in many cases entering beer into competitions for feedback and honestly I know that a floaty sounds like an egregious offense to you but when you're getting to know brewing you 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 transfer yeast because you haven't figured out how to let it settle quite enough maybe you moved the carboy mm-hmm. and then and then transferred to bottles right away because you haven't learned to let it sit for another 12 hours or, you know, whatever. Um, so in other words, it's quite simple to, to make some of these mistakes until you really refine the technique of bottling beer and transferring beer from vessel to vessel. Yep. And a little floaty, um, that it's, could be it's a little offensive uh, in terms of you don't want to taste that in your mouth. But it's also yeast. I mean, or a piece. It, it, it's not hot particle. It's or, not yeah. a bug. It's part of the brewing process. You see yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it I could. Know. It I could do. be a hot particle. It could yeah. be yeast. It could be just something non, super non-defensive. So now I'm not yeah. saying it should yeah. be there. I just wanted to point out how simple it can be to happen. Okay. And you're yeah. not going to condemn that beer just for that one floaty. If there was a little floaty in here, you know, it's like, well, how is the beer? You know, yeah. <laughs> is it stellar or you know, is that you know the floaty? I'm not going to knock it down to a 13 <laughs> just because of that. So yeah, right. Which is the courtesy lowest score, uh, by the way. So. Uh, if you get a beer beer score sheet back that's lower than thirteen, uh, sell your equipment. You should, uh, yeah, <laughs> email that judge or the organizer. And, and uh, but anyway, now I said it's never like a bug or something like that. Uh, but maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Have you ever found like a fly or anything? You know, just some accidental. <laughs> like it, you've judged a lot of beers, so I, I kind of want a horror story. Mm, anything? No. Well, this one judge. No flies. So no. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Really? It could happen. I mean, I could see, you know, yeah. cap on foam. You're not quick with that cap. Yeah. yeah. Flies no. quicker. Maybe He's a, in there. Maybe a hair. Maybe a long hair. I got oh, long hair. hair. I'm like, hair. A short I'm curly like, one, even worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like leaning over my bottles. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows what's falling on that big nose of yours? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All kinds of shit up there. <laughs> yeah. So, well, anyway, but, but coming back to this specific beer, 
Um, again, you want to go back to the aroma, and, and this is obviously going much slower than you would when you're in a competition. But you, Okay, you, well, let's make that you're, faster, too, because we got another beer to get yeah, through, too. You're coming back to the beer, smelling the aroma, again, because uh, that's going to change over time. You know, if there's some light skunkiness or something, and or some... Uh, you know, some DMS that could just blow right off, and it could be a, an amazing, wonderful aroma underneath there. And you could p- pick out some different subtleties. And you want to note the the main things first, then come back to it and kind of you know go into some of the subtleties, some of the things that are still in there, and how things have changed. Uh, so you know, then you you know, some people go on to flavor. Usually, I'll I'll score the aroma right right then after I come back to it after you know judging the appearance. Okay. And, you know, just make sure you score appearance. Want to you know, aroma is twelve points out of the fifty. Appearance is three. Uh, and then you finally, after you know a few minutes, we'll take a sip of the beer. Okay. And I haven't taken a sip of this yet, so you're you're, you're, you're a <laughs> qualified away. judge. Yeah. Uh, I think they should change the uh, Marie, uh, American Premium Lager category to, to, uh, to style description to say uh, tastes like shit when it's warm, because <laughs> that's a true yeah. you know, test of a good American Premium no Lager. No kidding. As it warms up. Yeah. Cause yep. it works. Well, this it, one's still fairly cold. And it's, it's still pretty good. It's got a nice... I enjoy it's it. Really nice, yeah, it's really good. A nice, grainy, a, it's a banquet beer. malt-balanced beer. We're at a banquet and right now. A banquet of information. Where's the food? Where's the drink? <laughs> and the flavor, you want to comment on everything. And it's all listed there. If you're if you're uh, somebody aspiring to be a beer judge and you want to know how to do a good job on a beer score sheet, check check it off. You know, the, everything that's listed there. You know, you want to comment on the malt. And you want to say not only there's malt, you want to say... <laughs> How much and what kind, you know? Okay, and the, not just the main things, but also the subtleties. So you know. So what would you say about this one for the listeners playing along at home? See if they're picking up some. This of one these. has a, a sweet, uh, pills-like malt quality to it. Um, oh, estery in a way. It's Isn't it got some uh, kind of a, malt esters to it or something. I don't know. Kind of a medium low malt presence and uh, clean. Um, yeah. That's about how much time do you spend per beer? Usually, it's about twelve minutes a beer. Uh, for an experienced judge, you can, wow. you can kick out, kick That's out a beer way in longer than minutes, I would eight, eight to twelve minutes. Well, yeah. you're filling out a a, a page of it's information. A lot of writing, yeah, yeah, it's so much fucking writing. There are other kinds of score sheets too. There's one with the check boxes that you can mm-hmm. whip through pretty quickly. That's what they use for for NHC. But uh, you know, I kind of like the classic one where you can write a description of the beer, and it takes a little more time, but you can you know use some. Uh, I kind of like enjoy writing myself personally, and and and. You don't have to get too poetic or flowery with your language, but just describe the beer in a way that will make sense to someone reading it. The carbonation yeah. floats across my tongue like a butterfly <laughs> in the autumn wind. <laughs> right. Yeah. Are there any um, actually pretty good flaws or anything unbalanced or out of style that you pick up on this beer? No, it's very clean. I would note that the it has a clean lager fermentation profile. That's another you know the fermentation characteristics or something you want to comment on. If it's pushing off a lot of sulfur, as some lagers can. You know, uh, H2S or, or, or the dimethyl sulfide, if it's pushing off a little too much of that, uh, you would comment about the, the sulfury character. And, um, you know, uh, you want to talk about the balance. This one's definitely malt balanced. You mm-hmm. want to talk about what's lingering in the finish and the aftertaste. This one has kind of a, just a corn like sweetness and, um, you know, that lingers into the aftertaste. This one is, it's a, you know, low bitterness. Uh, in balance with the malt that's there it's it's not a heavy beer it's a light beer it's a delicate beer and other flavor characteristics you know whatever you're tasting some people call out soy sauce or you know random things that uh you know it just reminds you of of, of something your mom's apple pie i don't know right but you're <laughs> not getting like, any abnormalities like that out of this no not in no. this one yeah. you love this beer brian 
I'm lo- I'm loving it as a premium American lager. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Category 1A. That's what, that's my my new name for it. Of course I'm I'm screwing with you but uh so far this is a very high scoring beer is what I mean. It is, yeah. yeah. It is. Okay. All right. Um do we now get to the kind of mouthfeel part that you were talking about or yes. am I skipping ahead? Okay. So yeah, after you do the flavor and I kind of went through that quickly but you know, that's uh, everybody knows how to taste. It, you you need to know how to feel the beer in your mouth, and uh, you know mouthfeel is literally that. How does the beer feel? You're using your sense of touch, not your sense of taste, not your, your aroma, anything like that. It's really how the beer feels. And so think of you know drinking molasses versus drinking water. That's kind of a comparison for body that I would use to uh, to describe. You know, it's, it's it's not obviously not motor oil. This is definitely more towards the the water feeling. Uh, in your mouth than it would be towards molasses or something else. So it's it's yeah, more, like tomato juice. For how instance, thick, how thick yeah. is the beer? Right. Which okay. is uh, a function of you know basically what's remaining in that beer. How much you know? There's alcohol in there. There's there's um, other components that are left behind after the yeast ferments out uh, a good portion of the sugars. A lot of it is dextrins, which are the kind of unfermented fragments of the starch. You know the sugar starch chains originally that come from the malt and um, you know, that the yeast can't actually break down. So if you have a dexterous beer, yeah, um, it can have a, a little fuller mouthfeel and a little, in the flavor, you know, a little more sweetness left, and it won't ferment down uh, so to what, as low of a gravity. How would you describe the mouthfeel of this one? So the the mouthfeel, it's a, it's a medium light body. The carbonation is is reasonably high, and it's still pushing up a little bit ahead. I'm, I'm you know, that's in appearance again, but. Um, carbonation it's got it doesn't have an intense carbonic bite or anything though Mm -hmm. which is one thing if if a beer is over carbonated and it's just attacking your tongue the feeling of it just you know um the the carbonation is actually creating an acid it's it's you know carbonic acid and it really can have a a strong bite and the yeah you know the bubbles and everything can kind of attack your your senses and that that's a feeling okay um but this one is is i would say medium high carbonation it's um it's in the range for what I would what I was, would expect for this beer, and um, it, this one this style can actually have a slight carbonic bite on the tongue. So mm. even if it did a little bit, you wouldn't. Have and I think market. when it was initially very, a little colder, uh, it, it it did that probably. I tasted it after it warmed up a bit, and it's it's not really that biting, and, and a lot of the CO two is kind of yeah. driven off. So that can change over time too. But you know other other palate sensations that you can get. I mean, you can have everything from you know, uh, uh, pain to, you know, wow. <laughs> if you had a, a chili pepper beer, that's, you know, just mm-hmm. actually burning your taste buds as you're drinking it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it can hurt you. <laughs> you know, this um, one, the only real sensation I feel like I get is, is kind of a slickness, uh, across my tongue at, kind of in afterward. It's interesting uh, that you mentioned that it, it's, uh, no slickness on a tongue. I suppose it could occur for other reasons, but it's usually associated with, uh, diacetyl, which is a, uh, a, in the flavor area and aroma, it'll give you a kind of a buttery, mm. uh, artificial buttered popcorn kind of uh, flavor and aroma. Yeah. But in the mouthfeel, you can get kind of a slickness, and I'm I, I'm not sure where that would be coming from. I kind of get what you're saying with that, and it's it's mild. I'm just to be honest with you, it's it is such a, a, a light bodied beer for me that I'm just trying to pick out some things that I that I would mark, and I think yeah. I would write down just a mild. So it, and it goes away fairly quickly too, but I'm not tasting any of the uh, butter or, or those no. flavors. Yeah, um, but in, in the mouthfeel too, you know, you want to talk about how 
how uh, kind of the creaminess or the uh, astringency of the beer, which uh, astringency is kind of a tricky one to describe, but it's it can be best summed up as kind of like chewing on on grape skins. Not that everybody out there has, has done that, but it's it's kind of a mouth puckering sensation where you get a beer and it's a beer that's been say oversparged or something, and you just get this kind of it's not bitterness, but you might associate it with bitterness. And it it does kind of attack your tongue a little bit. Okay. Um, and it's not smooth. It's just got kind of a biting texture. And I don't, I don't know that you know creaminess and, and astringency are always um, you know opposites. But uh, you know creaminess, like if you get a good uh, oatmeal stout that has a nice uh, you know creamy smooth mouthfeel, and the carbonation just floats across your tongue in a certain way. That's just really smooth and pleasing to drink and just it's it's the feeling of of, of cream like kind of feeling or you can even from an oatmeal stout you can get kind of an oily texture from the the oats Mm. bevo is your core creamy enough for you you want to freshen (laughs) it up how you liking it over there yeah no, I mean, I have a can i don't want to be gross i have a can i'm willing to give you some more you're white trash what do you think about the course yeah it reminds me of Coors Light. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And I would call does. this slightly, slightly creamy. Which is weird. That's saying like the color yellow reminds me of the color gold. <laughs> right. It's creamy. Seems gestury. Uh, I mean, it's... Like a... White trash. I like it. L- like a yeast estuary? Yeah, yeah, a, a malt ester kind of thing. Kind of a side of the mouth, uh, kind of a... I don't know, kind of a, clo- a hanging sweetness kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I should have excused myself from judging because I did have some spicy uh, buffalo wings <laughs> at Russian River yesterday. Ah, <laughs> damn it. Damn it, Brian. You're fired. Fuck! <laughs> no, it's okay. I really just wanted to kind of go down, you know, uh, through this process. So, right. And and I want to do the same. Uh, just I think we'll do it a little quicker with the Tumblr. Yeah, where we really, act- I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I actually really enjoyed the descriptiveness of that. And now maybe we can all do that with the Tumblr yeah. uh, right. as we go through it. Is there any uh, final notes on this particular beer well at the end uh you want to you go over the overall impression of the beer i mean is it a pleasurable drinking beer or not and you know if so how much and how well does it kind of you know fit and 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 just everything as a package how do you rate that beer because it could you could go down the line the aroma has pretty much everything it needs the appearance has pretty much everything it needs flavor you know everything's there but just something about the beer kind of the the you know uh intangibles almost it's like it's, the balance is just not there or something just it doesn't work right okay and uh, you know it's like you have a beer that scores very high on the top and the overall impression gives you a little room to adjust for for something that that might not be really impressing you even though kind of everything's there you know okay but it sounds like your overall impression of this would actually be favorable cleanly brewed and yeah this is a very uh, pleasant sipper and 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 smooth and you know Boy, a beer like this is hard to brew on a homebrew scale. If, yeah. you, if you can make a beer that tastes like this and looks like this, yeah. you're doing a great job because there's nothing to hide behind with one of these. <laughs> right. Now, one last thing I just wanted to ask you yeah. at the judge's table. Now, you just poured a little more beer in your glass, but that's just because there's another can going around. Right. Hell but, yeah. But what I actually want, is, is that something that you can do at the judging table if you need to taste a little more or if you wanted to spruce it up, for lack of a better term? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's 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 usually not done. I mean, you would be we would have been judging this much more quickly, yeah. and I kind of almost wanted to just chill mine back down a little bit. Um, okay, yeah, and, and yeah, it's the point is not to to drink mass quantities of beer. You want to drink as little as you need to to objectively evaluate that beer, yeah, and and write for the brewer what uh you know what you're picking up in it. 
and then also at the very end with the overall impression how to improve the beer. So if there were flaws, I mean, if you didn't score it a fifty out of fifty, you know, there's there's some room for improvement. Okay, <laughs> and so you're going to look to you know tell the brewer, well, it could be something as simple as a little more of this kind of malt, or you know, in this one I might say you could you could stand to bump up the uh, the noble hop character in it a little bit it would stand up to that and that mm. might make a little better balance for me so yeah. maybe i'd score this one in the lower to mid 40s out of 50 and 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 say it's you know it's, it's a classic yeah. example it's got everything going for it that it needs but uh you could you know you could get away with a little bit a little bit more of this and, and make it and any, anything in the 40s is an excellent score, right? 40s is, is wonderful, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and then a, you're just adding something for why it's not a 50. Right. Yeah. There's a scoring guide on, on every score sheet that tells you, you know, outstanding is like 45 to 50. This is a world-class example of the style. And, boy, yeah. I can count on both hands probably every time I've given out a score in that range. And I've judged dozens of competitions. So right. it's it's not that common. I've seen, uh, uh, you know, you, you would never really hand out a 50. You, you can, but it's it's... It's not very very common. Oh, I, 50, no. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I've be, seen it, but... Well, you, you have to be know what, you're, what you know, right? Yeah. Like, who can give out a 50 unless you really know what a 50 is? Right. Well, who knows it? I mean... But it's not right. that that should be off-limits. I mean, I've... No, I've, but if you, you feel like... It, if you're a, you know, if you know double box like crazy, you've been to, you know, where they're made, you just know them all. Right. <laughs> and you know what a 50 tastes like, then you can give out a 50. But if it, you don't it, know, you can't give it out. But I wonder if it's like a like Olympics, Olympic uh, gymnast, you know, you can't... Yes, there is the perfect, right. but no one. It's not really possible to achieve it. Right. Nadia Comaneci achieved. Did, did it. she do absolute perfection? <laughs> I think so. Really, yeah, she was the first one. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's possible. It is. So it don't is you possible. say it can't be done? Wow. The more well, you know, you know, <laughs> you have a judging pair or, or a trio of judges working on a beer. They all look up up at each other and say, "This is a 50. This, it, but it would be like that mind blowing moment of the best beer you've ever had in your life, and you're almost crying. You know, it's so good or something. Right. <laughs> it's like, that well, there you go. Let's say the best beer you've ever got. Right. <laughs> it's like watching 90 Comanich. That's probably the best performance the judges have ever seen. Right. They immediately said, that's a 10.0. Well, they've already, they, what they've done is they pushed too many other you know, inferior performances to 9.9. Yeah. So they had no place right. to go but 10.0. Yeah. I think that yeah. can occur in judging, too. If you, if you like, mark up a lot of 44s and 43s, you get this you beer that's up. even better. Where are you going to go but above 45? But Yeah, right. and if you do give out a perfect score for anything, you're saying it can't be done better. But isn't that right. not, not it's, that's never true. It always can be done better. It just maybe hasn't been yeah. done yet. So how can you ever give out a perfect score? I, I well, personally probably never would, but uh, yeah. It's, well, but that's like, that's you like leave the option saying you can't, you can't judge essays in college or high school. It's the same. It's the same thing. You it has to be a range, and of the ones that we've judged, this is the best of these ones. It's not of every style right. ever in the world ever. It's of this particular competition. These yeah. twelve beers I that I had right now. Yeah, and and I know. understand that it has to be attainable. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, most of the, I, so have you no. given out more scores under fifteen or over forty in your judging career? Uh, definitely over forty. I mean, every once in a while you get a thirteen point beer. Usually. Um, and that's the cur- courtesy lower limit, uh, and that should just be a beer that is virtually undrinkable. And it's it's a courtesy lower end score. Just I mean, you don't want to score something a zero, and in the program has established it that thirteen is the lowest. Uh, yeah, lowest I still score. haven't gotten over it. But uh, <laughs> you know, usually I mean, even in the kind of worst of the beers, <laughs> you can find something that's uh, you know likable in the beer, and and you know it, it could be 
not the worst you've ever had and and so you yeah it flows it out a, of the bottle really well <laughs> yeah. the chunks don't get in the way yeah, it's yeah a 15 right. or an 18 well it's hard to drink yeah. a, a hundred dollar bill so <laughs> um what's a do you in your mind brian do you have a, a 50 point commercial beer mm-hmm. that like when you drink it you're like this this is the prime example of the style this is it yeah janet's brown <laughs> no. there it is yeah <laughs> Uh, there's there's a lot of different uh, question, styles that, that I would yeah, but uh, it also depends on the condition of the bottle. I mean, I you know happen to like uh, arrogant bastard ale. There unfortunately, there's not really a style that's defined around that. But yeah, you can get bottles that are fresher than others. And and, and sure, but all things being equal, had you yeah. called what? Have, so are you saying that you've had an arrogant bastard that you would go now? That's a fifty point beer. Um, I mean, I it, it would depend on what you're judging it against. Right now, I would say. There's no style for it. That that would be a specialty beer, and that's it's a classic example in the specialty category. Yeah. But I think that you know, honestly, in the BGCP, they should in the future maybe have a style that's like a imperial red. And there's a lot of them out there, uh, you know, these days, and it's kind of something that's coming up. But styles are something that migrate and change over time. And yeah. It's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna always be static. The the guidelines that we're working from now were were kind of finalized in 2008, and there were previous versions that had different styles and there were styles every time they update it they're ones that are added so okay. Brian's dodging the question yeah I would call like if you're looking at uh, 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 let's say, say pale ales Munich Munich Hellas Munich Hellas and you're in Munich drinking Augustiner Edelstoff there you go I'll give in you Augustiner yeah. that that to me beer. is a 50 point beer yeah I'll give you that too. Well, then you're, you're then you're be qualified right, to hand on a fifty point score. Right. Yep. If I tasted something in a competition <laughs> you know yeah. that tasted well, exactly like that, I'd give it a fifty. That tasty. That's exa- that was kind of Tasty's parameter. You should know it in and out, and I think you're right. Well, you know, as as uh, you did a great job answering that question, Brian. There should be like a meeting of, of judges where you each bring a fifty point beer. Uh, right? Yeah. right, and then you like you like you know talk about like. What makes it? Why yeah. do you? Yeah. Why do you think yeah. that's fifty? Or you might say, well, it's not as fresh as the what I was thought I was bringing. Right. Anyway, anyway, you could talk about and you could sort of calibrate to high high point beers. That's yeah. what we should do for our comp. So I'll invite like twenty judges, mm-hmm. but I'll say, but it'll be like a date, and and before we have sex, it's like okay, <laughs> um, so bring your best fifty point beer. You like give me a fifty point beer, right? And and, right. and I'll sit there, and I'll go, hmm, and I'll drink it in front of them, and I'll judge it in front of them all twelve minutes. <laughs> And they're just fidgeting uncomfortably. Like, right. I don't know what the fuck. And I'll go, I give it 32. Sorry. Next. Yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, give the. I would do it all in front of them, just like you say. Yeah. But then just like an audition, just go, thank you. <laughs> and send them out not knowing. Well, really, the few I've been on, and so it's always after you're done, it's always, that was fantastic. That was great. I'm really pulling for you. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And everybody else. Yeah, you pump them up. Oh, that was great. Right. Um, and then on the air, you read the uh, list of people who failed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And their home address. So, yeah, they didn't want to hear about so suicides outside the doors. So. Mr. Yeah. Master Brian turns out he <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I suck. He, yeah. he thought Sierra Pale was a 50. 48 what a dick 48 and a half <laughs> the judges can be an opinionated lot sometimes yeah you know? that's they're, true they're, i was gonna say that that tasty's idea would actually result in a lot of nerdy bickering i think <laughs> is what would happen sounds like a show well that's what, what nerds would want to do together I yeah mean, that's half on. the fun yeah exactly it would be like a, a lot of fun to have these people like you know 
All right, let Very me take serious uh, judges in one place. Who would win? Xena Warrior Princess or Princess Leia? <laughs> Go. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to taste Tumblr. So get your yeah. tumblers out if you're playing along at home. And we'll go through rather quickly, see what Brian uh, picks up on that and JP as well. Uh, and then uh, we'll taste uh, Terrence the Black Spear also. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. What was Al Capone's official profession? I know, I know. Your next homebrew club meeting, beer tasting, or weekly hangout just got a lot more fun with a brand new pub trivia board game from University Games. In the new pub trivia, teams of 2 to 10 can go up against 1,000 new questions in five different categories. No drinking required so everyone can play pub trivia. Sports, science, history, entertainment. There's something for all trivia lovers in the new pub trivia board game you can find pub trivia at your local walmart store or online at rugame.com that's rugame.com bring home everyone's favorite bar quiz game tonight with a brand new pub trivia board game from university games online at rugame.com okay okay what is madonna's last name Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Are you a hophead? Beer lovers of all stripes will love Brewers Publications' latest release, IPA, Brewing Techniques, Recipes, and the Evolution of India Pale Ale by Mitch Steele. I wanted to write a book that presented an accurate review of the history of IPA and also provided current technical brewing tips and recipe information. India Pale Ale is a style I love because it has a rich, fascinating history, and today it provides brewers a showcase for all the great new hop varieties that are available. I'm so proud of this book, and I know you'll enjoy all the recipes and thoughts from so many of the world's great IPA brewers. IPA is available now from Brewers Publications at brewerspublications.com and your favorite homebrew store. Order your copy today and take your hot forward beers to the next level. American Homebrewers Association and Brewers Association members receive early notice and special discounts to most Brewers Publication releases. Visit brewerspublications.com to learn more and to find a schedule of author appearances. IPA by Mitch Steele. Get yours today. Hey, my Bruton brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I love a bold, hoppy beer. When it spits resin in your face, 
and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to style. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, (laughs) The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back to the program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're looking to uh, develop your homebrew recipes at home so that you can do great in competitions, like we're talking about uh, beer judging here, why not try Beersmith Brewing Software? It's a free 21-day trial. And, uh, you know, they're a longtime supporter of the Brewing Network. I really like Brad over there. He does a, a podcast and a blog. and um, They're great, too. Uh, yeah, his video, he doesn't re- he's more high-tech than we are, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he's smarter uh, than we are. Though. Yeah, he tried to show me, he does this, like, uh, four-camera uh, video podcast thing that, that he does via Skype, and he, he's like, oh, I'll just show it to you, it's, it's a piece of cake. He shows it to me online via Skype, and... Oh, completely over my head. I, I don't. I've been doing this stuff for years, and I have no idea what the hell. Four he did. cameras, uh, amazing. Think, but but not just that. They're yeah. all like he's able to broadcast them from different locations. Is what I'm saying. Like uh, so, he'd be interviewing you in uh, Concord and me in no Martinez, yeah. and uh, and anyway, great stuff over there. Huh. With his podcast. Uh, he also has a brand new uh, Beersmith Light app. 
where you can look up your recipes, uh, look at other people's recipes. Um, they're working on being able to actually uh, manipulate recipes uh, right within the app, um, but hang in there for that. But it's available for the iPhone and the iPad and the Android. And uh, anyway, um, we love it over here at uh, the Brewing Network. And I know Doc uses it now in his brew days. In fact, Doc's brewing today. One of the reasons we don't have him in here in studio. Um, so go check it out, beersmith.com. Get your free 21-day trial right now. And check out the new uh, Beersmith Lite app in the uh, iTunes and Android market. All right, so what we wanted to do is uh, taste Tumblr uh, quickly. Uh, we'll kind of go through it with Brian and, uh, you know, all participate. And um, we got Terrence the Black in here, too. Terrence, why don't you participate with us on the, on the Tumblr? Um, okay. You know, I think that... The point of shows like this for me are not. Uh, everyone gets weirded out when I say, "Why don't you taste with us?" Now I don't have a palate, and I don't. Um, and and that's not how I think about things. Yeah, I used to love sitting down with Jamil and talk about tasting beer with him. Oh my god! And it was not. I was never worried about being wrong. He always wanted to know uh, what flavors I picked up, and um, you, you can't be wrong about a flavor that you're picking up. Right now, you or could be <clears throat> or not picking up. Yeah. Uh, you could call it the wrong thing if you're trying to be a little more advanced than you are. Um, but like Brian was saying earlier, if you throw out the word soy sauce because that's a flavor that you picked up, you are not wrong uh, about that flavor. So I like having all sorts of palates do these tasting with us is my yeah. point. Um, and I don't think that anybody should be shy about tasting beer either with judges as qualified as Brian or with your buddies. You know, judging, just, yeah, judging in groups can be a lot of fun, and yeah. then people can throw out descriptors. You know, the hardest thing is, uh, you know, the the sensory area in your brain is is removed from the language area of your brain, and you could be sitting there trying to pinpoint what what it is that you're tasting on a certain element of the beer, and someone else could just throw out that descriptor, and it could be just like, wow. And the soy sauce comment, it was Nicole Ernie in our in our judging class hmm. when she was going through the judge training, the first, you know, the the Mad Cyberges course we did. Uh, back in uh, 2007 or 2008, and uh, it just you know the beer was had a little soy sauce element to it, and I was like, wow. I mean, I would never never would have thought to use that descriptor, but right. But she did, and she has a great palate, and and that is that's fun stuff for me too. I, in fact, yeah. for that reason, I actually really enjoy tasting uh, with amateurs and or, or people that don't. Uh, uh, really sit around and taste like that because I will more often get descriptors out of them like that, you know, right. ice cream or, yeah. or something. You know, you get you'll get some weird stuff, but you'll go, oh yeah, hmm. I totally got that. It is you know? reminiscent of ice cream, and then someone else could expand on it, and, and it's yeah, it can be a lot of fun. So let's do let's just go down the list on this one. Um, of course, you, you've got the um, uh, aroma first is what you like to start yeah. with, right? Oh, oh, and and that's because you've poured it and you don't want it to go away. Is that uh, right? Yeah. Uh, like I said, there's some aromatic compounds that are very vol- volatile and they're you know light molecular weight uh things that are trapped in the beer when it's in the bottle as soon as you open that up you know some of it shoots right out the top of the bottle and and the lightest weight stuff goes first and when it's in the glass you want to get your nose down in that thing right away okay but first first uh before we even taste the beer i wanted to say uh, happy birthday to roberto Saldivar. yes oh yeah um, I wanted to do that as well. And, uh, yeah, I got I, I remembered today that they were doing a little celebration there, but, um, happy we, birthday, my friend happy Roberto. Uh, HopTech, our wonderful, uh, sponsor and homebrew shop down there in Dublin, California. And, uh, Roberto's a crazy motherfucker. Yeah. 80, I, 83 years young. Good for him. <laughs> he was on the, I, I think like he's that guy. 50, I thought he was yeah. older. Well, I won't say. <laughs> he's 37. Uh, yeah. Hey Roberto, I love, uh, hey, I love you, buddy. Feliz cumpleaños you know para ti. <laughs> and he was on the, the tour with us at Russian River, and, and it was a great time hanging out with him oh, and, and yeah, Jay. The tour. They're, they're, they're the great tour. folks. They are. 
Yeah. Did you get a tour at the Russian River? Or they just stayed. In they the gave house? us a tour. Did yeah. They? Yeah. You see my fermenter there? <laughs> no. You didn't see one with my tasty logo on it. Oh, I'm, I must have missed that. Oh, you got your own logo on it? How yeah. dare you hide in the corner? Something <laughs> like that. I love it. I, yeah. I've been there before. I've done the tour before. But yeah, it's. Uh, All right. I just like the barrel room there. It's fun. But anyway. Let's yeah. do this beer. Okay. Yeah. American. I would judge this as an American brown ale, so which is a 10C in the BJCP style guidelines. Can we get some echo on this? Yeah, sorry, I don't have. We're not that. Yeah, advanced. where's the reverb? Yeah, just tell me what you're going to say, and then right after you say it, I'll repeat Brad it. Smith how to do that. Terrence, stick your giant nose down in there and uh, <laughs> see what yeah. flavors. Maybe you it's can. not. Right. Maybe it's too wide to get in the glass. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so let's do the the group judging thing. I'm. I'm. You guys are as qualified to throw out opinions about what your taste is as, as I am. What, what you're What you're picking up in the beer. Um, you know, I would say mal- malty sweetness, and that's not very specific, but it's. I'm stuck up. Malt aroma, so. malt aroma seems, seems to drive it. I get yeast. But oh, yeah? I, I'm like uh, stuffed maybe up. That's so Think about maybe that's malt. Think about it. Yeah, I also get malt. You know, I really enjoy the aroma of this beer in general. This is one of my favorite beers right now. But uh, you know what? It's a, it's a convoluted aroma for me. In other words, it becomes a little difficult for muddled? me to pick. It's a little muddled for me. Yeah. It's difficult for me to pick things out of. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that... I, I, you know what? It might not be muddled at all. It, I don't know how to describe yeah. that, but there, there's a lot happening. But I do think it might be happening from a, just a couple of different things. Yeah, I don't know what they use in this beer, but sometimes you can get in a competition, you can get it kind of a kitchen sink beer or something that somebody's just used every malt in the spectrum. And, you know, sometimes the simpler recipes can be the ones that score well. Although a kitchen sink, you know, I make a kitchen sink barley wine that has done well in competitions. Okay. And, and, you know, just used whatever I had around and made a barley wine with it. So, but I don't think this is that kind of a beer. No, I, don't I think, think so. it is a pretty, uh, but I have a hard time with it because there's so much going on. But there's so. I'm definitely getting some chocolate. Yeah. A little caramel. Um, Caramel underneath, too. yeah. And and you know what I really pick up, and I think maybe it's because I'm a fan of Sierra. And by the way, I've also had a uh, Sierra celebration tonight. Sierra House uh, flavor comes out in the aroma. Uh, I think that's maybe the yeast, um, but it instantly smells like a Sierra Nevada to me. When Chico, I, the Chico kind of clean yeast strain. That, yeah, just, yeah. Pushes off a lot of clean, clean esters, and yeah, something about the ester profile from the yeast that they use in their house yeah. could be, you know, there are there is definitely such thing as a house character. And it's biting almost. It's like a firm biting. It grabs you. Yeah, that, that estery, um, and it could be the carbonation. Um, it could be the hop, you know, bitterness. But it's it's it, it is very distinctive. Okay. And, yeah. Well, yeah, certainly the uh, uh, pellet hops versus whole hops uh, comes into play in a, in uh, the Sierra flavor, right? I mean. They, they do whole hops. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying they yeah. do, and most people don't. Right. Uh, so that's you know that's got to be some part of the the house flavor. The uh. so um, I'll teach you a few tricks. Uh, anyone who's watching the the camera can see the uh, the way to uh, smell a beer. Sometimes, if you want to concentrate the aromas, you can cover it up with your hand mm-hmm. and swirl it a little bit, and the CO two is pushing off flavor compounds in the beer into that space in the head and ho- well hopefully your hand doesn't have any lotion on or anything to make it smell but uh jp and you lift it off and Sorry, and, and take several ashy well you have hand sanitizer take several Justin. short sniffs i mean if you take one long snort it smells like oh, yeah, yeah. you might get some of the beer in your nose but uh well yeah if you take too, you get too much alcohol and you'll like burn this in your nose a little bit so go at it with several short mm. sniffs hmm. let it kind of sit go at it again um and another Ooh. trick if you're having uh kind of a hard time getting something or if you're just you're getting a little palate fatigue or you're just 
uh, you want to smell something completely different for a second. A lot, uh, you'll, sometimes you're watching a competition. Well, not that they're usually open to be watched, but the judges will be uh, sniffing their sleeve. You know, your shirt is made of cotton. Smelling something completely different. You just turn around and just yeah. get a quick snort of that cotton, and, and it kind of... It's like you know the coffee beans in the perfume store, I guess, or whatever. But okay, you get uh, something, smell something completely different. You've been smelling beer all day, and then go back at the beer and get the aroma again. Well, one thing the capping and the kind of stirring around did for me was make the aroma instantly less muddled. Like I said in the right. beginning, there was more for me to pick out, and that chocolate that you mentioned really came out. It can help you to clarify that and and pick out a specific. Yeah, it'll just hit you over the head sometimes. <laughs> Terrence, you picking up anything in this beer? I got the chocolate and then the car- uh, the caramel, but I got a little bit of almond, which is kind of mm. strange as well. I, yeah. I'd give you almond or yeah. like marzipan kind of, yeah. like well, sweeter, nutty, almondy. Nuttiness yeah. to it, yeah. yeah. In fact, I you know I uh, almost described this as kind of a nut-brown beer. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well done, Terrence. Thank you. <laughs> I also get the... Uh, I'm know, glad the, you're better at uh, yeah. tasting beer than you are at naming children. Oh! <laughs> Yo, mama! <laughs> That'd be a good name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. We were talking about a beer the other night at the Mad Zymergist meeting, and, and this one kind of gives me that... Uh, reminds me of that in that, uh, to me, sometimes the malt or malt elements can be like a, uh, a graphic equalizer. If you're the kind of guy that listens to heavy metal and scoops out all the mids, then you know maybe you're the kind that likes a... a a beer with just a little, little roast on the top and and just base malt and yeah. the, you know to me that kind of the caramels kind of fill in the middle and I, I, I don't know it yeah I that's kind of the way I think about it and then you got some chocolate put you know yeah or but this one has a slight roasty edge so it's like someone's just pushed up that high frequency you know ten kilohertz whatever knob and a little bit and and uh, and the know, roasty flavor that, roasty that I get too is uh, really like a fresh grain flavor. It's the yeah. it's a very grainy like as if I'm just putting it on the top of the mash uh, like I like I could smell it on brew day is what yeah, I mean. It doesn't smell stale at all. It's like you just crack that grain and yeah. it's fresh and yeah. using fresh ingredients as a home brewer is, is so important. And if you're entering a beer in a competition for a judge to smell it, they, they can tell if if you're using the right ingredients a from the country that it should be from. You know, making an English malt an English beer, you want to use Maris Otter from England. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that, you know, that's a concept I never picked up on early and as a brewer, yeah. is using the actual proper ingredients from the country. It's like, oh, base it's all the same. Yeah. yeah, it's all the same because it's a little more expensive. And as a, uh, at least when I did it, um, when you first started homebrew, you think you know everything. Right. I, it'll be fine. I mean, they're just trying to, you know, juice me out of like a bunch of money. No, it makes a difference. Right. I mean, when I, I first bought a, a big bag of crisp Maris Otter from, you know, Thomas Fawcett and Sons and just like the, uh, or, you know, it was just like the, or, yeah, no, it was the Glen Eagle, the Glen Eagle maltings. Those guys are actually hand turning the malt mm. and it's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tasty as a secret the about traditional, <laughs> the traditional style. Yeah, maybe something to do with their their feet. I don't know. It's like it, <laughs> they're not doing it with machines. It has a different character, definitely than, than right. the, the you know the non traditionally made stuff. All right, let's do the appearance. Let's go down the, the list of this beer. Okay, sexy boner fied is what I get. That's what I would write on this. I'd say it gives me a boner. It's moderately clear. It's got a kind of a a light tan head that's that's sticking around pretty well. Fine bubbles clinging to the sides of the glass a little bit when you. When you swirl it, now see, I, I would call it extremely clear, and and now I th- I think the part that the, that makes it look moderately is just that it's a darker beer, but it's it's the clarity is, I mean it's clearly a well filtered beer, right? I mean you could see right through it. 
But is that not what happens? I don't know if I'd say it's brilliant. No? Okay. When it, sometimes but it's when a clear darker, for sure. I'm looking at Terrence yeah. through it, so maybe that's the problem. <laughs> when a darker beer is extremely clear, sometimes you can see like just these things like ruby highlights that are just brilliant, uh, bright, you know. There, there's. It's not that this beer is hazy in the least. Okay. It's, it's very. No, it's, it's very clear. It's clear. But okay. Brilliant. All right. But I wouldn't call it brilliant. Do we have any more? Because I drank mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have a twelve pack. I, I bought a lot of that. Uh, all right. Thank you. Uh, what else do we have here? Well, and it's the, the color is kind of a uh, medium brown, and uh, yeah, it's appropriate appropriate for the American brown ale. Part of what you're doing as a beer judge is noting whether it's appropriate. <laughs> if you get the beer and it's this was the straw colored beer, it was entered as American Brown. That's obviously inappropriate. Yeah, and you're gonna, you know, well, appearance is only three points. You're gonna knock it down if it somehow magically tastes like a perfect American Brown, and yet it's clear, you know, like clear beer somehow. <laughs> right, it, it could happen, I suppose, but uh, not it, likely. It, it could still be a forty-seven. <laughs> you could still saying. score it. Yeah, up in the, yeah, forty-seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, okay, and the head retention uh, seems to be pretty good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, it's also kind of. Um, what color would you call that head? It, it's it's on the white light. side, but I'd say light tan. Yeah, light tan is what I would yep. say. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Almost like a, a latte. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it persists. I see it. I'd, I'd say it's a Jackson Danger color. Do you talk about it uh, <laughs> lacing down the glass? Because it does seem to stick yeah. to the glass. And uh, you know, a str- if there's a, a stronger beer, sometimes you'll start to see legs. I think it's above eight. Eight or so percent, you start to see some some legs on the on the beer where it, you swirl it up the side of the glass and it comes down in a little streak, you know, like the wines you see that are yeah. higher and yeah higher in alcohol will do that too. So. Okay. Um, and then as far as the appearance goes, you know, the the a nice fine pinpoint head like this is kind of desirable. The pinpoint bubbles and it sticks around for a long time, and that has to do with a lot to do with the proteins that are in the beer. And when you do a proper mash, you do a Usually a protein rest, uh, you know, with an all-grain beer, uh, if it's needed for the mall you're using. Um, you know, modern beers actually are pretty good at, at having the right length of protein chains that are, you know, gonna gonna throw up a pretty good head like that. So uh, you don't need to do a protein rest, and I generally don't. But you know, it affects yeah, the way the head looks. So. Yeah, it's naturally in the in the malts we use. Now, there's some things you can do in brewing that will destroy the head. Right, and those would you know be beer flaws. So yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean also your glass should be clean, and you want to you know, shit. <laughs> make sure that you're not using some uh, uh, in your dishwasher that the surfactant basically that's in the uh, the jet dry and that kind of stuff can just kill your head. So I mean you should really be hand washing and rinsing all your beer glasses. But, oh yeah, I do that every yeah. week. Every cool. time we do a show here, Brian, I, <laughs> you I have a lackey that does that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, we all leave and make him do it. Yeah, those kids I, that I are hanging the out lackey. on the street. Yeah, I have the homeless kids do it. They're good. <laughs> yeah, fifty cent. Um, this is bo- uh, bottle conditioned beer. It, yeah, it should be. Yeah, okay. Because well, I poured the, they, the the remainder, and then you were talking about how clear it is, and I yeah. looked. I was like, that's really not clear. But uh, I kind of forgot that it's bottle conditioned. Yeah, they they managed to leave a pretty Sierra Nevada is pretty impressive. It leaves a pretty small amount of you know uh, residual yeast in the bottom. Somehow they they have a strain that just does what they need and doesn't you know doesn't leave a lot of yeast in it there. It stays at the bottom too. Yeah, be pretty aggressive when you pour uh, it. Yeah, you get some uh, home brewed, you know, beers where, where there's a little thicker yeast on the bottom. I mean, usually the ones I've home, you know, hand uh, handmade have been had a little bit of little bit of yeast on the bottom layer there, and you have to be careful pouring that last bit. But you know, nowadays I'm kegging most everything. So, <laughs> but, uh, good man. Yeah. All right, let's get to drinking. Flavor. Did you taste it, Terrence? One of the things that appears in the flavor that I didn't comment on before is the uh, bitterness. 
I think it, well, maybe I did on the other one. I said it's it's medium low bitterness. Mm-hmm. That's not something you get in the flavor. There are certain things uh, like a, a metallic character, if there was such a thing, which is rare. But you know, if somebody had some rusty, you know, messed up equipment, you could get kind of a coiny, blood like taste or something, kind of like iron or yeah. there's different compounds that can come out that. Uh, but that's only in the flavor. Like they're in the beer and they don't really volatilize up into the aroma. So uh, bitterness is the primary one of those elements that you have to comment on the flavor and if you look at the style guidelines in the bjcp a lot of times the aroma section is uh very much the same as the flavor section except for you know they might comment about the, the bitterness level in there so okay or they should comment about it is this one uh i would say this one is more balanced toward the malt side again mm-hmm. uh it like, is, yeah. like the course well, not like the course but you see what i mean the hops, are, <laughs> hops are the hops are in there though i mean what, what kind of hop characters are you guys getting Let's get back to this group judging thing. Yeah. JP? Uh, do another taste. And sometimes with a multi-beer, it can be hard. But Yeah. Tasty, you're a hop Just, guy. I'm, I'm real. Uh, it's hard for me to pick out hop flavors. I've always been really, really bad at it. Uh, but I do. There's a, an assertive bitterness. I wouldn't call it aggressive necessarily, but um, it's very firm. And it, it, it cuts through the sweetness a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the aftertaste from all from all the from all that uh, taste tootsie roll. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. This beer doesn't seem to have a lot of late late hops in it. It's I mean there's there's some, but it's it's a lot of it is really bittering. It seems like to balance that malt, and they do a good job of balancing that. Um, you know, I get some flowery uh, uh, yeah, stuff out of it. Not as much citrusy, but yeah, but yeah, but, but one of the flowers. But I also I I can tend to confuse that with a with a yeast characteristic too. Uh, some esters. Mm-hmm. But I think it's hops in this one with those whole hops. I don't yeah. know what hops are using. This I don't. Do you know? I'm not sure. Yeah. Either. Does it say on the bottle? Maybe we can find. Just thinking it's not. It's, it's more kind of a yeah. spicy floral rather than a citrus. Spicy floral, a little earthy undertones, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not a big citrusy thing, which you might expect from a, you know, an American uh, beer. Challenger and Yakima Goldings. Oh, there you go. It does say on the style. bottle that it's the ultimate autumn beer. So we probably ought to score to 50. Shit. Well, don't look any farther for... <laughs> How do you judge that? Well, yeah. it's the ultimate one. What makes right. the ultimate autumn beer? So it's hopped towards English style. So beer. Leaves, leaves floating in it? Yeah. It's like an English brown, not American. Yeah. In a way. Ex- except that maybe uh, more hops than the English would use, yeah, but true. the right. English style. But well, style. because well, they, they don't call it an American brown. They call it an autumn brown. Right. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> right. They use malt within days of roasting at its peak of its flavor. Uh, and they're also calling on the bottle that it's it's the Sierra Nevada's take on a classic brown ale. Mm. So you know they're they're so they're not messing committing with a to American bit. brown. They're just two row pale crystal chocolate and smoked. There's well, that's some right. It's smoke got some smoke. Did we pick up the smoke? I didn't get it. I no. did. I forgot that it had that. I mean, now that now that now that we talked about it, well, I, I can get it. But I, you know, I thought maybe it was just uh, more of the dark grains necessarily coming through than yeah. than actual yeah. the like roast. smoke malt. Yeah, like the smoke. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It comes across as that kind of roasty element. But you can, yeah. Now, now that you mention it, I, you get a little, just a little, you know. And I, I kind of, I mean, I, I really like smoke malt, so I, I would like to see maybe five or ten percent more flavor from it. But it, it's almost borderline between: is it really there? Is it an off right. flavor? And that's prob- kind of thing. Probably intentional <laughs> they yeah. want to push it up just high enough so that it's a it's an element of the flavor and it's in balance in the background and it might be come back to you know part of that kind of kitchen sink thing where you're or maybe not muddledness but yeah. uh, kind of blending of flavors where a little bit of this and it has a little bit of that and it all it all works together and blends together like they nice have it skin find the heart of the beer is just hidden yeah. by too many things yeah they have, they have it listed as a hint 
of uh, mm-hmm. smoke. Well, but there's another there's another characteristic in here, and, and I'm not going to read it yet. But I, but it goes along this uh, this roasted flavor that that everybody's kind of picking up. Is that, can anyone kind of take another sip and and maybe try to hone in on the roasted flavor? And I wonder if anyone will pick up the descriptor that they've used. I get uh, like a I think cinnamon. I mean, I have one nostril down for the count, so <laughs> yeah. So you're too much blow. So I'm kind of out, but I, I get like cinnamon, kind of nutmeg, but more cinnamon. Okay, Brian, anything? am I in trouble if I don't call it out? Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. not at all. I, th- this actually, is a test for you. This is stuff that's fun for me because this yeah. is this is actually one of those descriptors that that either somebody's going to get or I think I'm going to say it and everyone's going to go, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like we were talking about in the beginning of this. Judging so. beer is, is like that. you know. You, 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 that's why when you're talking, you don't want to call out flavors that you're getting right away because you will influence people. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go way out on a limb and say Woody. <clears throat> okay. That's not the one on the bottle. You're but, an idiot, Scott. But when you point that out, I could get, I could taste a little wood in there. Uh, just a, It's a, more a, like a, almond. Like a bit. I would say not wood, but tannin. Necessarily, oh, yeah. like like you would get from a wine, where yeah. it kind of dries dries your the your mid pal your there you go. tongue out. And I'm just interpreting yeah. it as wood. Yeah, well, most, because mostly, you don't, yeah, because I don't know anything. Well, you're not wrong, but that you know, whatever. Keep on what you got. Strangely enough, um, the tail end like a like a wheat, like a loaf of wheat bread. Yeah, at the end of it for me. Yeah, you're, you're getting close. Uh, it's uh, there. You go. Uh, they they're describing it as toasted bread. Oh, nice. Yeah. I toasted, toasted bread, which I think, like I said, well, for me anyway, that kind of pinpoints the roasty flavors that we're getting because they're not like the kind of chalky or, or acrid roasty flavors to mm-hmm. me. They're the really kind of nice bready kind. Very soft. Yeah. Very well, elegant. you're talking about lighter toasted bread. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, toasted bread is what all crystal malts are. Right. Some are just toasted black as hell, like burnt toast. That's right. a good point you make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a general term. Yeah. We're extrapolating it to fit the beer, I think. But, yeah. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. It's yeah. not a rye or a pumpernickel, but it's a rich and wheat bread kind of. Yeah, that's a good descriptor. I really like that. Yeah, it's going to keep it in front of your mouth. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, wait till we rip you apart when we taste your beer. Oh, <laughs> I'm already ready for like it. Jerks. Yeah, you got that shit warming up? Oh, yeah, we're going to taste that good. All right, how about... Uh, <laughs> look at Chick Declare. How about mouthfeel on this beer? Um, I would say the mouthfeel, the body... You know, body is one element of mouthfeel. That is, uh, again, how how syrupy versus watery it is, and that uh, this is kind of a medium for beer. As far as beers go, it's it's um, it's not not super thick and chewy. It's it's not super light. It's maybe tending towards the medium light, but um, you know, it's it's full enough to support the beer that's here, and and it's good. Um, another element of mouthfeel can be warmth. If you have a beer that is um, uh, highly alcoholic, which we haven't had so far. You can actually feel the warmth of it as it goes down. That's sensed mainly in the back of your throat, and um, you know it's it's and down the down your <laughs> the the rest of the works there. You know it, 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 it yeah. burns a little bit, especially if you get a twelve percent or something, a big right. Russian Imperial Stout or something that has a lot of higher alcohols in it. Um, you can it can it can burn pretty substantially. Yeah, but you know you want to comment on it, even if it's not there. This one you would say you know no alcohol warmth detected or. Um, it's not really astringent. It's it's it, it is fair, slightly creamy. I would say, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just um, a little the, bit dextrous. The carbonation is medium to medium high. I would say it's, it's pushing up a little bit of a little bit of head still, and it's uh, you swirl it and it comes comes back. Sometimes you can tell by looking at it like that, and you, you just feel feel it in your mouth too. But yeah, yep. okay, all right. Uh, 
you probably got some overall impressions. Uh, what I I don't think the rest of us. Uh, JP could probably uh, throw down a score. In fact, I'd like you to throw down a score. Just you know, give a range, just like Brian did. What would your range be on this one? I think if I was judging it as an American brown, I don't know. I mean, the you read the label description, and they might it might be more of a specialty. But if we're just judging it as straight as an American brown. I'll, Oh, I, I, I like Tasty's American Brown a little better. <laughs> but, you know, Calibrating to the wrong to the, to the beer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not fair to this uh, beer. Actually. Yeah, no, but uh, I, I would I would in the overall impression I might say that uh, you know the the flavors come can come across just slightly muddled, but it's not unpleasant. It's a very smooth drinking, wonderful beer. I would I would also score this in the you know probably uh, forty three. Yeah. That's it's good. a solid, That's a good solid American brown, and it's got some interesting elements to keep it interesting, uh, keep it keep it in there. I might push up, uh, you know, you, you can afford to push up the the hop character in there a little bit, and you can afford to uh, push up some of the middle malts that I was talking about, uh, the, you know, the caramel, and it might. Uh, this one kind of really. Uh, another thing is the kind of aftertaste and the um, the the way the finish is like when you swallow it, it it finishes kind of semi dry and it just kind of goes away and. You know, for an American brownie, I like I like there to be a little bit of sweetness and and the hops there to balance it. Mm. Um, my personal preference is towards the hoppier side of American brown. I have to try to let that not color my impressions because it can be a very sweet it, and it generally is a, a pretty sweet, rich, malty beer. Yeah, the better ones are malt forward, actually. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Jipper, thirty-eight, thirty-eight. Yep, went right for it. Thirty-eight. Um, it it's good. I like it as a beer. Um, but I, you know, I think it's too, it's a little too aggressively bitter for me. Um, and then, um, it, it is very muddled in the, in the center. doesn't know what it wants to be yet. Okay. Um, and I think part of that might be the smoke malt. Um, it, it, like Brian said, you could bump up the middle malt a little bit, the specialty malt a little bit and kind of define the, the beer. And I think right now it straddles a, a, a few general descriptors in that category, um, and I wish it would just pick a direction and, and be and be that. Now they didn't label it as one specific style, maybe because they're smart and they're just calling it an autumn brown. It's just here's a brown ale. Yeah, right. this is what it is. And and from that regard, it's great. But we as judges and homebrewers Have need to. to quantify stuff and qualify it and, and and categorize it and shelve it away. So if we have to do that, I would put it American brown, and then I would I would give it a thirty eight. Okay, you know what? I might have been a little too high. Oh yeah. Based and on so, his description, you, yeah. you you'd go. You'd, I, I agree with you, JP, and I I think that uh, yeah, hell this yeah, is, this is for me maybe more of a forty forty one. It 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 pushes that envelope into an excellent American brown, but yeah, there it could could use some clarity and and. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. Obviously, they know what they're doing there. But uh, look yeah. at the yeah. big it's, it's brain on Jip. This is the this is JP's life goal realized. It's, it's hard take, to take people's happy feelings and just crush them a little bit. <laughs> no. just to reduce that score just a hair. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of the fun of judging. Is that, that yeah. at the end you discuss the beer with your group of judges and somebody could pick something up that you might have missed. Right. It happens there, all the time. There are certain people that can only taste uh, that cannot taste diacetyl, for example. And if somebody's getting just a big you know, butter bomb flavor, and and the other guy's not getting it, or girl. Um, you know, it, it. You have to be aware of your own limitations. If you can't taste diastol, you should know it. And um, you know, a certain percentage of the population, just due to genetics, cannot. So right, they don't have those flavor receptors, and uh, yeah, they're called retards. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Mute it. So you discuss and you, you adjust your score after you're done judging. And, and sometimes you'll usually you'll just leave it where it is. But if there's a wide variance, if if I judged it a 43 and JP gave it a 14, then we'd have some real discussing to do. Yeah. So you want to be within right. about usually seven points. The the competition organizer will dictate that. So, so we would and we would be totally fine. Five to seven is, yeah. is ideal. Yeah. We would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're running out of time to do this, so we're going to do Terrence's beer now. We're going to do it very quickly, oh, and uh, I think what we're going to do is just have Brian and JP uh, just kind of go down the sheet there quickly. Uh, we can, uh, the rest of us can talk about it as we're tasting it while they're doing their judging, if that's mm-hmm. okay with you guys, because we got to get to our next guest. We're going to be talking to the founder of uh, University Games today, and we're going to be playing uh, a little pub trivia. Here. Indeed, and I think we'll, maybe we'll get Andy Wood in on this yeah. uh, little pub trivia game. I'm He's stoked a, on it. If we, if we play for prizes, I'm going to kick everyone's ass because I'm real smart. <laughs> right. I know a lot of dumb shit. Yeah. Uh, well, good. Um, okay, so I've got your beer in front of me uh, here, Terrence, and JP and uh, Brian do too. Uh, so why don't you guys just kind of do your thing on it? Well, we uh, need to be provided some information, and the entrant would tell us. If it, is this a Category 23 beer that you're entering it as? Is it a specialty? Because I think that's what it was. But you would list the base style and any special ingredients that you've... Or a um, uh, spiced, so, herb spiced beer. Well, JP, why don't you help him out with that? Just, uh, so the, the, base malt, the base recipe would be a pale ale. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. American yeah. pale ale? Yeah. Okay. With uh, what, what else, what, uh, coffee? Yeah, yeah, coffee, cocoa nibs, and also mint. Sorry. Coffee. Mint. Mint. Coffee, mint. cocoa nibs, and mint. mint. Okay, cool. So wow. that is the category, would you say 23, the specialty? It would be a, a category 23, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it could also be a spice or vegetable, I That's guess. what I'm yeah. thinking, too. You could, so you could dual enter you this. You could enter it wow. as a 20, yeah. 21, 8. That aroma. Yeah. I know. Some coffee and some mint. I know. Lots of coffee, lots of mint. I like it. It's like a biting aroma. You know what? I want this for breakfast. That's, it that's smells, why I like it. And already it smells like a... chopped liver in here? Yeah, you are. <laughs> it smells like a like a Vietnamese roll, like with that like oh, super yeah. minty yeah. I get peanut that. sauce. What She's were like you? A, what was Beaver saying? She said breakfast. Before. She wants some in there. I just wasn't. Oh, she, <laughs> she wants, wants beer. She needs the beer. She yeah. needs it. I Terrence, mean, I actually don't think she wants any in there. <laughs> Terrence, f- fill her up. <laughs> Again, this is a specialty drink at your uh, your coffee shop here. This is a mint mocha. Yeah. Oh. Everything's in balance. It really does. Name. The mint is 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 clean and fresh, and it it does, it it pushes up a pleasant aroma. When I first got the beer, and I, I smelled it without knowing the base style or anything about the ingredients, it's like, wow. Right. <laughs> is this beer called Harry Wang Dong too? Like your baby? It is actually yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Harry Legendary Dong. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, actually, this beer was actually brewed um, with me and one of my buddies, um, and he is. I think this is like his third beer he's brewed. And so I said, let's brew a beer, and he went crazy with oh. what he wanted to do. So It's not the, yeah. it's not the uh, like Filipino it. kid in your band that smiles no, ridiculously it's not him. all the it's time, not is him. it? It's not him. It's my boy, Brent. Because I don't like yeah. that guy. He, he, just, <laughs> he sings in the band, and I wish you could see this, but he just you can He's almost hear man. it. Because he just sings with a smile on his face the whole time. It doesn't matter like what Ace the song Ventura. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the song is. It's a very sad song, but he's so happy to sing it He wants to be a Beatle. Yeah. yeah, hallelujah! <laughs> it's everything he sings. It's just his teeth. All of his teeth are showing. It, it's not that guy. Don't it's be not, jealous. It's not that guy. <laughs> when he gets off stage, he's a miserable. <laughs> there, there is such a guy. Uh, like, oh, there actually gotta, is. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love him. Yeah, Maybe man. he's a burn victim and he can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. Right. Yeah, might have when I see Botox. video of myself singing, I'm like, I'm usually like making weird faces and like concentrating <laughs> on playing the guitar. And, I, I prefer the weird faces than the. Uh, I'm just so happy to be up here singing to you. <laughs> 
It's just right. another okay. right. manic Monday. Whoa, whoa. He's <laughs> so happy. All okay. right, Brian, go ahead. So the, the, mint, the mint comes out the winter. I mean, the mint, the mint is fresh. It comes out right on top. The dry nibs are, are, are just underneath that, and it's, it's, it's a pleasant, uh, it's a pleasant uh, cocoa-y uh, presentation. In the aroma, I haven't gotten to the flavor yet. It's, it's the, the mint and the chocolate are there. I'm not getting as much of the coffee are you guys getting a lot of coffee character? I'm getting a lot oh, of yeah. coffee character. Yeah, I get it in the aroma. I haven't aroma. tasted it yet, but yeah, it's but not aroma, in the flavor. Yeah, flavor is something else dominating the beer. But that that coffee along with the the mint and and the sweet from the malt makes it it tastes like a like a Vietnamese roll with peanut sauce to me. And I'm going to say that again with some sprouts in there. And uh, mint is a phenolic kind of uh, a flavor, and that can be something that uh, that can be a little. Biting sometimes, and but it's coming across very smooth, and it, it's yeah, you know, you get the flavor too. But and by and by biting, also I, it could also come off as a flaw, right? Like if you didn't know it was mint, you, you it sometimes with a phenol like that, you could yeah. If they put it in there and they didn't, you know, specifically say mint. Well, a if, if you're an experienced taster, you should get the mint, mm-hmm. okay. the mint character okay. on this one. But uh, you know, some people, a less experienced judge might mistake it for a, a phenolic, yeah. like a a plasticky phenolic or a you know a medicinal medicinal phenolic can right. have kind of a mint like aroma to it no band um, but I, th- I think if it wasn't so prominent if it was backed off like fo- like 20% or 30% right. then you wouldn't know quite what it was and then I think you can start getting into the territory of off flavors but I think cuz it's so prominent you have you have no choice but to but to get that mint right yeah and it should be not not be a flaw cuz it's 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 in there and I don't I don't I don't get any other Phenolics that aren't supposed to be there. Yeah. It's, it's a minty. So, what are we looking for, Happy Brian? In, in in when you're judging a specialty beer, you look for the 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 base beer up front, or or how does that work in in layers? I really key in on the balance of the beer, and I mean the the you should be able to get the the style of the beer. It should come across as an American pale ale, and it mm-hmm. should also have uh, kind of an equal portion, you know, just the right amount of elements. And one thing that is tricky is to it's it's easy to over spice a beer if you use just too much of a mint or too much of a you know a ginger or something in a beer and just <laughs> yeah it, it can just push right out to the you know over the top or if it's not fresh spices you know and it could be kind of muddled tasting or, or even oxidized spice taste but this is fresh this is really cool but the thing i'd say in the aroma so far is i'm not i'm not really getting it's kind of covering up the hops a little bit with all the different flavors that are going on so as American Pale Ale as the declared as the base style, I want to I want to see some you know citrusy American hops in there, and and get that and it's yeah there's almost no it's hard to get it I don't I don't get it really yeah it's, there's no bitterness either I mean there's there's some but I think it's from the from the coffee and the mint maybe yeah, more there's a, yeah there's some sourness to mm. the coffee yeah so to me the this beer the the spice character is coming through nicely the chocolate is is pleasant. Um, but it's yeah, it's a little, it's muddling up the base style a little bit, and that <laughs> it's not really, uh, not not really coming through to me as a as a pale ale, an American pale ale. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, it's almost, uh, you know, it's 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 dark enough that you could almost call it a light amber or something. But I don't know. It's it's there's also a little bit of haze in here in the glass, and a little you know, bit. 
<laughs> American pale ale. That's pretty cloudy as fuck on the tasty side. That is. That is. <laughs> What's, what are these chunks floating in? Oh, I'm just kidding. There's no, no, no chunks. chunks. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, no chunks. magnification. They're All right. I'm going to let you guys uh, kind of finish up your score here mm-hmm. and just talk to Terrence real quickly. Uh, so you brewed this on the, the Brewing Network's More Beer uh, 1550? Yeah, the 1550, yeah. And, and Great system. Was it your first all-grain batch you did on that? It was actually my second one. Your second? Yeah, the first one was actually the... Uh, a clone of uh, Janet's Brown. Oh, that nice! Got kicked in a night when I have some friends over. Okay, yeah. and all in one. Did all you in did one you night. do a full ten gallon bag? I did a five gallon on that. Okay, yeah, got kicked in one night. It What's with the five gallons? You got a big system there. No, I know, but I I wasn't sure. I didn't want to do too much and have it be horrible because I'm I like I, I'm a you know brand new home brewer. So yeah, yeah. okay. All right. Well, it's interesting that you had friends over. I don't remember drinking that. Do you remember drinking no, that? No, I don't remember getting that yeah. advice. Well, Scott, do you remember friends. drinking that? Wow. Yeah. I don't. Uh, uh, the beer uh, I'm rejecting the recipe unless I get some. Yeah, I don't no, think Tasty not. got invited. Uh, that's yeah. a weird thing. Okay, Bevo, well, did you get invited get to Probably. No. <laughs> oh, bitch. Uh, okay, how do you like the the fifteen? Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. Going from Igloo to 1550 is it's treating you well. It's amazing. It actually, it really is. I liked my Igloo quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I did, fuck making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did, uh, but yeah, the 1550, uh, you know, it's definitely kind of a Cadillac mm-hmm. compared to the Igloo. The Igloo's more of like a like a Kia, for example. Yes. Uh, yes. And then the, the 1550's like a Cadillac. It's amazing. And it's actually, um, like, people walk by the house, and they stop, and they either say, are you, well, black people are like, you cooking turkey in that? <laughs> and then all the white people are like... <laughs> Oh, All the white people are like, me. what kind of beer are you brewing? Oh, and like, yeah. I have people just stop and just watch me brew. It's pretty right. awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah, those are cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, they're still looking to pick up their hops from a couple years oh, ago. Yeah. yeah, when you add the Sudafed, that's what they want to know. Oh, no serial number on this thing. How did you file it off so clean? <laughs> and now uh, you have um, my slash Jamil's conical too, right? Yeah, I haven't gotten it up and running yet. Oh. Yeah. Well, what do you still, mean? It's all there. Get it, get it on. Um, I have... To, I need money to actually get all the parts that are still left. That's bullshit. What parts? Whoa, there's whoa. nothing missing. Yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple yeah. things missing. Yeah. What's missing? I for, I think the gasket was yeah. missing, and then yeah. a couple clamps were missing. Oh, you don't have to buy this stuff. That, that just means I told you that whatever's not there, Chad has. Because it came no, from Chad's I, place. I, I, I went to Chad's house, too, and he didn't have it. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, I still have uh, Chris Graham's conical. We'll just poach it off of his, uh, and, then I'll, and then I'll give his back to him. Like, I don't know. That's oh, how you gave it to me, I come with the gas. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got everybody's conical <laughs> hanging around. Sounds uh, good. So you're uh, fermenting in carboys, then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And are you temp uh, controlling this beer? I, I really can't. I have a, uh, a freezer. <laughs> I haven't gotten the new controller for it, so it's actually my um, the back of my closet. Yeah. Yeah, that's we all start yeah. that way. It's all right, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. These guys could speak to it better than me, but I don't necessarily taste fermentation flaws in this. So it might have been semi consistent, uh, at least. All right, guys, give us a score on his beer, would you? I'm gonna let Brian go first. <laughs> I no, would. No, go ahead. I'll give it a twenty nine. I think it's a uh, it's which is at the if you look at the scoring guy on the bottom left of the mm. BGSP score seat. Brian's score afraid sheet, of you, Terrence. Yeah. You can say Seems much too high. <laughs> this is the high end of the good scale. It's a fifty, which is uh, you know misses the mark on style mm-hmm. and or minor flaws. But I, I don't get any flaws in it, and I I really like the uh, the mint mocha character. I just think that it it buries the base style, and it's probably a well brewed American pale ale. But I would suggest you know maybe maybe the next time trying it with a uh, a, um, you know, an English brown ale or something completely different yeah. that has a a malty component that would would better accent these the spices and the 
uh, the chocolate and the coffee okay. without overpowering that. You know, it's you got to do a balancing act. But it's it's an interesting idea, and I don't know that I personally would have chose to brew an American Pale Ale with these particular spices in it. But it, it's well crafted and it's well done, and and I think it's it's tasty beer. I, I in a way, I'm not sure what you know what to make of it in a little bit in a little way because it's yeah I'm not I'm not getting that American Pale Ale, but okay yeah. the cloudiness you could uh, you know use some fines and clear it up a little right. bit, and there right. might be. You know the yeast flavor that's in there might be muddling things a little bit, and if it dropped out and you and you pushed up the hops, you could make it work as an American Pale Ale. Um, push up the hop bitterness just a little bit, push up the the late hopping, and you might have to do extra what you would do. I mean, you can't just you have to adjust your to your recipe. If you want to do an American Pale Ale, you you, you might you know with everything else that's going on here, you might need to push that up just a little bit more. Okay. It's it's a it's a good beer. It's a all right. Drinkable and so a, a cool a, idea. A fearful twenty nine from uh, Brian. Uh, JP, what do you think? Brian, don't worry, your wallet's safe. Um, <laughs> I I give it a twenty five. Okay, I give it a twenty five. Uh, I agree with a lot of what Brian had to say. It doesn't taste like a pale ale so much. Um, I do get uh, some kind of tartness, uh, or uh, not necessarily sourness, but like a, a but a tart. And I and I don't know. If it's from the mint or, or whatever, I would like to see um, maybe more nibs. And you could probably, even I mean, if, if you're going for a mint mocha kind of style, I'd like to see more chocolate somewhere, somehow. Um, like Brian said, you could. I think you can come up on the base malt a little bit, make a little more malty, get some sweet balance to that, uh, a little more hops to be a little, you know, a little more aggressive. Get a really nice pale ale recipe as a base and experiment with that. Uh, the mint throws me off i've never had something like that it's not horrible um it's very interesting and i would need to i I think that the the dry minting or however you did it was was fine it was an appropriate amount i wouldn't go any more than that and any less would be kind of weird so i think you're dialed in right there maybe more chocolate bump up the base recipe a little bit and i think of a real good beer Bump yeah. up that bass, T-Bone. Oh, bass, homie? <laughs> what? Yeah, the mint is on the top, definitely. Yeah. That's the one thing that you could if you were going to back anything off. And as far as any minor flaws go, I mean, just the clarity would be the one thing. But, you know, it's that's not, I'm not that's in appearance, which is three points, and that's not going to knock it down far. And I'm not getting flavor components from that that is awful. I don't, I don't really get any sourness myself, but... All right, well, everybody gets a certificate, Terrence, and you to come home with a, with a certificate. Get a nice little trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, thank you for sharing the beer with us. I wanted a homebrew component here, and uh, I wanted to hear how the, our 1550 is doing uh, there, too. Uh, where do you live? Are you in Compton still? Uh, is the 1550 safe? <laughs> it's City no, it's of. Safe. We're actually in uh, Pinole now. Montenegro? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> We've gone up. So. The Compton of Northern Recently. California. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to uh, do a little pub trivia with the founder of University Games. Uh, so we're going to have a good time. Uh, we're going to have Andy Wood play, and uh, I think the rest of us are going to play too. And uh, we'll be right back. It's the session. Hang in there. Listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. We're 
Where can you still find 795 Nationwide Shipping, a friendly, knowledgeable staff, and all of the stuff to brew for less? Homebrew Stuff. <laughs> Isn't the homebrew stuff a sexual maneuver? Homebrew Stuff is the largest homebrew supplier in the Northwest and can be found in Garden City, Idaho, and online at homebrewstuff.com. Equipment and ingredients for brewing beer and wine, soda and liquors, books, instructional DVDs, beginner kits, and a great selection of grain and hops. Homebrew Stuff also has dozens of free videos online to help make brewing easier. Visit homebrewstuff.com now for the best prices with their match or beat guarantee. BN Army members can take 10% off their first order with the coupon code BNARMY. Kegs, regulators, faucets, towers, carboys, conicals, barrels, you name it. Get your homebrew stuff for less at homebrewstuff.com. Homebrew stuff, (laughs) not a sexual maneuver. Just the best prices and great service on all the stuff you need. Homebrewstuff.com. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alphas. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore. We will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power. Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Enjoy a pint? Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events 
events, recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And HopTech not only carries Y-Yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com.
makes me your 100 grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your cola won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. All right, thanks for sticking with us, and welcome back to the program. I want to thank uh, Brian Cooper for spending some time with us. And the music you just heard at the break there was from Brian's band, Wish Inflicted, and their new album's out, uh, When Something Burns This Bright. I just played you a uh, track, A Cold Rain. And uh, we might have time to play... Uh, you know, we've played his song before. He's got a beer song. Him yeah. and his, uh, It's you and your brother, right, Brother Brian? Jimmy and I, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we hey, played it a, a couple years ago. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll try to sneak that in a little bit yeah, later, we, too. We debuted it at uh, NHC uh, 2010, and uh, yeah, it was... In Minneapolis, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, where can people buy the album? Just if anyone uh, wants to grab it. Wish Inflicted uh, is on uh, iTunes, and uh, or you can go on our website, wishinflicted.com, and there you go. Get a couple free tracks for signing up for our mailing list if you're local here. <laughs> Perfect. So my support a home brewer band. Yeah, my band. Uh, we were going to release an album called When It Burns This Bright. Uh, seek penicillin. Yeah, <laughs> but they put out a complete album first, and so we licensed the name to them. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah, I mean, I, you guys Thanks. probably weren't going to get it out anytime soon, anyway. Well, it takes a while, but you know, we were we're working on it. We got the second song mixed down. Right. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we've got uh, Bob Moog uh, in the studio with us today. Am I getting that right, Bob? You got it right. All right, and Bob Moog is with uh, University Games. Uh, now, University Games is is what? It's a, a board game company. Is that accurate? We, we started out, we, we started, I'm a little older than you guys, we started April Fool's Day, 1982. Okay. And we started doing board games, and then we've expanded, and now we, we do, you know those glow-in-the-dark stars that people stick on the Yeah. Screen? Yeah. We're the world leaders in that. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, we own the Color Forms company, we have a puzzle company, we have a little bit of a book publishing business, but board games is our main thing. That's what we really like to do. Color Forms, like, sh- like Shrinky Dinks? Yeah. Yeah. I you love those things. things. Can, I, can I get a custom Color Forms made? I, I was trying to you, get some You tasties. can have a custom one made. Can you? Do, yeah. Okay, good. Let me guess what it's going to be. <laughs> That stupid little character. You, it's yeah. a good image of himself. I love uh, it. You okay. might be. You might be. I want to put it on a beer glass. It'd go pretty well on a beer glass. Uh, right? Color forms will stick on any beer glass. Yeah. See. Wow. Very nice. Now uh, we're going to play a game tonight. One of University Games games called uh, Pub Trivia. But um, you have other games as well. And in fact, um, it seems like a, a difficult market place for you to be competing with with uh, i mean there's some major players in games aren't they yeah it, well there's two things that make board games really difficult one is that we're competing against hasbro and mattel okay and they're each multi-billion dollar corporations and hasbro over the years has bought every almost every single game that we all played growing up so oh. you know they they own scrabble they own yahtzee they own candyland shoots and ladders cranium it, pretty wow. much everything pictionary trivial pursuit and they've done something like 14 acquisitions in board games in the last 30 years. So that's one problem. And the other problem is a, a lot of people are, are now starting to spend all their time on uh, iPhones, iPads, you know, cellular devices. And so they're not playing board games anymore. So the combination of gigantic competitors and people not playing board games is a little bit of a market problem. Right. Yeah. So um, now I, I'm going to put words into your mouth. So, so just 
you know, bear with me for a second. You're a fan of hurricanes, for example, because when the power goes out, people pick out their board yes. games. Yeah. I love hurricanes. <laughs> I, I love economic recession. I love, I love that. Right. Snowstorms in winter are wonderful in the Midwest. Yeah, you're not afraid um, to say it. No, rain, rainstorms, tropical rainstorms in Hawaii. I mean, we do a lot of marketing via the weather map. Oh, really? Yeah, we look and see where there's going to be bad weather, and we know that's where we want to do you know special deals. That's amazing. Yeah. So you hate Al Gore because he's warning everyone about global warming. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Don't Gore- tell them. They can stop it. We're trying to. We send Al Gore's family a lot of games, and we try to <laughs> try to get them to understand the natural economic and ecological balance between global warming and us being successful. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that'll be in the next uh, documentary about yeah. Al Gore. I'm sure. Well, of it. hey, he's making millions on global warming. So can you? Right, <laughs> of course. All right. So uh, tell us about. Pub trivia. I know we're going to play tonight. Um, uh, what was the impetus for this game? Well, this this is really kind of an exciting story. Um, uh, it's exciting to me. We, we'll see if it's exciting <laughs> to you. Right. Um, Wildly boring. boring there, we have an we have an Australian subsidiary, and um, the guy who runs it is a guy named John Herbert. And I was down visiting them a couple years ago, and he said, um, "I think we should do. You know, we should go out and have a beer." And I said, "Okay, where do you want to go?" We went to a local pub in, outside Sydney, Australia. And they were having a pub trivia night. And for people who don't know, there are about two or 3,000 different bars and restaurants in America that on off nights, mm-hmm. on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, will have these pub trivias where, yeah. where you can play. So they were doing one in Australia. And afterwards, he said, I'm going to do a game on this. And I said, um, okay, can I help you invent it? And so together, we invented this home version of a pub trivia night. Nice. And the way it, the, the, what makes it great what make, is that most trivia games particularly Trivial Pursuit, are very intimidating. And you've got maybe 20% of the population who really think that they know everything, and they love playing it. And you have 80% of the population that doesn't even want to be around them when they're playing it because Mm. they're so obnoxious. (laughs) Or the other 80% feel intimidated or stupid if they don't know the answer. Yeah. In pub trivia, it's all done in teams, and drinking is encouraged. So the combination of the drinking and the teams makes it accessible to almost anybody. Sure. Okay. And the idea here is that you play in teams, and if you don't know the answer to a question, there's 10 questions per round. There's five rounds in a total game. If you don't know one question in one category, you'll know the next one. And then we did another thing that's unusual in, in these kind of games is we thought about different types of learning styles. You know, and you guys, you guys probably know about this. There's visual learners and there's Seven kinesthetic learners yeah. and there's, and there's um, auditory learners. And we designed this. And then there's Scott. <laughs> we Who just knows it all of just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whole language learners. Right. So, so what we did is we, we designed this so that um, the different questions actually uh, are addressing oh. different learning styles. So there's some question, like one question on every card, the answer is a decade. Okay. So if you have a learning style where you don't have a good memory, you can guess a decade and you, you might get it right. right. One out of um, ten. One like out multiple out of ten. choice kind of deal. Right. Yeah. There's, another, there's another one, question number ten on every one of these is a drawing. So people who are good at drawing can play, even okay. if they don't know any of the trivia. So we've really tried to do it so that even if you think you don't know any trivia at all, if you play this game in the in the fifty questions, ten per round, five rounds, there's going to be something that you know. That's a I good like idea. It. Yeah. Now, so, does does beer come with the game? Is it in the package, uh, or do we've we have got to add water? We you, we have we do have beer in the game. You just have to add beer. I see. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's not just add water. I'm sure we can all bring our own. Should come beer. with some tasting glasses just for fun. <laughs> 
That yeah. actually is a really good idea. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll give do you mind if free. I do that? Go right I'll ahead. give you the custom color. Just call them tasty <laughs> oh, tasting glasses. No, I'll, if you'll <laughs> send my logo, we'll get it done. That sounds oh, good. Right. We'll put the glasses in, and I'll give for the idea. You get the free color forms. Oh, oh there you great. go. Oh, and sales ones. everywhere plummet. That's nice. perfect. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we will monitor the sales. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this agreement is very fluid. So. <laughs> What do we have to do now? It looks to me, uh, I'm not going to play it, and Bob is going to be the host. Uh, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Do we have eight people in here? Yeah, we should I, do three teams. Three teams, okay. Three teams. Okay. Someone can be on my team. I'm lonely. Yeah, okay, some, so, Two people got to join JP over so, there. All right. So JP yeah. is right here. He's one team. And do you guys both have... Um, so you guys all have, yeah. The, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the yeah, first just, thing, guys, you have to do is so right, come up with a Join team in. name. Okay. Come up with a team name. Yeah, done and done. And we're going to do round one. And what I've done so that people listening can get a feel for the Those entire game, one of our categories is called Anything Goes. Okay. So we're going to do the Anything Goes category, which will combine uh, sports and entertainment and literature and science nature okay good all right that'll be good for us all right oh the first question it turns out is a question about liquid oh perfect okay. well do, now so what are our teams here we have uh bevo and moskowitz and then terrence who's not paying any attention at, at all and tasty and uh andy wood and then we've got brian and kim wood and jp okay uh, let's should we get our team names let's get the team names and find out who, who's competing tonight so we'll start with with you guys what's your team name we are team winner Team winner. That is correct. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. That's a good name. And how about you guys? Do you have a team name? Yeah, we are the Cheesemakers What Make Cheese from Boner Cheese. Oh, good. It's good Great. to have short names, so I, I love that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, perfect. Can we just call you Cheese Whiz? Um, <laughs> no. You want the whole name. Right. Yeah. Well, no, Cheese Whiz will be fine. How about Boner Cheesemakers? Boner Cheesemakers. Yeah, right. Boner okay. Cheesemakers. That's a good Although, one. I, I, I already protest. Okay. Uh, Andy Wood, okay. your team name? Hi, guys. Um, we are Cock Juice. <laughs> Bob, did... Is my- that J-U-I-C-E or J-E-W-S? J-E-W-S. Okay. I think it's J-E-W-Z. Okay. So this is, this is an all-ages game then, right? Cock Juice. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this is an all-ages right. game. Right. I hope that, uh, that Moscow you- uh, warned you about our audience. I, he Bob. didn't warn I me, but no are, you, are you circumcised Cock Juice? Yeah. Are you- Absolutely. <laughs> right. Okay, so yeah. way to go. That's redundant, Bob. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. This is also going to be awkward when they broadcast it in the day ward tomorrow, but <laughs> right. all of our listeners are uh, committed mental patients. Okay. Oh, by the way, I just want to point out quickly, as I can see through the glass door, that there's a baby at the top of the stairs. <laughs> and, Is it Abby? And Is I, Abby here? Yeah, and, but I don't see an adult. There's no adult supervision. There's just a baby at yeah. the top of a flight of stairs. Pivo, uh, what is going on uh, with your family? Sam is with her. That's okay. Abby. That's no. a version of an adult. Let's open that door. <laughs> it's real stuffy in Abby here. Abby made it friends. Yeah. Okay. She rolled to the top of the stairs. <laughs> okay, so we, we, we time is wasting. We must get moving. Yeah, what do we have first? We have the winner team. We have the bone cheese makers. Yes. And we have the cock Jews. Yes. And cock Jews. Cock Jews. Excuse me there. Cock Jews. No, you said and that. question number one. All okay. you do is you guys consult with your team. Don't let the other teams hear. And write down your answer, okay? Do you all have paper? And Everybody ready? Yeah, we're good. And, okay. w- and people at home can also play. Get a piece of paper, number it 1 through 10. And is Abby going to join winner? Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay, Abby's playing. Yeah. What liquid is known as Adam's Ale? Adam's Ale. Okay, so they'll write that so down. So now they're going to work on that, and you yeah. and I are going to talk. Yeah, I want to know a little bit more about this. Uh, how long has Pub Trivia been out now? We introduced Pub Trivia in Australia 
uh, in January, and we introduced it here in the U.S. in August. Okay. So pretty recently. And you say that you do marketing. Uh, of course, I was joking about natural disasters and things like that. But but because board games are somewhat under, under the radar, you must have to get kind of creative to figure out how to put these out there. Yeah, it it... it we're competing against big companies that do TV advertising. And so what we do is we try to come up with themes that we can promote in some way. And one of the things great about Pub Trivia is we can promote it through microbreweries and through shows like this. And we're right oh, yeah. now in the process of trying to uh, create a national network of, of smaller breweries. You know, people like um, like Lagunitas, oh, yeah. Boulder, or Boulder Brewing, and Brooklyn Beer, those kind of people. Nice. And see if we can put something together and we can do some... Um, in-bar promotions with them. Okay. Yeah, so we do that kind of stuff. And I do a lot of radio interviews. Oh, great. Let people know about it. Well, because it's still part of our like our national fabric. So I can imagine that people want to hear about the, the history of a game company. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. You, you, you'll see signs and you don't see things that say like toys and action figures, but toys and games go together. Right. America, America's our big game players. It's uh, We're the second... Third per capita um, consumption of board games still. Okay. Um, after Germany and Japan. Oh right. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I I've known some Germans and they're yeah, they're, they're fond really of their into games. It. They, and they're <laughs> very competitive. Are you guys ready for question number two? Uh, okay. Yes, we are, Bob. Okay, here we go. Which fairy tale character slept for twenty years? Which fairy tale character slept for twenty years? Come on, you jerks know this one. You can get that one. <laughs> Fairy tale is a little misleading, but which character? Fictional character. Fictional character. All right. Now, what was the uh, the first game that you guys came out with? Well, in company? 1985, the first thing I did was called Murder Mystery Party, and that's where you invite people to your house and you try to solve a murder in an evening with friends, and it was based on, just as this is based on what's going on in bars, that was based on Murder Mystery Weekends and Murder Mystery Trains that okay. went on in the 80s. Justin loves Murder Mystery, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. I went to, you know, these, uh, I got suckered into this New Year's Eve Murder Mystery Twice. Party. Twice. Oh, it was the worst thing ever. Uh, but only because the, it just, the, the people went on and on and on, and they wouldn't answer any questions. Yeah. How do you get any clues? Yeah, it's got to be structured. Yeah, it's got to be structured. But our, I think if you do one of ours, you would like it, because there's a menu that comes with it. tells okay. you what, to, what kind of beverage to serve and the meal to uh-huh. cook. And we did that. We started the company with that. We started the company with $20,000. In the first year, we had about 300000 in revenue. Wow. Selling murder mystery parties. And then wow. that kind of got us going from there. Dude, we, GP, we screwed up. We could totally write beer-themed murder mysteries and do, like, <laughs> beer pairings and shit like oh, that. yeah. I'm telling you. We should pair up with Bob. Let's do it. Oh, Are you guys ready? Yeah, we're ready. Yes. Right. You guys ready for the next question? Yes. Okay. What color flag... This, I think some of you will know. What color flag is the signal for surrender? Surrender. What color flag? We don't even have to interview in between that. JP surrenders on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he's ready for this. I should, one. Teach, I should All right, teach next question. my girlfriend's All right. butt this, this number question. Number four, JP. What is the name for a soup or stew thickened with okra pods and often served with rice? Okay. All right. Now the cock juice are going very quickly to their answer. I'm done. Are they? We're ready to go. Cock juice is what makes cheese I got cheese are ready to go. Let's go on then. I wow. got cock juice yeah. to the left. I got the cheese boner cheese to the right. This yeah. is wonderful. Surrounded yeah, by welcome cock to the brewing know, network, exactly. Bob. Okay, <laughs> question question number five. In in insurance, this is a. I'm not going to give you that one. That's a bad question. Bring it. Come on. Let's go. No, I'm going to give you a better one. Who plays Weatherman Phil Connors in Groundhog Day? Oh! 
Oh, <laughs> Sammy. That's my man. I'm my both. Jam. I'm a celebrity oh, in an emergency. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like we can move on from that one, okay, too. Okay, number yeah. six. What? Yes, you're right. Phil? Okay, this one has four Phil, answers, and you can get one point for each answer. Wait, how many right. answers does it have? It, this one has four, four. Answers, four answers, and you get one point oh, for no, each shit, answer. It's all labeled. Very clever. I like this one. Nice. What are the four most common nicknames for the name Robert? Oh. Four most common nicknames. So now, JP was heart. just saying that his uh, you you actually the, they're not just writing on blank pieces of paper. You have this kind of outline for them. Yes, we've got a score pad. Oh, the I te- see. The technical name in game in game world is score pad. I see. Makes it kind of easy. To yeah. Do. Before I was doing games, I was actually in the beer industry. Ironically. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I worked. I worked. Uh, for uh, Henry Weinhardt, Blitz Weinhardt Brewery up in Portland, Oregon. Oh, yeah. Henry Weinhardt. Yeah, Henry Weinhardt. Uh, I was we, the brand manager for Henry Weinhardt. We've interviewed, um, well, I guess they were the children of the Henry Weinhardt who have now moved on to another. Minot Wessinger? Yeah. You, yeah, Minot's a yeah. friend of mine. Yeah, I knew him when uh, he was we're in done, college. By the way. Yeah. Okay. Question number seven Which famous American comedian said on the occasion of his 100th birthday, I know it already. I'm. <laughs> No, you don't. Sorry. Nice try, Smarty Pants. I'm so old that they've canceled my blood type. Yeah. I'm so old they've canceled my blood type. Everybody, I think, uh, thinks they know that one, right. except for Bevo, but that's because Bevo doesn't pay attention to anything, it, it, ever. Oh, she's on like, team Cock Jews have got it. Do they? Cock Jews have them? We do. Okay. They always have. Number eight. In which decade did the movie Casablanca premiere? So I need the decade. Then if you know the exact year, you get bonus yeah. points. Oh, nice. Very nice. Now, does University Games, you, you kind of mentioned acquisitions from the other companies. Uh-huh. Are you guys more involved with, with creating games than, than acquisitions? Yes. We, we create mostly. My, I started out being a game inventor, so I really like creating the games. And we, we wrote all these questions at our company, and we've proofed them all. Occasionally, we'll get a game from an outside inventor or submission but we our staff really likes doing it themselves okay so we, we create a lot of things so were you just uh, even as you were working in the beer industry and, and other jobs you you've always been into games since you're a kid or i i'm the, i yeah i played a lot of games i loved clue and stratego when i was a kid okay are you guys ready for the next one no yep. wait Cock juice. ready okay decade right, decade gonna, and exact go. year for casablanca right, okay we're gonna do it question number nine Number nine. In jewelry, number nine is always a number in, in pub <coughs> trivia. So, again, some of these are different types of questions for different types of learning styles. In jewelry, how many carats in pure gold? How many carats in pure gold? Oh, oh they're going to have to think about Let's that one. Yeah. Now, we have a sponsor, a uh, longtime sponsor and good friends of mine, mm-hmm. uh, the White, Whites. Uh, they run White Labs Yeast Company, mm-hmm. which supplies yeast for a lot of breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, they're board game fanatics. And uh, in their house, they, they, they just go around collecting. People don't know. I, don't, I hope they're not mad at me saying this about them. They're board game fanatics, and they have old-style board games really? everywhere. And they eventually invented uh, their own board game called the Brewmaster, which you could buy through whitelabs.com. I would love to get in touch with them because okay. I'm real interested in people who like board games and working with them in different things. Their yeah, game they is love rad. Do you like Brewmaster? I do. Yeah, yeah. Push is uh, one, of our, uh, one of our friends. He plays Brewmaster with his kids. Nice. Like seven years old, eight years old. They love it. You can never start. You yeah. can never start too young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Making beer. All right, you guys ready for number ten? Hell yeah! Oh, one one other one other thing about this game, I should point out, Scott. You're going to want to know this. In this game, when you play pub trivia, whoever turns in their 
scorecard to the host first gets a bonus point. Hell yeah. Okay. okay. So nice. here is your here, here is your final question. So this is a fast drawing competition. This is question, yeah, so there's drawing involved. So get the, the best drawer or illustrator for your team ready to go. Draw a penny-farthing bicycle. Oh. A penny-farthing bicycle. So if you have anybody who, from England on any of the teams, that would probably help because yeah. that's where they come from. Take oh, wait, that. Wait, wait, I, know, I know what it is. You bunch of tubby oh, know it all. One point. Wow, Moskowitz one, okay. threw it in quick. Yeah. What uh, happened to Art? Andy Wood came in second, and then JP uh, third. How did you draw? How did you draw it so fast? We know it was like two, three seconds. Two oh, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now I assume the host of the game has to go through and tally the scores. Now I do some score tallying right yeah. now. Okay. And we'll see how they do. I'll give you. I'll give you odds on boner cheese makers that cheese that makes the boners um, happen uh, would win. You think you guys you got it dialed in? Kim well, Wood? I got the I got the yeah. two best uh, players on the in the universe okay. up here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have cock juice, <laughs> which is what we have. I gotta say, right? I could see all of us idiots playing this game at home. I think we'd have a good time with pub trivia. I, I think, think so we too. Have, uh, I think we should make it. So, a what's segment. the? When do we drink? I didn't get the drinking. Thing you didn't yet. get the drink yet. No, drink what's that time? about? Uh, well, we'd have to maybe add some drinking rules to yeah. our version. Oh, I see. Yeah, nice. Brian, well, maybe. Uh, yeah. you know, Tasty, if you haven't been drinking, you've been doing it wrong, dude. How about uh, every time JP says something stupid, we would drink? <laughs> I am loaded. I actually say a lot of smart things. <laughs> well, we wouldn't I, pay attention to those. I got to say, I do know that uh, JP uh, it is full of useless knowledge. And, uh, I do. I do know things. Although Moskowitz is such a fierce competitor... Uh, I've I've kind of canceled out the the tasty black guy dumb guy team. <laughs> <laughs> you fool! You don't even know the power of the black white. Black, well, white Scott, we got just, good answers. Scott's good at convincing you that he knows the answer, right. but he doesn't always know the answer. That's true. Right. I either know it or I don't. JP, it's, a <laughs> it's either true or not true. It's it's a fact. Either it happened or didn't. I'm, I'm going to do something I don't do very often as a host. I'm going pay to everybody. Give, I'm oh. going to give the cheese makers. What make cheese from boner, boner cheese. cheeses? Disqualify a, a bonus point. Bonus point. for a wrong answer. I very rarely do this. Oh, what? The was... question: What liquid is known as Adam's apple? They came up with the answer: semen, and they deserve a bonus <laughs> point for that. Wait a minute! I'm taking back my prediction. It's called entirely. a boner point. They got extra point. points. Oh, they lost the point, but they got. You're a allowed yeah. to do that if you're the host. Yeah, I was going to say the host yeah. has just point discretion, just whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yes, Moscow's crying fall nights. We make we make recommendations. That was every one of our answers. We crossed out semen and then put the right yeah, answer. Yeah, we knew the funny answer. <laughs> you pre-filled Hello. it before he even. Started. We didn't know about the bonus no. thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's how we roll. Welcome to my world. Bob. We're funnier than them, aren't we? Yeah. Cock juice? Are you kidding? Cock juice. Well, this, right. this final scoring is quite amazing. It's it's the opposite of what I would have expected. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm and curious about who that. Who would you have yeah. thought had won? Well, now that I hear the bonus answer bonus that answer. you gave them. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm, we win. I'm back to Tasty, <laughs> Terrence, well, 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 well. and Andy. We what? bonus points. I know, but... We have uh, a girl. We, we. But we have a black guy. <laughs> we don't have a girl. <laughs> Bing, bang. All right. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Let's do it. In third place, after one round, normally we would play five rounds, but okay. in third place after one round, winner with 20 points. Yes! Third place! Wow. Third place. Yeah. In, in second place in pub trivia, the board game, with 21 points. So Let me make sure I added them correctly. Sorry, guys. Four, sorry, eight, guys. Just, Just keep adding in your head, because no, it's going to be the 21 same. 21 points, cock juice. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. And so, 
somehow, somehow, it was that boner point. Somehow I can't explain it, but the the cheese whiz boner guys won with 24 points. 24 points. Now let me give you the answers. Let me give you the answers. We have four more rounds. Two out of three. Let me let me give you the answers. The first question: It was not semen. It is water. Okay. Adam Zale is water. That is the second one. Potato potato. The person who um slept for 20 years was Rip Van Winkle. Oh. And they got it right. Oh. Wait, wait. <laughs> Someone uh, put Terry Shivo? Yes. Come on. Oh. <laughs> is that what you put, what? Andy? No. Oh, that's what Moskowitz put. And what did you put, like Andy? Months. Rumpelstiltskin, Rumpel which is Stiltskin. the correct answer. Yeah, it, it's the correct answer if you're thinking about um, something else. Something else. Yeah, something else. Something else. Some other Terry Spinning gold. If you think about spinning gold. Right. White was the cover of the surrender flag. Everyone got that right. Okay. Um, you guys, with a little bit of help from your teammates, got gumbo correctly. Booyah, because we got, got black guys. Unfortunately, the other two teams also got it correctly. Uh, um, uh, Bill Murray, you all three got. Then people had trouble with the nicknames for Robert. Uh. Bob is correct. Yes. Rob is correct. Of course. Bobby is correct. Oh. But Bert, you missed. Oh, oh. Bert. Bert is alive. Oh. Wait. Bert. Well, I asked oh. you, do you know when you go, oh, no. Bevo, Bevo apparently said Bert. I wouldn't have gotten Bert either. Oh, I wouldn't have gotten Bert. Bevo I definitely wrote Bert, Bert, but you read it as Robbie. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Kim, Kim so. knew it, and I asked her if she was sure, and she goes, no. Oh. So Bevo said it, but I thought Bert was its own name. I had no idea it was so short or a nickname. Rob Bert. Oh, oh, well, good call. Yeah. George Burns is the one who said. Um, I knew that one. We had that. Yeah. Casablanca was the 1940s. Came out in 1942. Mm. Who got that right? That's only JP. Okay, only JP. It's, uh, Casablanca. How many carrots, guys? 24 carrots uh, in pure gold. Yeah. Only Did you get it wrong? The Jews team. We got had it right. Wrong. No, we had that right. The uh, Jewish. Right. The Jewish team. Got it right. I got yeah. some guys in New York that'll do more than twenty-four. And then, and then it's the, not pure. Then, and then the judge gets to decide how many points you get for the penny farthing. And you all did very well on that one. Oh, everyone draw it. Drew that was very secretive. Which is the bike with the big giant wheel? Huge game. Yes. 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 So they were, all got the correct. Uh, if you're a fan of the Prisoner TV show in the seventies, it's that big bike that they use for the thing. Patrick McGowan. It's Fuck. a timely Bob reference. Bob is on it. <laughs> Bob knows about that. <laughs> I have a feeling we've just lost JP to University Games. Oh, I'll Four more, more rounds. Games. I don't give a shit. Four more <laughs> rounds. Let's keep it real, you guys. Spot there, yeah. Yeah, right. So that's how you play pub trivia. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's how you that dominate fun, pub trivia. Oh, you shit. guys like it? Fun, Get man. out of here. And did anybody it. feel intimidated by that? Those were not that hard. No. Absolutely you not. Them and I do think that you 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 got it right with the team aspect uh, because mm-hmm. some people on the team know it, and yeah. it, the teams of four, I think, would be. A lot of fun, uh, you know, two or three teams of four. So, um, uh, Kim would like to uh, give our team's uh, victory speech, oh, please. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> please, Kim, God. go right ahead. No, God, no. Go right ahead, Kim. Go ahead, Kim. No. Eat a dick, guys. Bye. <laughs> wow. Pub trivia, yay. Yay, wow. pub trivia. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> wow. Now, uh, where can people find pub trivia? Pub trivia is available at Walmart all over the United States, every Walmart store. It's also available at Amazon.com. It's also available at RUGame.com. A-R-E-Y-O-U-G-A-M-E.com. Okay. And then it's every day we're getting it in more stores. So you can check your local toy store or game store also. But Walmart has it right now. They were kind of our launch 
retailer. Yeah. Okay. And you guys are going to, and you guys are going to, I think you guys are going to be able to refer people places on your website, aren't you? We are. Yeah. And in fact, we have an Amazon link that will help us both. Because if oh, people good. shop through our Amazon link and go buy a pub trivia, then you'll, you'll, you'll help out University Games and you'll help out your favorite uh, beer radio network all at the same time. Which is one again? Um, and now I did want to ask, uh, holidays must be mm-hmm. the other big market for you guys, and that's coming up, of course. Yes. Uh, we sell about 60% of our sales are between now and Christmas. I mean, okay. It's unbelievable how big um, holiday is. And this is the kind of game that you can play yeah. with the family you know, over New Year's Eve or yeah. during the holidays or Thanksgiving because it's accessible to all different ages. Right. You know? and, uh, and you can play with teams of people. It's intergenerational. Yep, absolutely. I like it. I like all the different categories. I like the the uh, the scorecard. Uh, it's a wonderful game. If you have kids playing who are under twenty one and you don't want them to be drinking when they shouldn't be, right? Martinelli's sparkling cider. It's oh, non-alcoholic, and it's really good, and it gets them used to toasting and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, of and course, just- not inviting any of us idiots over to come up with stupid team names uh, is probably Why a good idea. Why are you looking idea. at me and not the winner's team, who obviously came in third? It wasn't winner's, it was winner. Well, winner. But, well it's actually a loser. Um, if second place is the first loser, you're the second loser. I want to play four more rounds like the game is I know designed, so we... Can actually emulate yeah, the way the game was meant to be played, I, 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 so we can win. Yeah, I spoken actually like wanna, a true principle. I want to. Uh, I, I actually want to defend cock juice on this one Thank because you. if you are a marathon runner yes. and you get into a race that you think is a marathon and they stop it like it's a sprint, uh, how right. are you supposed to win? It's, it's like my balls are blue. <laughs> <laughs> You've gotten cut off too early. I think yeah. what we should I, do I sometimes, Bob. What we do is we like to pull audio clips for the uh, for the guest websites. So if you want, we can pull that clip where you just said, "I'd like to defend cock juice." <laughs> uh, you can play it on your own. Uh, that would be my new ringtone. That would be great. Uh, you guys must have a website where people can find all of your games. Yes, if you go to um, universitygames.com or ugames.com, they show we have about three hundred board games now that wow. we put out, and most are still available. And uh, this is. One, we have a game called Smartass, the game even a dumbass can win. Nice. That's a very popular game. We I have, like that. We, we're the company that launched Factor Crap, which is a good game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, 20 Questions is our game. And what else do we have that's big right now? Last year, we put out a game called Zero, which was a good game. Okay. And, and the idea of it was to come up with the answer. It was the opposite of Family Feud. You were supposed to come up with the answer closest to Zero. Nice. Oh, yeah. The least number of people. Oh, we could do that. (laughs) All day. It's like a game for losers. It's perfect for us. (laughs) Uh, Well, I love it. We should play this like once a month on the air. That should be a game that we do. Well, not even once a month. That would be uh, fun. Let's come play it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You guys can do it without me, I think, but I'm happy to come anytime you want me to. Okay, well, we... I think you could could be the host, Justin. You seem to have the right character (laughs) and the right relationship with everybody. I'm willing to yell at them and insult them. You should be a host. You should try it one day. You'd be a good pub trip. Yeah. Stretch it. Just stretch out. Just see what happens. Yeah. I am curious uh, what kind of staff it takes for a game company to invent games uh, all the time. And uh, is there a lot of people, or is there just five of you? There's, there are about inches. four or five of us, and okay. we come up with ideas. And then, if we need more people to help us do the research, we'll get interns or we'll hire people mm. to come in. But we do uh. most of it ourselves. Like this game has a thousand questions, and we have um, there were four or five of us who wrote all thousand questions wow. and researched wow. them. 
Wow. See, and uh, I, I, I think that, that uh, Scott can attest, and certainly my embarrassment every time we play Beer Jeopardy on this program, it's difficult to research questions and get the right answers and the right uh, questions asked. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> people end up being sticklers. If it's a tight game, right. they're like, no, 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 that's not the right answer. Right. This is the right well, answer. If, if we didn't win, if we didn't dominate that whole last game, I would have bitched oh. about because I think... Cock Jews or the winners said jambalaya slash gumbo. They are not uh, the same, nor are they in the same category. And we did not ever say that. So and this is what you have so to he would, deal with. Yeah. So they wouldn't have gotten a two out of two. They would have gotten a one out of two so or it's a, a none out of two. So it's a lot of uh, research. Well, know? in this particular game, we have that issue covered because there's a rule in the instructions that say the host or uh, judge yeah. has final decision. So if oh, you are I the like host in the future, already. the They're judge's smart. decision is final. Right. See? Regardless of if it's right or wrong, it's final. They're right. Smart. Oh, see, this is right up my alley as yeah. a host because <laughs> I don't care what you people think. And as a control, <laughs> we all know that, of course. Yeah. The other, the other thing that you have to do to avoid situations like some that we have in the room like, yeah. is you have to write yeah. the questions in a way that it's really clear and there's not any room for ambiguity right you know and i mean it it's genuinely difficult we we do mess around with some some game shows that we do we do a game called the brewer's feud yeah. uh, which is like a beer version of the family feud mm-hmm. and we do beer jeopardy and we have difficulty with both of them uh with ambiguity and uh, especially in the beer world because there are some gray areas mm-hmm. and what do you do do you just avoid questions with gray area we 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 will say think we'll say qualifying statements like yeah. we'll say according to a poll in San Francisco ah. and then we'll ask the question <laughs> okay or we'll sometimes say um, most people think right you know and it'll be that kind of a thing and then you you can say well I don't agree and you say well you're not most people sure mm-hmm. and the host is gonna uh, yeah but what we try right. to do is avoid it we try to avoid the gray areas so yeah. if if we were asking a question let's say you know about beer and what's in beer we would probably reference you know the the german the german law yeah. and yeah. say that defines beer not some brewery in the us cuz you get people arguing saying well you can put fruit in beer and you can put this in beer and you can put that in beer and we would just say here's the reference point we're using or the source right. we're using yeah. so qualifiers like that yeah. are your friend and that really helps yeah Okay. Well, Bob, I can't thank you enough for coming in, and uh, I love it. I think it's I liked a, it. I've Scott, done. Yeah. Uh, by the way, everybody I've done, have fun. Uh, yes. a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. I've done pub trivia in the pubs before. I like the idea of bringing it home. Yeah, it's a cool thing. You can do it anytime you want, and you can invite people. But the trick is, you got to have teams, <laughs> and you got to have beer. Yeah, that's you got to bring your own beer. Okay. So I'm going to leave this with you guys. Thank you all so oh, much. Awesome. It was great meeting well, thank everybody. You. Great. You're great very meeting. welcome. Thanks for coming. Awesome. You can find uh, Pub Trivia, the board game, at Walmart and on Amazon. And if you want to help us both out, just click on the Amazon link on our homepage right now. Go over to Amazon and search for Pub Trivia, the game, and uh, you can get it right now. We're going to take a quick break. we got some announcements going on during the break where you'll find out information about our IPA uh, homebrew competition and uh, other events happening. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew 
Brew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. When Michael Fairbrothers started Moonlighting, he had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can now find Moonlight Meadery Meads distributed nationwide. And they ship direct, too. They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. Moonlight Meadery. Romance in a glass. After a long and undeserved hiatus, I'm Scott the Jew, back with announcements. Remember this name, Alibi Aleworks. It's a new collaboration brewery between Kevin Drake and Rich Romo. Those guys are natives of Lake Tahoe. They're set to open up King's Beach's first and only brewery early in 2013. Expect from them progressive interpretations of traditional beer styles as well as experimental beers using local and non-traditional ingredients and wild fermentation techniques and wood barrel aging and etc. They'll be producing relatively small batches so they can offer you a wide range of styles and flavors. Their beer is going to be available through their tasting room and in a few select tap accounts throughout North Lake Tahoe and Truckee. Help them transform that beautiful Lake Tahoe water into tasty, tasty beer by supporting their upcoming Kickstarter campaign beginning November 12th. Look for details and announcements at their Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash alibi aleworks. Finally, here's an announcement about a homebrew competition that's actually ours. It's the Brewing Network's first ever homebrew competition, celebrating our first ever ingredient kit, Hop Grenade IPA. 
The winner of the competition will be announced on the session on January 7th. It's a best of show style competition, so there's only one winner, and therefore there is one awesome prize. You get to become a heretic for a day. We will fly you out here to beautiful Martinez, and you'll get to have a brew day with Jamil and Chris and Warren over at Heretic in Pittsburgh. And as if that was not enough, you'll make an appearance on that evening's episode of the session, and maybe you get to sit next to me, I mean, if you're lucky, you know. And it'll be great. So go to the On Tap tab on our homepage, and you can see where to ship it, how to ship it, everything you need to know. And if you're still confused, even after that, you can email jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. And we're stoked to taste all your guys' beers. I, I just, I think that's awful. I think there's a lot of shitty homebrew out there. Anyway, that was the Brewing Network's announcements for this week of November 11th, 2012. May God have mercy on us all over the next four years. And until next time, if there is a next time, this is Scott the Jew saying L'chaim. Did you know the Brewing Network's very own Code Right and Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri? The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I-70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings, Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries. The best build-your-own six-pack around with every style represented. And kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of Beer. New and hard-to-find beer every week. No two visits are the same, just like passing out at the Rat Pad. Hi, this is Ryan from Wolf Brow House of Beer. Mention the Brewing Network when you stop in for some cool, free stuff. Mention JP for a swift kick in the ass. The Wolf Brow House of Beer. Beer with personal service from a member of the BN Army. This is code. Visit my son's shop or I'll yank the fuck BN website down. www.wolfbrow.com Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today Live Beer Radio The Brewing Network The Brewcasters If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff It's so easy Just throw it together Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there Yeah to get us out of here, but thanks to Bob Moog from University Games. Go check out uh, the all-new uh, Pub Trivia The Game. You can get it at Walmart or on Amazon by clicking our Amazon link. That's the best way to do it. Or just go to Amazon. 
but that was fun. It's a good time. Yeah, good was, job, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. He was a cool guy. Yeah, he put up with our bullshit. So, Bob. Uh, that's yeah. right, Bob. He went with the flow for sure. That's yeah. always it's always helpful, uh, especially for a guy with a uh, fairly large company. I saw some of the numbers at that company. Yeah, and, uh, you read yeah. the revenue since two thousand. Selling some games and still putting up with our bullshit. So uh, I always like that. Uh, all right, well, we're just going to wrap things up here uh, real quick. I wanted to say thanks once again to uh, Brian Cooper for hanging out with us today and teaching us a little bit about how a judge uh, looks at tasting. So thank, thank you. Uh, that was fantastic. Don't forget that uh, you can check out uh, Brian Cooper's band, Wish Inflicted, by uh, searching it on iTunes. And I didn't want to forget, I did have a couple of questions come through, Brian. I actually kind of skipped through it at the end there, but... Um, Couple okay. things. Uh, here's one. I would like to do the BJCP certification, but I'm not sure how many opportunities uh, I would get per year to judge locally. How often do you need to judge in order to stay on top of things? That's a good question. And he basically says I'd feel bad judging once a year and screwing someone um, out of a decent score. Right. So the question is, how often do you have to judge to judge effectively? Or yeah, yeah. Keep, you know, yeah, to keep be, up on your I think game. He, I think he's good at it. Judge in a competition. You know, every if you if you to stay as an active judge in the BJCP, you'd have to judge like once every couple of years at, at you know at the very least. But um, to judge effectively, all you need to know is how to taste beer and how to describe beer. And to me, it's kind of like riding a bike. Once you gain that ability, it doesn't go away. I mean, you can always brush up your memory and. and Every time you're getting ready for a competition, you're gonna, you know, beef up your your. You know, usually a lot of times you'll be told the night before, or a couple of days before, what style you're gonna judge in a certain competition, and you'll you'll bone up again on those uh, styles that you're gonna be judging, and just you know, not everybody remembers every style, not everybody is, yeah. is you know, fluent in every style, and and I there's styles that I I definitely need to revisit when I'm gonna be judging them. So but okay. just read what's in the guidelines and, and, and judge it for what's there and what what should be there and what's not there and seems like you could do some casual judge judging while you're drinking a beer too and yeah. just uh, keep your chops up, you know, try to make sure you're picking out some flavors and things. Yeah, and and post things on rate beer or, you know, beer advocate. Um just just put yourself out there and judge some beers informally and right. among friends or on those kind of sites. Okay. Well a lot of judging is about is about the scoring too. So like Justin was saying, as you're casually drinking a beer, uh, score that beer. Right. Yeah. W- once yeah. you once you know all these things, though, can you casually drink a beer without doing that? Can you ever just kind of drink a beer? Yes, you, you, you do. You can. You, you can, but you do think about beer differently after you know learning to judge. It's yeah. But yeah, you can just you can go have a beer, no problem. Okay. Here's a question that came through from Mills. Um, Mills. He says, uh, "What's the best thing that the average judge can do to take their skills to the next level?" And then he's got his follow-up. Uh, what's the number one thing that an average judge could do to keep their judging average? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so as for an existing uh, an existing BJCP judge, what they can do to kind of keep things fresh and yeah. or to to get better to go yeah well to go to the next level to you're yeah. a master so so right. what would you recommend you know when you were coming up the ranks what's the number one thing you'd say people could do to to get better. Read as, read as many books as you can. There are a lot of good books out there, you know, uh, put out by the Brewers Association. Just the best thing for me has been just getting the experience judging with other people. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I learned from so many different people in the, in the Bay Area. It has a great community of judges, and they really welcomed me in. I mean, I've only been a judge since 2008. You know, I got my certification and uh, just just judge with some excellent people and and start working. We're kind of blessed here. Oh, thank you. And you know, in in other parts of the country, you might have fewer competitions, but um, 
Yeah. You know, you can put yourself out there and just, you know, even if you're out in, in the, you know, a, a more rural area, you can just find the beer knowledgeable people in your in your area and, and spend time with them, talk to them. But but yeah, read books and and also you make you can you can uh, do judging classes. As far as I when I was becoming a judge, I it's kind of like I formed my own homebrewing club here. There was no club in in Pleasanton, Livermore area, and I formed a club and the Mazinerists. And then you know the same thing with judging. I wasn't a judge, but I, I got uh, a good mentor. Uh, his name's David Techham, and uh, you know he 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 gave me a syllabus that made it seem really easy. As far as like. Oh, this is just a, a process of going through with the ten class course. Each one focusing on a different element, and a lot of them on ingredients. And I just decided to put together a course and have him, you know, come in and teach a couple of them. But I, okay. I also kind of learned by teaching and and kind of you know broadened my knowledge of different things. I had taken some classes before that too, but you just kind of um, put it all together and, and get a group of people together that want to become judges and you can make it happen wherever yeah. you are. And, okay. Yeah. I'll say David Techham, if anybody has a chance to reach out to the guy, he does a lot of work via email also. He helped me out a lot. Um, Great soccer player. If you're, if you're dedicated, no, that's, yeah. Uh, that's Beckham. Yeah. Oh. That's a JPJ, isn't that? <laughs> no, it is. And I'm, I'm just trying to figure out an appropriate response and all I can do is <laughs> shake my head at you. Oh, really? yeah. no, I know what it feels He's like to be you. you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great apps, uh, though. Dave Techham is rad. So if, if you have BGP questions or if you're in an area where you don't have anybody to reach out to, yeah. find David Techham's email. And I mean, he was sending me score sheets months after I was done with the test. Like, here's a perfect example of how to, how, here's a score sheet. Oh, nice. And he's very focused on the judges filling out the score sheet properly. A lot of judges will fill out score sheets and go, this is wrong, not this style, and that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to describe how you taste the beer, what is right. what, what you're tasting, not what you should be tasting. Right. And he has great abs. And he's great. His wife Amazing. is real hot. It's still, no, it's not the <laughs> not the same guy. Oh. Actually, he's really prone to injury and doesn't play a lot, and but still gets paid a lot of money. I see. But has sexy hair. Right. <laughs> yeah. And sexy Dave is, is very good about sharing his knowledge, though, and, and he'll help out just about anybody who's, you know, Who's ready to give it a shot and become a judge? And Even me. We're putting together another group. Actually, I mean, we, we've already. I'm doing an exam in September 2013. The exam schedule's gotten pretty far out as far as like you have to schedule it almost a year ahead of time now. But I scheduled one for September 2013, and uh, we've already got a, a core group, and we're going to do uh, an eight week judging course uh, focused on the new exam schedule, which has uh, an uh, the new exam has an entrance exam where you become a a provisional BJCP judge, then you have to take the tasting exam, which has been expanded to yeah. six beers, and it's it's a different process. It's changing, but um, so can people sign up for this new uh, course that you're setting up? I or? I'm not unfortunately I'm not able. <laughs> to, I have a waiting list already. So, okay, uh, but uh, yeah, no we, we've got a core group of some people that have, have needed to take the exam or to want to improve their rank and, and are going through the the course again with, with me. So okay. All right, I love it. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, looks like we got a couple of uh, Drunk of the Week phone calls coming in here. Theo Brew uh, is on the line, believe it or not. My Theo people. Brew. <laughs> What's up, Chuch? Believe, believe it or not. Okay, so so I could judge or I could just drink and fi- tell you how much percentage is in the beer and then drink and then call you and then I'll have a drunkenness and right. then... Yeah, I'll, I'll have a drunkenness. And, and you'll have a drunkenness. And your uh, contribution to the beer community will be much greater than Brian Cooper's. Well, I mean, he's a lazy douche, if you ask me. This is what I want you to do, Theo. I want you to pee into your hydrometer jar and tell me your starting gravity. Uh, okay, give me like 10 minutes. I'll do that. Fuck you. No. Why? Did you just pee? 
No, I know I have to pee right now, but I have to go find the the hydrometer because wow. it's in the garage, and I have to pee, and then like I'll hear the process excuses. here. Oh, I get the joke because he's gonna fill it up real quick and yeah. overflow in his hands. Hey, do you want to see the the, wor- the like the really creepy um, glamour shot of Theo, bro? No, of just some broad <laughs> oh, stock yeah, on Facebook. Uh, you don't have a glamour shot of me, do you? Isn't that creepy? <laughs> glamour th- shot of some broad like shooting like with a duck. Like she's like in outfit. camo with like a pink shotgun, and it's wow. like all lit very nicely and. What That's the real hell weird. are you looking at? It's super hot. Don't worry about it. I'm stalking people. Super of, hot. I'm stalking friends of people that I know. Andy, what did you have a comment for Theo Brew? Theo Brew, um, questions. Nope. Ready? Yeah, we're going to call this a, uh, a lightning round, and I want you to answer as fast as you can. What Lightning round, go. What does Popeye have tattooed on his arm? Go. Spinach. How many eyes does the purple pe- people eater have? Go. One. In the hunchback of Notre Dame, who is the gypsy girl? What was the name of Jesus. the... Fa- now, fail. Um, Hang on. What? I can hear you. Theo, what was, your, what was his first answer to... Uh, what does Popeye have tattooed yeah, on his What side? did Theo I say? Said, I think he said spinach. Sir. Spinach. No, it's, it's, it's not oh, spinach. Anchor. It's an anchor. Damn it, uh, it's an yeah. anchor. It's just, nice try uh, and goodbye. It's just like, like just your first answer uh, is your final answer. Yeah. You have something called a filter, and it's Andy Wood. <laughs> Boom. Right. Theo, you sound drunk, so uh, you're in the running, dude. <laughs> I am terribly drunk. I've had a lot of cigar beers, and I've had a lot of my own beers, and I've had a lot of tasty, tasty. I drank a Jake Janice Brown, two of them. Excellent. Two. What do you want, a fucking uh, medal? Good for you. Send me one. I think he does want a medal, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then you're not telling Scott that you walk down the street. Scott walks down the street. Well, like, like a duck. Uh, Theo you do kind of duck walk. Yeah, street, you yeah. do kind of duck walk. Theo, would you like to read us a verse uh, for the Bible? What's your favorite? No, I don't have one right now. What's your favorite? Then t- you so got, I know you got one memorized. You're in. Yeah. Uh, you graduate. You're a graduate. No, I don't have. One, I don't have one memorized. What? What's the point of being no. a pastor? Theo, you don't have what? To Theo, what's your what's hang your on. favorite? And then we'll ask Terrence if if that's a good one or not, and we'll laugh at you. I'm gonna guess Deuteronomy. Uh, hang on, everybody. T Bone, is it sound common that he would not have a single verse memorized to? To read to us, he's white though. That's so. actually kind of bad. Didn't he? Go I would seminary. I would think that's hey, horrible. Hey, Job thirty-eight. Job thirty-eight. I'm sure bam, he has there. Job thirty-eight. He said things okay. memorized. He just doesn't want you guys to mock his beliefs. You shut up, douches. Bebo. Yeah, Bebo, go back to answering drunk phone calls. Uh, no, I'm not going to answer them. I call people drunk. Well, I think you know, as the as you know, human species evolves. Oh wait. Yeah, Bevo, this is how people with poor arguments We don't have to work. get all political here. They, they I just smart. wanted him to read us a goddamn verse from the Bible. And all you have joke. to turn into assholes. Go ahead. And then God spoke from the whirlwind. And so he doth grow to the yeah. grass and yeah. get mm-hmm. the cup that overflow. I don't count three words I as a, uh, as a full... Uh, Deut- well, Deuteronomy 23 one's pretty good. If he uh, if he read any more, I would be writhing on the floor, screaming in pain. No, you wouldn't. I do have the mark of the beast. Spider Wrangler is on the line. He's got a uh, update for us on the Secret Santa situation. What's hey. happening? The what? I'm doing well. Um, Good. Yeah, just uh, called in to uh, give everyone a one week uh, notice. Cutoff will be uh, 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 midnight on the 18th. Uh, Leave him alone, Jip. <laughs> Go ahead, Spider. That's fine. He- he, he can burp under me. That's fine. He's not even burping. He's just being a dick. Oh. Well, <laughs> it's JP. It's, it's Give us the update so people can get the information, please. Um, so the update is that you've got a week left. 
Uh, right now we've got 33 people signed up. Um, so if you want to get in on it, uh, hit up the thread on the forum, PM me on the forum or in the chat, and uh, I'll get your information and put you in the uh, list. Beautiful. And that's, that's it. So. Th- thanks, man. Are you okay? Uh, you on antidepressants or anything? I just have only had three beers tonight, so... Oh, okay. All right, Spider. Be well. Thanks for the update, dude. Yep, thanks. All right, and let's go to uh, Zach from Utah, who's got a question. Uh, Ah, Utah. What's up, Zach? What's happening, man? What can I do for you? Just got a... I got a quick question based on uh, old uh, Can You Brew It on uh, Magic Hat number nine. (laughs) And uh, just got that guy fermenting and getting close to bottling time and uh i found what you guys suggested um, a more aromatic uh apricot extract and uh i was thinking about testing it out and i was wondering should i add it to the bottling bucket with all the beer in there or should i get real crazy and go you know bottle by bottle and put a couple drops in each to get super accurate taste-o-matic well you can do it uh what i would do is i'd take about four ounces of your beer out of your fermenter before you go to the bottling bucket mm-hmm. and then start adding drops of the extract to that until you get to the right number of drops you want right that is taste it and see if it's getting the right amount of apricot mm-hmm. flavor and aroma that you're looking for and then just extrapolate, uh-huh. extrapolate that to the rest of the uh the beer that you're going to rack into your uh your bottling bucket oh, so math a little mathematics <laughs> like say it's 18 drops per four ounces and you take four into whatever you know 48 whatever you know do the math and multiply to, and to, the, uh, to the total amount of ounces. To the total amount of in the bottling. W- why would one even consider doing it bottle by bottle? Like, what's the advantage? Well, you wouldn't have to have your, all your beer to be flavored. You could just uh, make half of your beers apricot flavor, which is what I did mm-hmm. actually when I did make. Yeah, beer. back on the show. Yeah, yeah. That's what. It's so you can like double enter. So you have a, a yeah. light beer. You can enter it as the base beer, oh, and then you can enter as. Um, a fruit beer, which uh, McDowell actually did win a medal for it in HC. Got it. Well, Zach, are you brewing this for a competition? He's real proud of it, too. Two no, I'm not brewing it for a competition. Price. I'm brewing it for a good friend who uh, is from back east and loves the old Magic Hat number nine. And uh, it was like, you know what? If you brew it, I'll pay for it. I'll do it, you know? And yes. uh, I want to make sure to get it right. The only thing is that when I take a sample, usually, like, if I'm taking, like, a hydrometer reading from my carboy, um... <laughs> It's one of those, like, plastic ones that you stick down. It's very similar to, like, a, a bottle filler. And sometimes I get stuff in the bottom, and sometimes it's hard to get a good flavor, like, good taste from it. Well, you can do it once it gets in the bottling bucket, too. You just got to yeah, run, yeah, off, run yeah. off and Maybe do it. do it that way. Then come in, come back, and quickly put it in. I mean, you don't want to leave it in the bottling bucket too long, but, yeah. you got time to make your yeah. test, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Thanks hey, for the call, brother. Does that, does that... Hey, thanks a lot, Tasty. Thanks, uh, Jamil and everybody. Hello. Thanks. Appreciate everything you guys do. Thanks a lot. Cheers, brother. Yeah. Good luck with it, man. Uh, all right. There you go. That's, you welcome uh, to drink Heretic beer. Zach from <laughs> Heretic is my favorite beer of all. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. And I love you like a man. All right. Let's go to David uh, in North Carolina calling him for Drunk of the Week. David, what's happening? Hey, man. What's going on? How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm I'm good. How about yourself? I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. Um, I'm ra- I'm rather sober. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I've been drinking Sierra Nevada IPA for a little bit, and I'm a little fucked up. <laughs> a bunch of torpedo? Is that what you're drinking? No, Sierra Sierra Nevada IPA. They have just a Sierra Nevada IPA that's they not do, yeah. torpedo. We don't see it too often. Oh, yeah. they that's do? cool. What's yeah. it called? 
Sure. Yeah, that idea. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yes. Oh, that's wow. what I was asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how much have you had? To the dark green. Uh, shit. I polished off a 12-pack. I've been... I went to the Panthers game earlier today, and they fucking sucked, so I just kept drinking that shit. <laughs> wow. Uh, you sound drunk to me. Yeah, no goddamn shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, David from North Carolina is our drunk of the week today. Sorry, right. Theo Brew. Once again, uh, you are outwitted uh, by the cursing North Carolinan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I live in the South, so fuck it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, David, uh, send an email, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. He will send you your Drunk of the Week medal and probably a prize, too. Maybe. Uh, Justin. No shit. Awesome. Damn, the first time caller. Should I get a special special pound or something? Yeah, he'll, he's going to send you a special, uh, it'll be a bag of hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good, it's, good, it's good hair, too. It's not a bag of hair. A bag of hair. I hope it's tea. No, it'll be well conditioned. It's none of this fucking fake shit. It's real, real right. good shit. All right, David. Thanks, brother. Cheers, hey, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Justin? Yeah? I have a request. Uh-oh. Um, this is starting out good. Blobber gleeby gloopy gloopy gloop. Uh, would like to sing a song. He's going to sing happy birthday to JP. With it? Andy. Oh, Lord. Uh-oh. Hey, that's me. Uh, what does he want? Skype? <laughs> No, he's. I think he's going to call in Skype. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this will be awful. Um. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm in. I got to load up. Uh, we're actually going to play you our uh, Shelton Brothers interview that Moskowitz did. We've been trying to fit it in the show here for a couple weeks. We're just going to end the show with it today. So, uh, what we'll do is a little uh, song uh, with uh, Andy Wood and uh, Blueby Glob Glee Gloob Glob Glob, uh, and um, they'll take us out. And then they'll yeah they'll take us out. Um, JP, you want to do the the plugs while uh, we're getting? Uh, well, we need to do Twitter game. Twitter yeah. winner. All right, let's do that too. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to know what uh, a stripper expert is called if a wine expert is a sommelier and a beer expert is a cicerone. Um, Grod, our idiot in Australia, says a stripper expert is a man, mm-hmm. which I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Large Marge says a philanthropist. Hmm. Which is pretty funny. Uh, you are clearly unimpressed. Uh, two ski brewskis says a stripper expert is called a polinado. Get it like pole. Yeah, there I, you I go. get that. Uh, right. That's uh, funny. Uh, that took me. <laughs> Rob took me a Zorbo it calls it a Justin Roan. A, a Justin Roan. A Justin Roan. Uh, uh, Village Brew, a TNA Tech. Which, <laughs> good. Mm, all right, whatever. Yeah. Uh, brewing and MKE says a thongerone, hmm. which I kind of liked uh, a little bit better. Uh, Darren McKee says a vashushanologist. Winner! Yeah, winner. Wait a minute, Vashush. you didn't hear mine yet. You didn't oh, hear mine. Okay. We're well, done with mine. All right. Uh, Secret Lab One says it's too sensual to mention on the internet radio, and I didn't get one. I didn't see one from you on the Twitter game. <laughs> oh, I should have tweeted. My, my phone's broken. You should have. T- okay. Wait a minute. What do you got? Just uh, for fun. Powder Puff Master. <laughs> uh, it does not beat out uh, Vashusha. Oh, right. I'm in there, though. Right? <laughs> You're right there. Vashushanologist. Uh, oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Fine. Uh, perfect. Uh, All right. So, Darren McKee, send me an email at JP. Uh, the winner. At the well with nice. your shirt size and your address. Um, there you go. Right. Makes me want to go home and watch Jersey Shore. Does anybody like me? You won't last that long. I, I, we, don't, we don't know what it is. I miss the Jordy Shore. <laughs> I am not against Mead. Did it get canceled, JP? It did. Jordy Shore. I've only I only saw one episode, but it was uh it was uh like the Jersey Shore but in Newcastle. Yeah. Which I guess is real douchey. 
uh, and they're called Jordy's. Right. There. No, I remember. And, uh, yeah. It was horrible, but I really want, I've been looking for episodes and I can't find them. I think I canceled after like two episodes. Are you talking about Jordy it's from The Next Generation? No. Okay, because he's my reading rainbow. Did Blobberglop change his name? He says you're offline. Because somebody else is calling me. We're I'm, always offline. I'm not offline. Other people are calling me right now. Okay. Here, I'll call him. Okay. I'll call that idiot. He's offline. This shouldn't take too long. He is an idiot. You're oh, offline. The whole world You're is offline. offline. You're offline. And wow. you're offline. Wow. You can't handle. You know what? Wow. You're all offline. <laughs> wow. God. All right, and we're out of here. All right. I just spilled on myself. Oh, wait. I need to do things. Well, this is my award-winning mead from uh, NHC. Mead. Fucking mead. I just spilled some on myself. What is mead, Scott? Honey wine. What is that? Hey, Blobber. M-E-A-D. Hi. How you doing, buddy? I miss you, Blobber. Oh, I miss that voice. I totally do. <laughs> I don't. And your little toe oh, I had headed, to shut the NHC. Your little toe last headed bottle. kids. All right, one at a time. Last bottle? One at a time, everybody. Uh, did you have a nice time Wonder- at uh, Disneyland with uh, in the land? I tell you what, D- Disneyland is some some sort of wonderful drug. Okay, and you just want to be there all the time. Yes, you do. Woo! Wow, I've yeah, been, I've been there bad. several times. I never it's got what they that. They say amongst that set of people. <laughs> all right. We are planning maybe February. Oh, and, uh, that quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah Blobber, why are you uh, wasting all your uh, vacation and cash when you could be going to NHC, my friend? Uh. Well, that might not be out of the question either, but Mickey Mouse and Dumbo and Peter yeah. Pan. Yeah. It's the one Best night ever. Yes. All right. I can't take it anymore. Uh, are you ready to sing uh, with Andy Wood? What? Yes. Actually, can I can I make a can I say something about Disneyland? Yeah. If anybody listening to this goes to Disneyland in the near future, um, ride the Peter uh, the uh, Pinocchio ride, and right yes. as you exit the ride, and you're in Geppetto's workshop. Look directly above you on the doorway that leads out. There is a giant cock lunch meat tie-in. Oh, that was what? possibly placed there by a fan. Okay, thank you. Oh, there you go. Should I have said that, Blubber? Yes, yeah, I missed it, but my wife saw it right away, and she failed to tell me to look up and and see the light. What a bit! But uh, <laughs> anyways, I was going to do it again, and then uh, you know, time flies when you're in lands. Right. Uh, what song are you going to sing tonight with Andy Wood? I I wish I could tell you, Andy. Uh, hi, everybody. I have a song for you. I just recently watched Top Gun, the one of the American movie classics, and. Uh, we're going to sing a song by the Everly Brothers called You've Lost That Loving Feeling, and I'm going to start, and you're going to finish, and it's going to be insane. Do you want the uh, backup music? or I would, yes. Okay. I would like this, too. And, um, Blobber, I'd like you to sing the part where it peels our hearts apart. I wish I could understand what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't understand, I don't think you should jump in. But I'm just going to sing this part and just. You know. Oh, in my search, just, in my search for you've lost that loving feeling. I found a version by Hall and Oates. Oh, hey, oh, that, we got to hear it, right? Yes. Yeah, we. I would like to hear that without the vocals because. Well, let's hear it first. Let's hear it. Uh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It'll get you guys let's inspired. Let's listen to a song together. Mmm, girl. <laughs> Don't you know, you know what I got uh. between my legs? Oh. 
yeah. Oh. I kind of uh, like it better. Uh, it's not but, as soulful as but, The Righteous Brothers. Well, the Righteous no, Brothers, righteous so brothers good. is yeah. what I was thinking. But right. that is beautiful. Okay. Uh, are you ready? I'll play uh, You've Lost That Love and Feeling by The Righteous Brothers. Yeah, and uh, that the, That's the version I know, the one that you just played. Boo! Oh. You don't know because you are too young. I know. Bevo's We're like, doing heirloom right now. She's like 25. <laughs> she I am 40. <laughs> I would like to say I am... Andy Sorry. did just turn uh, 40. I just turned 40, and I'd like this to go out to my friends who are also 40 and above. Right. <laughs> Shout I'm out. i get my mouth real close to them. Get a dental plan. Tell them. Let me say, get I, a dental plan. I'm being Skype stalked right now by Aaron I'm, Garner. Yeah. I'm not Secret 40, lab. and I don't know what that's, the fuck the song Theo is. That's Theo Brew. Yeah. Theo Brew? Oh. Don't worry, Blob. I mean, he is calling constantly. Like, he's, <laughs> he's blowing me up right now. Why would I go? I don't want to take that call. Why would you take that call? But take it. Can I take that call? Because I think I could shut him down. All right. Here, here we go. Oh, did I go too soon? Yeah, that was really too soon. There's no build up or anything. It do, but that's how the righteous <laughs> brothers do. Yeah. Are you ready? I am. You got the key, right? Are, right? are you starting? I am starting. Here it comes. Finishing. And. Never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. <laughs> Is it Blobber's line now? And there's oh. no happiness in anymore when I kiss your lips. <laughs> Everyone, right. put your hands in your car. They're trying hard not to show it. Blobber? I can't hear but shit, baby. Oh, then shut the fuck up. I can hear too much. Baby, you know it. You lost the love and feeling. Oh, that loving feeling. You lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone. Gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take off your shirts, bitches, because you know what's coming up. Touching my nipples. <laughs> the ad lib version. Wow. Can we get out of here? Any more, Blower? I, I, I'm lost. Yeah, so am I. That's all I got. That's all I can do. Good. I can turn my headphones back up now. That was a good effort, buddy. Thank you, guys. Turning mine down. Thanks. Hey. All right. Really good. Thanks, Blower. Uh, once you stopped talking about Disneyland, uh, JP decided he hated you. So yeah. that was a bit weird. Uh, but now, <laughs> now I can let you go. That's okay. I hate myself too right now. <laughs> I tried. All right, buddy. Uh, thanks for calling. Later. See you, Blue. Uh, you want to take Theo real quick? Uh, let's just tell him he's a Theo. You're kind of a psychopath. Let's take him. Yeah. What would Jesus Theo, do? You're kind of a psychopath. He wouldn't keep calling. Tell you that. Theo. Right? Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, you, I'm counting the amount of times you call me. 27 times in the last uh, eight minutes. That's not even true. Uh, you're right. All right, 20, well, well over 30. I mean, come on. What's going on over there? You're like 40. What's going? You lost drunk of the week. All right. I, I, I'm no. I've I've had like eight like cigar city beers and I'm like drunk and I'm like. JP it's told not you fair. if if you would have pissed in the hydrometer, uh, you probably would have won drunk of the week. I you okay? You can't tell me piss and hydrometer and then give me eight seconds to do it. Yeah, he All right. So what is what is the reading then? Am I supposed to have a hydrometer ready yeah. at your moment? Right, what's the reading? Did what you do it? Yeah. yeah. If you're less than one, you win. <laughs> right. Right. Or, or make him sing something. You want to sing a song, Theo? I'll sing a song. I'll sing whatever you want. I I'll sing. I can't strip baby, away. Close your eyes. Ooh, do it. Baby, close your eyes. 
The love that you feel tonight is more than you've ever felt. Oh, boy. Can Terrence sing a hymn? Robber is my surprise. And he's the best thing in my life because Blobber is the best. And I love Blobber so much. All right, Aaron. Thank you. Uh, there's Theo Brew, everybody. Wow. And, Let, uh, can we just have Terrence sing a hymn? Like, if I had a hammer, I'd hammer. You want? It's not. What is it? Is it a her? That's the most racist oh. thing you've ever done. Is it? Yes. How well? Well, okay. All right. Is this a hymn? This is what I learned. It was a hymn. Zippity doo dah, zippity a. Wonderful feeling, wonderful gaze. You know, just because it's still a Disneyland ride doesn't mean it's not still racist. Oh. You can put Terrence in blackface. They've taken out the Tar Baby from that ride, by the way. So now it's just the hey, Brer Rabbit. Can, can Brian uh, play his acoustic uh, for J- uh, behind JP's uh, announcements? Yeah, that'll work. Because then I got to play an interview anyway. So uh, we can do. Uh, are, are we going to do? an acapella version of jp's an asshole uh, no he's no. gonna play uh the beer song well i don't know if underneath I your um announcements by the way um uh spider wrangler is gonna try to skype you yeah i saw him uh why because there's another listener that kicked the bucket and Whoa. uh he wants to talk about it he has the obituary pulled idea. up and blah 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 everybody's dying Bunch of dead people. My turn, not there. Uh, hi, Spider. Hey. So, yeah, I saw this. We had another uh, dead soldier. You know, remember when? Remember when the Fallen Soldier Award was a joke? <laughs> and uh, now that we're getting, yeah, now that we're getting older, um, it's no longer a joke. Uh, your your audio is not very good, but uh, we'll try. So, Hus- uh, one of our listeners, Husker Brew, is this, is this any better? Yeah, that's a little better. But we'll, we'll go ahead and tell us what's happening. Um, so, so basically, uh, Husker Brew was a, a BN listener that had uh, posted about three years ago on the forum that he'd been diagnosed with colon cancer, um, and was uh, there's a thread which has kind of been uh, revived uh, since people found out more about what what happened with him. Was he the farmer? Uh, uh, no, I I don't know. There was a guy who was a farmer, but maybe it's not him. All right, go on. Um, but, uh, pretty much he, he said that, uh, he could use a little encouragement from the, from the army and, uh, a lot of people were posting on that for a while. And, uh, the last time that he had posted in the forum, uh, he had said that things were looking somewhat positive and they were doing stuff for him. Uh, but he hasn't, he hadn't posted in the forum since, uh, this, this past March. Um, and people were kind of wondering, you know, what had been going on. So, um, the, the end result was that Code did some some digging around and, and found out that uh, that Husker Brew um, Sloan Peterson had uh, passed away uh, this past April. Um, so he'd been he'd been fighting the colon cancer for about two and a half years. Yikes! Uh, and he was diagnosed at uh, at twenty nine and di- and uh, dead of colon cancer at thirty one. Oh, uh, so, he had a full life. Uh. Um, this this is what makes me insane. That's sad. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's sad to hear. And um, I I don't. Know. I hope he's in a better place. That's a. Uh, well, he's not. He's in the ground, dude. Yeah, he's dead. 
Yeah. yeah he's know, not in a better place. He's in a dark box. So I'm going to go on to say I hope he's in a better place. That was a great and, Campbell, uh, Campbell name, though. Husker Brew. I love that. Uh, uh, yeah. Kind of a sugar Bob Mould. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you love the name, apparently it's um, available again. Well, well. Oh, too soon. Have some class, yeah. would you? So is Meisterbrow, but you know, right. no one's gunning for that yet. Uh, it's it's not Meisterbrow, it's uh, Meister Puppets. You know what, dude? It's if the I want to, we've made that. If I want a clarification, I'll call my dad. Right. <laughs> all right, uh, it's getting ugly, uh, but uh, thank you, uh, Spider. I appreciate the uh, the update. It's never good news yeah. to hear this stuff, and uh, I thank Spider. you. Thank you for letting us know, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, buddy. Take Great. care. Uh, okay, uh, a weird show we have where we go from uh, uh, you know dick jokes to drunk of the week to yeah, uh, serious beer judging to colon cancer to racism to death. Uh, yeah, very strange thing that we do here, and in, then to show announcements in Martinez. Uh, okay, um, so it looks like he's going to need a. Um, are you going to sing? Uh, the, yeah. the, okay, let's do two mics. So put one down on the guitar and one up at the vocals. And um, here's what we'll do. Um, Tell me. I'm going to keep. Right? It, I'm going to keep it kind of as a bed, if that's okay. You're going to do the beer song, and JP's going to do the announcements. Um, the beer song is a little longer, so I'll bring you up after the announcements. And then uh, after that, we're going to be going to the Shelton Brothers interview, um, which uh, Moskowitz did uh, some time ago. Uh, what, what are we going to hear in the uh, Shelton Brothers interview? Uh, it's actually just with Dan, the uh, the head Shelton. Okay, uh, yeah, Shelton was, I think it was back in June, and we'll hear about uh, you know what the deal is with Canty on and its availability, and how Shelton Brothers became the the brand for that you know the distributors of you know the amazing beers, and yeah, you'll hear history, and you'll hear what's up with their brands. Beautiful. All right, uh, we'll be back next week uh, with. Uh, kind of interesting, you might find, that we're doing a session beer show where we've invited Lagunitas to be our guest on the session beer show, which sounds a bit uh, odd, but uh, their new daytime beer, uh, which is kind of a daytime IPA, uh, inspired us uh, to invite them onto the program and um, talk about session beer. So, uh, Brewvember continues uh, with more homebrewing topics as we talk about session beers with Jeremy, the yes. brewmaster from Lagunitas. He's going to be on the program uh, right here in the studio. Actually, gonna... coming down. And it's a Monday show, by the yeah. way. You know what else is coming up on that show? Uh, little Brews Line action. Oh, uh, yeah. the return of Brews version Line. 1.0 again. Oh, good. Back to the non-douchey version. Back to the non-shit version. version. Yeah. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you over Terrence and Sam carrying on in the background. Yeah. Hey, shut up. Yeah, we're, I'm sorry. We're trying to do a show. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I don't know what time it is. Uh, all right, Jippy, what do we got? Uh, go ahead, Brian. <clears throat> this is a song about beer. I like beer so much, I brew my own, and it goes a little something like this. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. If you waste time on Twitter, check out Major Jip with two Ps for an insight into an eroding psyche. Also, Scott the Jew has some art for sale. Follow him at Moscow Paints for slim to no info on the subject and no nudie photos, by the way. For some good beer insight and homebrew, we'll follow Nate at Nathan Homebrew and Mike, yep, 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 McDowell at Tasty McD. Check out the Brewing Network store for all the latest BN merch, including our two new BN Army hats. And be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook and Twitter. Disneyland is for lovers. Help me out with the hoppies, everybody.
I don't think you're drunk enough yet. Well, we could spill down a cool five-gallon keg of some kick-your-own-ass ale. Well, I don't know. I need my brother to sing that other part. <laughs> I brew my own when I'm at home. I boil that word until it foams. And then I dump in so much hops. If hops was weed, they'd call the cops. You grab a beer, you down a glass. It's just like kicking your own ass. It makes me feel so goddamn stone. Like I got 47 chromosomes. The foot connected to my leg. It kicks my butt and soon my head. I must have drank too much. I feel my ass, it hurts. So pass the beer. Hoppy, hoppy, beer, beer. Hoppy, hoppy, beer. Hoppy, hoppy, beer, beer. Hoppy, hoppy, beer. Happy, happy beer, beer. Happy, happy beer, beer. Happy, happy beer, beer, beer. Getting drunk, getting drunk, getting drunk, getting drunk, getting drunk, getting drunk, getting drunk. Like the drunk of the week. Getting drunk, getting drunk, getting drunk, getting drunk, getting getting drunk, drunk, drunk. One more time. Hey, happy, happy beer, beer. Happy, happy beer. Oh, that was some good beer and a good time here on the Bruin Network. Short and stout. With Scott the Jew. Yes, new name, same crappy sound. Thanks to announcer man, press play is now officially short and stout with me, Scott the Jew. This inaugural episode uh, is neither short nor is it about stout. Today I bring you a conversation with one of the heroes of modern craft beer import, Dan Shelton of the Shelton Brothers. Dan can talk, so this bad boy is a two-parter. Here's part one. Let's start uh, just at the beginning for folks who don't know exactly what you do. Now, obviously, the company bears your name. So how many Shelton brothers are there? There are three, although I like to say lately that there are really five because my brother, Will, who's my youngest brother, uh, has uh, twin sons who are showing really healthy signs of going into the beer business very soon. So since they're brothers, I think they still qualify as Shelton brothers, and... uh, as I say, that will make five of us. Healthy signs means what? Just an appreciation for beer at an early age? Oh, they, they showed that, yes, when they were three or four years old. In fact, they were, they were really talking about uh, beer. Well, they were allowed to taste beer uh, in small amounts, obviously, uh, and they would make comments kind of like uh, a connoisseur would make about the, you know, the hoppiness of it or various things like that. So, so that's always been there. But they, they've actually, well, both of them are working at a place called uh, the Church Key in Washington, D.C., which is the best beer bar in that city. And young Zach, the, the two of them, uh, Max and Zach, uh, Zach has written, they just graduated from college. We were just down there for the graduation. Zach has begun to worry about the future, I guess, and has asked me about jobs with Shelton Brothers. So those are the, that's the healthy sign I'm talking about right now. What role do you play, other than just being one of the owners? I am the only owner, actually, technically. Uh, really, I, I kind of just worry about everything. 
and uh, how you, other people to take care of things that I worry about. I'm just all over the place, and I but I do definitely spend most of my time basically looking for beer and visiting brewers in various places that we already work with to make sure that that we still have a good relationship and all that stuff is going right. I'm assuming, uh, perhaps incorrectly, that there's a lot of red tape associated with importing large quantities of beer to the U.S. Has your law degree helped you overcome that, or does that not exist in the first place? Well, obviously, I take my law degree is for granted. I don't even think about the fact that it's easier. I assume it's easier for me to to understand and deal with this this bureaucracy. But yes, the answer is clearly that there is a lot of paperwork. And I, I want to add also, though, that um, you mentioned uh, importing large quantities of beer. Uh, the real the real struggle is to do all this paperwork for very small quantities of beer. What you have to realize is that uh, getting into the country is one thing. That's, that's enough paperwork for a lot of people right there. But uh, we, when we sell beer, as, uh, when anyone sells beer, as we do in all of these states, uh, about 45 at this point, it's been more different times. Uh, but each state has its own laws. Uh, each state has its own taxes, fees, licensing requirements, all this kind of stuff. And you have to stay on top of all of that. And if you've got 300 brands or more, uh, not that we sell all of our brands in every state, but if if you look at it just kind of theoretically, it would be something like... Uh, at different times, about 500 brands in the last year. Each of them has to be registered in most or all of those 45 states, and that's be renewed every year. Plus, you've got to send, you know, reports on what you shipped of each brand into the state. And it's it's insane, uh, but it's, it's, it all becomes bureaucratic, you know, fairly drudgery, but not you know not overly taxing on the brain. And uh, so, as a lawyer, I don't need to get involved in that, but. Uh, actually, my, my German wife takes care of that, what we call compliance like that now. But it's still it's a huge amount of work. It makes up a lot of what we do, which is not always appreciated by people in Europe or elsewhere who just don't have these kinds of stupid regulations and, and laws. And I'm not, by the way, against regulation and laws per se at all, but these are not useful. Against over-regulation, not regulation in general. Yeah. I hesitate even to say over-regulation because I, I'm not a, by any long shot a Republican. And they, they will call any regulation over-regulation. But um, it's, it's mostly just a, it's not a question of there being too much. It's a question of what, what there is not really serving any useful purpose. And I, I really do hate to say this, but uh, in some of these states, these agencies are really in the business of, collecting fees in order to support their fee collection system. It's really, <laughs> right. And we, we have occasionally been called upon to point that out. But I, I'm hoping our, our my kind of private legal program to try to rationalize the state's uh, laws regarding alcohol, I, in my dream someday will result in a, a whole new level playing field where people like us who really are uh, hardly, hardly justify doing all this work to bring in small quantities from little breweries that can't produce anymore, that it becomes a little easier for us to do that. Your name has become synonymous with some of the most coveted brands that are still very difficult to find but would be impossible to find without the work that you've done over the past how many years? 16 years. 16 years. Okay, so how does one, how does one 
do you fall into it? Did you wake up at 25 and decide, I want to be a beer importer? How did that come about? Well, let me let me start by saying, in regard to what we were just talking about, that another importer, actually a few importers have said to us at different times that they could never work with our business model, uh, but they're really glad that we are doing it. And what that means really is that, as I said, all this paperwork that we have to do, all the everything that goes with dealing with perhaps a hundred brewers at this point, uh, all from different countries, you know, not all speaking English that well, and doing all these registrations, paying all these fees and licenses, and is really not worth it for most people. It only works for us because we have so many of these people. So the way we started it. We, we didn't have a business plan. I mean, people say, we, I couldn't work with your business model, but there was no model. Uh, we just started in because we wanted to bring in Cantillon. And I, I, I gather you want to zero in on Cantillon. That's, that makes some sense because that was obviously the first thing that we ever brought in. And it was not in any, in any way an intentional decision to go into importing and make a fortune. And uh, there was never any expectation of that, and uh, for a long time, never any hope of that. Um, but what happened was this. Uh, my brother, Joel, he's the middle brother. He's a musician in New York, although he now, uh, because of that business kind of getting very tight, he's now full-time at Shelton Brothers. Uh, he was frequently traveling in Europe with uh, a, a production of, uh, I think it was uh, a chorus line, one of these Broadway shows. And uh, he would go to various countries, especially Germany, and would take his Michael Jackson guidebooks along and make sure to visit any place that was uh, notably uh, beery, try the beer, and, and often bring the beers back for us to taste. And that, that happened at one point. He was in uh, Brussels, and Michael and, or anybody else will advise you to go to the Cantillon Brewery if you're in Brussels. He did that and happened to become great friends with the brewer at that time, Jean-Pierre Vanois, and his family. And I think even invited them complimentary uh, to go see the show. And uh, also, at the same time, just fell in love with the beers. And so he brought the beers back, and we loved them right away. And I, I always like to point out that, that Cantillon is described as a, an acquired taste, but my brothers and I just acquired it instantly, you know. Had you had a taste for sour beers or before that, or was that your first exposure to them? I could never say we had a taste for sour beers before because you couldn't get any. Unless you went to Cantillon, you know, you really couldn't get any. Uh, there was a little bit of Cantillon in the country before that, actually, but uh, it, was, it was wasting away, collecting dust, and getting extremely acidic on shelves because nobody knew what it was, and when they tried it, they were horrified. But I mean, also because of Michael Jackson and his, his Beer Hunter videos, had to try what we thought was uh, Lambique beer from Lindemann's, which was easier to get, obviously, and that's not all that sour, and, of course, it's sweetened and all that. Uh, we, we had no experience of beer like this. Well, I guess I could say that all of us had a taste for sour and bitter and the more difficult flavors, uh, even when we were growing up. Uh, we're not all that keen on sweet, and that, that makes it kind of a big difference in what we what we like in a beer and what we try to bring in to, to show to people. Anyway, uh, the story goes from there that after we tasted the beers and loved them, I was living in New York at the time in Brooklyn and trying to find a source somewhere in, in New York for the Cantillon beers and just had no luck. And finally, a, 
a woman in a shop near my house in Brooklyn said, uh, well, you know, a lot of people ask for Cantillon, but we just can't get it. Actually, she said it was, she called it Cantillion. I never really tried to correct her, but um, she said, no, you know, people ask, but we just can't get it. We don't know anything about where you know, where it comes from, how to, how to get hold of it. And so uh, I said, well, my brother's friends with the brewer, as it happens. I'm sure there's some way we can manage to get beer from them directly, and, and uh, you can sell it to us. And she said, well, you'd have to become a beer importer to do that. And I said, well, uh, how, how hard is that? And uh, I don't know, out of either uh, ignorance of the, the realities or just uh, maybe just deceitfully, she said, oh, it's not hard at all. I just have to get a license. And that's when the idea came. And I, I just, uh, I was, at that time, I was not, I'd ceased being a, a lawyer at a law firm, which didn't really suit me very much. And I was kind of doing what we call consulting which is almost like unemployment, but it was enough to keep me going in New York. And I just thought, well, in my spare time, I'll get this beer importer's license, and we'll bring in Cantillon. And uh, if we can't drink it all ourselves, then we'll have to maybe sell it out to a few people uh, in other places. And um, it was that kind of innocent approach that really kind of describes the, the way the business grew from there. I mean, we really just decided to bring the beer in. We brought in more than we really should have. And, uh, well, the first year or so was exceptionally difficult. We realized, that, again, with all this paperwork you have to do, that there's just so much work involved in selling beer. And we, we had to sell it outside of New York. We had to sell it in lots of places. And to do all that paperwork and to get the beer out there was just a lot of work but not a, and not nearly enough money to justify the work. So I continued to work at my day job and, and you know, all the other times was spent uh, getting the beer out and hoping that we would get money back from the distributors and that we would, uh, you know, be able to keep it going. Uh, but it became clear at some point after that we couldn't both possibly keep doing that and uh, continue to have any kind of income. So uh, he dropped away and it became just me. And Joel continued to be a musician. But uh, at some point I realized if I was going to doing this, I had to start traveling and finding more beer. And um, there are people who, for some reason, I guess because Cantillon is kind of expensive, think that we've been making tons of money off of all this. Uh, I just want to point out for anybody that wants to, that, that assumes that that's the case, that you know the, the high prices of Cantillon reflect huge uh, fortunes being made on our side. Um, I literally, uh, I had to keep doing my day job for, several years after that. It was 1996 when we started. Uh, but uh, really didn't make any money. I didn't pay myself a salary, but still lost money for eight years. And then I'm happy to say that at some point we just had a critical mass where we had enough breweries providing small little revenue streams that we were able to um, to make a little bit of money. And then it's, it's gotten better since then. And so we continue to just bring all these breweries because we love them, um, but it, it has sort of, by accident, created what some people now describe as, a, as an interesting business model. <laughs> and still, I want to say, not many people want to get into doing what we do. Um, but um, but there are people who think that they can now because it worked for us. Well, speaking of the money side of things, you mentioned earlier that, uh, was it Joel that's working in a sales capacity for the for the company? Yep. How much selling in 2012 do you find that he has to do, given that, at least my perception, is that you're importing brands that can't stay on the shelf. You can't even import enough. How much selling really needs to be done? 
Uh, well, yeah, there tends to be a focus. I've noticed this a lot, that people know us, uh, and they, when they think about us, they think about Cantillon and a few other brands like that, where indeed there is a very limited supply. But that's not really the case with the vast majority of things that we sell at this point. And uh, we can get more if people want to buy it. And so for us, Cantillon is a very, very special situation uh, where they really there is just is no way to make more. Yeah, we spoke to Jean on the show last year, and he said that not only can he not make more just due to the time it takes to turn a batch over, but he can't expand into another facility because he's surrounded on all sides downtown. And even moving away from downtown, he says the walls contribute to the flavor. It, he's where he's at, and he's not moving. Yeah, I, I really wonder about that last part, but um, in fact, Jean, you know, Jean is the is the son of Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Uh, and Jean, I, I love Jean. Uh, I, I often tell him that I feel like the whole they're part of my family. The whole and he's like my brother. Uh, but uh, Jean-Pierre is to me a hero. <laughs> and without Jean-Pierre deciding, actually, it turns out in 1977 to stop making lambic beer with saccharin in it. Uh, which everybody at that time was doing, uh, we wouldn't have real, what I call real Lambique at this point. We, they would be gone. Uh, and Jean-Pierre doing it, and it was really difficult for him to do, uh, kind of forced everybody else to, to recognize that there was this real stuff and that what they were doing wasn't really real. And now everybody has to do some real Lambique, you know, just to, to stay current. Uh, that wouldn't have happened without Jean-Pierre. Uh, Jean but Jean-Pierre... Uh, has always said that he thinks that you could make Lambique anywhere. He's not sure that the... I mean, it's, it's clear that there are some special uh, environmental things like, uh, you know, potentially you know, bacteria in in the barrel, different things, uh, different yeasts and other bacteria what in the air there, but they probably wouldn't be that different if you... If you um, if you moved somewhere else, you know, near Brussels or around Brussels. Uh, but the fact is, they, they don't really know, and they don't want to take a chance. And obviously, we respect that. Anybody will respect that, because there's no question that Cantillon has a certain character, what they call a house character. And uh, God knows, you wouldn't, you couldn't see them opening a big new stainless steel brewery somewhere and suddenly say, okay, we're making three times as much beer. It just doesn't work. And they're not, they're not in it for the money either. I mean, that's not, they're there to get the idea to, to, to promote real Lambique, and they're doing that, and they, they just don't need to, to make more to survive, and so they're going to keep doing what they do. So given all that, what can consumers like us that are dying to get our hands on as much as we can, what can we expect in the future? It just it becomes harder and harder to get. I mean, it's already almost impossible. Uh, is it? I, I, for, yes, for us in California. Well, so we've heard mixed messages, including from Jean himself and from sort of beer industry insiders, that it won't be available in California at all anymore. Oh, no, that's not true. It is. You, you think that Jean said that? Seriously? He, he did, yes. When we spoke to him last year, I, I, I can't. I believe he did say that, yes. Is he wrong? Yeah, and, I, and frankly, I'm surprised that he would say that. If I, 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 I kind of doubt he he did, uh, and it may be a misunderstanding. But no, th here's the thing: we've had this problem. Well, let me first say, first of all, this this wasn't always a problem, and it's a relatively good problem to have. The problem before was we bought, as I said, too much Cantillon. It took 
I would say, about six or seven years for people to catch on to what it was and to understand it. And uh, it's become just this uh, you know, holy grail somehow. But that wasn't the way it always was. We didn't have to worry about allocating it and uh, you know, making sure that we've got the, the most important customers, or let's say the most desiring customers, satisfied because there was it was a glut. <laughs> Incredibly, it was true at that time. Uh, we had more Cantillon than we could sell. The first batch, actually, that we got, which, as I say, was almost a full container of beer, which is uh, it was 19 pallets and, and a lot, really, in those days. It was, it was a huge order for them. And in fact, in that year of 1996, it, turned, it was 2.5% of all Belgian exports to the U.S. So that's where we were at in those days, if you can imagine it. That's incredible. Uh, knowing that Belgium, what it is now as far as exporting to the U.S., uh, and, you know, Duval and all these things that are just gigantic, spreading out there and just created this whole idea of Belgian beer. Back in those days, Cantillon was was that percentage of the whole thing. So it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and for uh, we in those days, we got so much... Uh, we get calls all the time. When I say we, I mean me, really, honestly, at that point. But uh, we get calls from that same woman uh, who had, uh, unwittingly or not, um, turned us to beer importing at her shop, saying, uh, you know, someone else came in and turned in some more Cantillon. They said it was it was bad. And I said, come on, it's not. It's, it's supposed to be that way, you know. And she'd say, well, this person said that he's he really knows Lambic and. This this has gone off. This is definitely not the real thing, and it's because he he was used to Lindemans or something, you know, and and thought that was Lambic. And so we, it, it was just a really hard hard slog for all those years. And it, it's it's so ironic for me now to look at what you know people are saying all kinds of things about how we're hoarding the beer or uh, marking it up two hundred fifty percent and all all this stuff that uh, you know we're somehow causing this problem. The fact is, it's just that. Thank God, uh, people have understood the beer now, and it, it, you almost can't not like Cantillon now because uh, any beer expert will tell you it's the thing. So uh, suddenly we have this other problem, uh, totally opposite problem, of having to figure out how do we allocate Cantillon to again 45 states. We can sell all we have in almost any one of those 45 states, and uh, I've tried to get. At this point, we are the largest uh, market. Maybe in the in the world, I'm not sure about Belgium. They're trying to make Belgium obviously the the best market for Cantillon. I think it it probably is now, but it wasn't before. But we we are allowed to, somewhere between twenty and twenty five percent of their entire production in a year, which sounds great. I mean, to go to the U.S. and record their production, you know, probably less than two container loads of beer in a year of all the different different you know varieties of Cantillon. But you can imagine. I mean, we're talking about a matter of 10 cases at most of any given type of Cantillon. We buy mostly goods, mostly because we, that's what they have more goods than anything else. They produce more. And we love goods. Goods is my personal beer of choice uh, out of all the ones they do. Uh, they make a lot of great fruit beers and stuff, but I still love goods. But uh, I would guess that that might be 300 to uh, 400 six bottle cases and so imagine that split over uh 45 states roughly speaking i mean it's no wonder you can't find cantillon my best bet as uh a cantillon consumer is to what stay on top of 
the places I know it comes to and just, you know, ask the guy to blow a call into me when he gets some? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's And it's not like there are real insiders or anything like that who get a special line on Cantillon, but, um, well, you know, but the people who've been supportive all along are more likely to get the beer. And, uh, you know, you can find out who those people are. And in, in your area, actually, I'm not sure exactly where you are. San Francisco, uh, the Bay Area. Where I was born, incidentally. Um, but uh, in the Bay Area, of course, you've got uh, the Trappist in Oakland. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was born in Oakland. And um, they are going to know as much as anybody about whether Cantillon is available at the moment. or you know, When it comes in, they're, they're going to certainly get some. So you can just keep in touch with those guys. Uh, and again, I don't want to make it sound like they're just insiders. It's just they're people that that uh, have always pursued us about this, and and you know they're trusted people, and they're and they're people who who really care, and so they're going to obviously stay on top of it more, and we're going to do the best we can to get them what we can. And and I, you know, when I when I mentioned that there are X number of cases divided over X number of states, the truth is we don't allocate it evenly. I mean, we we try to send more to places where there are more people or more people that we know want Cantillon. And, uh, you know, you can fault us for for not getting it right, but we are trying to do that uh, to some extent. But also, you got to keep in mind that we're, uh, you know, we, if we were only selling Cantillon, we'd be, we wouldn't exist anymore. So we, so we sell a lot of other beers, a lot of which we think we love just as much as Cantillon. And we, and I don't want to say we have any favorites, but Cantillon obviously has a special place for us. But we, we can't just focus only on Cantillon at this point, obviously. So uh, it's it's not going to be a flawless, seamless system from from the Cantillon Brewery to uh, you know any shop in the U.S. Uh, and I, I wish I could tell you that you could get in touch with people at Shelton Brothers. I mean, there are people that do that, and we try to answer everybody, but um, it, it, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't be fair to say that. Uh, yeah, if you keep in touch with us, we'll tell you where it is and when it is. That's just too much for us to manage, too, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. We all wish we could have more. God, it would be wonderful. Uh, I'd have to say one thing. Uh, it's not that they can't expand at all. Jean has uh, managed to – there was, a, there was a, a small part of the of the brewery that was – it was an attic, and it was unoccupied pretty much. It was full of junk, actually. It was full of all kinds of old records and things. Um, they finally got money and whatever permits or whatever they needed to expand into that. It's a very small space, but it's going to allow them, along with a new racking system, which allows them to stack barrels higher, uh, will allow them to maybe increase production by about 20%. Good news. Except uh, I says, oh, it's all coming to the U.S., right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, all I can tell you is that Jean laughed heartily. All right, that's it for part one of my conversation with Dan Shelton. You can go to sheltonbrothers.com for updates and to check out their arsenal of current imports. See you for part two. Until then, this is Scott the Jew saying, L'chaim. I'm going to do it again. I just, I don't feel cleansed. One, two, yeah! Yeah, that's got it. Yeah, that did it.